Okay. We're going on standby. Patricia, my darling Patricia, I can see all my dreams in your eyes. Yeah, I'm, I know I'm going to get shot. Yeah, but you know. <laughs> Traditionally, we always love playing P- Patricia complete song at the beginning, but never fear, we'll play it later tonight. <laughs> I am so, so cute. <laughs> and it's a Saturday night. February 18th, year 2017. You'll hear this on the replay on the blue later. Patricia, I want, first of all, hello. Hello. And and second (laughs) of all, (laughs) second of all, introduce our special, really special guest to our show. Oh, I would be thrilled to do that. But when we say special guest, boy, we are in the right territory tonight. We have Arlene Larson with us, wife of Milt Larson, and you've heard us talk about Milt because he is the Magic Castle out in California. So um, we are here. We are going to talk about a piece of jewelry that was part of the Nicholas II Romanoff collection, and I guess we'll talk about the redesign of it later, but it started out as, um, as a piece in the collection. And Arlene has it. Yes. And they are auctioning it on April 8th. So we're going to talk about a whole bunch of things, like the history of the stones and the jewels and how it came all the way down the line and how Milton Arlene wound up with it. Welcome, Arlene. Thank you. I enjoy doing this. It's a lot of fun. It's really different for me. (laughs) I'm usually behind the scenes. It, it really it's different for us too because typically we are talking about people, and so this is a, a departure from what we usually talk about, and twice as exciting as some of the things that we have talked about. <laughs> so, so we are really good on that. Now this is a brooch that we are talking about. Um, right. yeah. Would you just would you describe the brooch? I have a picture that came in with the okay. email that. It's absolutely it's in, stunning. Sure. It's in shape of a crown, and it's 14-karat uh, gold outlined with 39 little mine diamonds, 14 round rubies, little sapphires and emeralds. and It's very small. Uh, it's about maybe uh, two inches, two by two. And uh, we believe uh, from researching, we've seen that uh, the Tsar of Russia, or the, the, I believe all the different uh, Tsars, uh, had given these out as medals to the different uh, uh, special people. And uh, at the, there's like a little hook in the back, and that held something. I always thought maybe it was a little pearl or something like that. And it turned out that it always hung a little oval circle, encrusted with uh, circled diamonds, and then it was a hand-painted little miniature of whoever was the czar at that point. And... Um, Houdini might have gotten the whole thing. I don't know. Uh, we have no record of that. But uh, Mrs. Houdini, uh, Bessie, we, her family always called her Bessie, but it's Beatrice uh, Houdini, uh, ended up wearing it. She loved it. She wore it quite a few times, and we have photographs of her wearing it. And uh, it also has a little loop on the back, so you can wear it either as a pendant 
or as a brooch. So you have your choice, which is quite nice. And I always end up sewing it on because I was always afraid to lose it. <laughs> Hello. I, I'm here. I wondered about that. <laughs> I'm, so I'm so sorry. You know, I'm out in La La Land well, here. We have rain uh, here and wind, and I keep thinking I'm going to get disconnected in the middle. <laughs> no, no, it was my fault. I was making noise here while I was listening, and I didn't want it to interrupt oh. you, so I put on, and then I forgot to turn it off. Oh, well, okay. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to have a dandy night tonight. I apologize. Oh, no problem. <laughs> well, I, I'm used things, to talking to myself. <laughs> Oh, gosh, you know, and sometimes Walden leaves me out here, and I do talk to myself. <laughs> hey, best conversations. <laughs> yeah, right, right. I, I don't know if I'm off the air or I'm just alone. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. <laughs> so, so I just keep talking. But anyway, one of the things I did wonder about was not, not necessarily the fragility of the piece of jewelry. Uh-huh. And by the way, is it is it fragile? No, it's actually it quite a strong sturdy. piece. Yes, yeah. and it's made very well. And uh, like I said, the most thing I was just worried that it would come unpinned if I wore it as a brooch, and mm-hmm. so I always sewed it on. But as a pendant, I always felt safer wearing it. And, really? Uh, no, it's, oh, uh, that's strong, interesting. Um, yeah, it's a very strong it, piece. It's, it's amazing. Yeah. Wow, I, I'm I'm so taken with the brooch. I don't want to miss it. <laughs> 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 the history that we're that we're doing here. Maybe we can yeah, talk later. The colors of it are mostly uh, uh, kind of reds and blues. And so when you Mm -hmm. wear it, you usually wear something red or blue with it, and then you've got the gold outline. And it's quite – a matter of fact, I just discovered uh, a new photograph of uh, Beatrice wearing it in the 20s. And it was one of the colored photographs because everything else we had up to that point was, I think, 1904 or 1907 where she was wearing it. And Mm -hmm. uh, the one in the 20s is a colored photograph. And she had like a little champagne outfit with a uh, burgundy hat and then the brooch, and it just stood out so nice. She had good taste on that. <laughs> wow. Yeah. That, that is. Now, can you tell me what this looked like originally? Was it the same size? Was it? No, we never changed the size. All we did was uh, actually, we didn't change any of it. Um, like I said, it still has that little hook in the back, mm-hmm. uh, and the pendant evidently could be worn with or without that little uh, uh, painting underneath. Mm-hmm. And so um, it never intruded with being pinned on or, or worn as a, a pendant. Okay. So, I had no, read we never, something. Yeah. Pardon? Go ahead. Oh, I, so, so uh, we never, uh, had... <laughs> yeah. I'm going <laughs> to do this good. to you all night. <laughs> <laughs> you go first. <laughs> okay. Well, first of all, there wasn't anything to change. There wasn't any reason to or anything. It was just perfect the way it was. So we okay. just put it in the safe. Okay. <laughs> Your turn. I, got it. Um, I, I was referring to, and you probably answered it a, a minute ago when you talked about Mrs. Houdini, uh-huh. um, had it made into a brooch. And oh, no, no. It was always a, uh, a pendant brooch, and it just it had a always. little loop on it, so you can wear it as a, a pendant, too. So it was never changed. Uh, uh, I don't believe I she ever better. had it turned into Yeah, I think uh, somebody mis- misunderstood there, but... Uh, from the looks of it, it was never an added piece. It was always that way. Okay, I, I so appreciate I that yeah. clarification. <laughs> this was, yeah, this was one of the pieces yeah. of information I pulled out from another source. Yeah, and I yeah. thought, my goodness, I don't think so. <laughs> yeah, I'm really uh, happy you did that. I think I really because ha- uh, it was heavier when it had that little pendant underneath, so people preferred mm-hmm. to wear it as a, a pendant. 
or a, a, like a metal, you know. Mm-hmm. So it was probably easier that way to wear it. And then if you took the little uh, painting off, that was lighter, and then you could wear it as a uh, brooch. Yes, so. yes. That's really interesting. Where did it come from originally? Uh, from Russia. Oh, from the oh, Tsar of Russia. My questions are <laughs> terrible tonight, too. Let me try again. Oh, gee. I'm sorry. You want to hang up? <laughs> oh, my goodness. Um, I think we need a glass of wine. <laughs> yeah, well, maybe that would help. Oh, yeah. I don't have any. I don't have oh, me any. Either, yes. <laughs> I guess you're stuck with me for a while. Um, Tsar Nicholas II, who mm-hmm. is featured in the information about the auction coming up, was right. not the first person to have it. Is that correct? Uh, that I really don't know. Uh, I know that uh, they did research on it, but I believe that you know, he was the one that handed it to Houdini. And I believe it was just like other uh, awards, you know, medals that they handed out. Okay. So All it right. wasn't that, you know, well, like, that makes a whole uh, lot of sense. I, yeah. I wondered if it had been passed down through the Romanov line. Or no, if I don't think it was family it. jewels by any means. I think it was mainly uh, an award uh, you know, in honor of and that type of knighthood, that uh-huh. type of thing. And uh, saying, you know, it's almost like a little um, PR, you know, here, you know, here's a little gift, you know, thank yes. you for being so nice. Yes. You know. Oh, my goodness. How yeah. often? <laughs> I mean, she missed. Yeah. Well, I think it would be exciting to go over there and meet him and everything else and then to get a gift afterwards. I thought that was pretty nifty. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. Yeah. I agree. They didn't um, have selfies so, in those days. <laughs> that, that is funny. Um, you want to go to Russia with me? Pardon? I don't think now. Now is probably not a great time. What's that? Uh, to go to Russia with me. Oh, okay. No, no, I don't think I'm not a traveler anymore. That's the other um, thing. We're we're getting old. Milt's 85. I'm 70, and uh, we've traveled a lot for all the different magic conventions, and uh, we've done all the uh, the charities here in Santa Barbara. Uh, the social life are fundraisers. And so you see all your friends at fundraisers, and they go to yours, and you go to theirs. And uh, we found ourselves, you know, like, what are we going to do for the rest of our lives? And we've always in love, you know, the idea of uh, the Magic Castle and everything. But there again, that's in Hollywood. We're in Santa Barbara. Milt takes a train up every week, uh, has his office up there. And so mm-hmm. he socializes and everything. And I keep the the social life here in Santa Barbara going. So when he comes home, then we do the little parties. And uh, we thought we need something else because everyone keeps coming over our house for parties, and then they want to bring their friends to show them all of our, you know, toys. We have no children, so we have our own toys we don't share. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, and, in charge. You know, band organs and uh, the uh, jukeboxes, or not jukeboxes, but, uh, um, oh, gosh, uh, the the oh I just drew a blank <laughs> slot machine there you go <laughs> Ooh. Have the one of the first slot machines and we had those kind of toys and uh, so people keep coming over and we figured maybe uh, if we had a bigger place then they could bring their friends to and actually the funny thing is that's how the Magic Castle got started in Hollywood um, Milt's mother and father lived in uh, Los Angeles and they had a, a beautiful house that had a small a theater in back, and uh, um, it was a magic shop. They had a theater where they could dis- uh, demonstrate the magic tricks. And so uh, this is back, oh gosh, I think maybe in the 30s, 40s, and uh, 
all people like uh, Orson Welles and you know that all the actors that loved magic, just magicians, mm-hmm. would come over just about every night and just talk magic every night. And you know they would serve him appetizers and food and drinks. And his mother was saying, wouldn't it be nice if they would come over and buy their own drinks or do something? You know, we're constantly <laughs> feeding all these guys and drinking. And, you know, so Milt's father said, someday I'll start a magic club, and then they can hang out at the clubhouse. Well, he passed away before he had a chance to make that happen. And his two sons, Milt and Bill, Bill created the club, uh, the Academy of Magical Arts. Milt created the clubhouse, the Magic Castle. And that's how the whole thing started. And uh, so it was their father's dream, and they made it come true. So now we're doing the same thing. Wouldn't it be nice if they (laughs) would pay for their drinks? So we're going to start another place up here and do the same, you know. I think it's his mother's influence. She was always close. (laughs) Well, She was the smart lady. (laughs) I hear stories, and I guess you do too, about people who were so tight. Look at it. He's so rich. He's got all this. Well, he's rich because he was tight. Right, yeah. No, we like sharing, and we don't have any children. We have two dogs, and we don't have to put them through college. So uh, we like to have fun parties and uh, just share. Yeah, it's more uh-huh. fun when you share it. And um, we know all these wonderful magicians, and they're already coming out of the woodwork saying, we would like to come up and visit you and perform there. And so this place is just taking off, and uh, we need money to make it work. And having something like this brooch, it's been in the safe all this time, and no one's really appreciated or, or been able to see it, uh, except for the magicians. So we decided that maybe it's time to let it out and let the public see it or have an opportunity to purchase it. And uh, then we could take that money and create this wonderful playhouse for other magicians to hang out. And so it's just it's a win situation for everybody. This and is great. This it's going to be great. a lot of fun, our, our because- playhouse. <laughs> Your playhouse. Before we hop over to the new location, yes. would you describe the evolution of the Magic Castle that we're familiar with? Uh, well, like I said, it uh, started with the father having this idea of doing uh, a magic club, and he also created a magazine called the Genie Magazine. It was for magicians. So uh, what he would do, is very smart man, before he would do anything, he'd put an ad in the magazine, because it was free as his magazine, and if anybody liked whatever he was selling, then he would make it. But he wouldn't bother until he, you know, somebody said, okay, I'll buy one. And mm-hmm. uh, part of it was the, the club. And he says uh, he announced it in the Genie magazine that they're going to create this club. And they got a wonderful response, but it just uh, did not did not live long enough to make it happen. Yeah. And Did, uh, did you and yeah. Milt add displays or add um, just some of the wonderful items that come along with magic oh. and magicians? Actually, I've got to tell you, Milt created this whole place uh, on a lot of love, and uh, same thing like this new one we're doing. Everybody wanted to be involved. People would donate things. There is a wonderful um, sofa in there. It's like a love seat, and I don't know how far back it goes, but someone donated saying his wife is remodeling. He loves the, the love seat, and would you mind taking that and using it at the Magic Castle so I can come visit it? You know, and it's something that you could never afford to buy. And that's a lot of things that people would donate. They have a marvelous library for magicians. And people, uh, the magicians are donating, you know, as they get along in years, 
their books and everything else for the next generation. It's just fantastic. The Academy of Magical Arts is doing a wonderful job running it. Um, just, just, they've got their act together. It only took 54 years. <laughs> that, that's the other thing we're fighting. You know, every, the anticipation for our new place, everyone says, oh, it's like the Magic Castle. And we said, no, that one is huge with 5,000 members. Ours is going to be very, very tiny, and uh, it's only 4,000 square feet. And uh, we you know, are happening doing it now. It took 54 years to get that place you know, working as well as it is. Yeah. So be patient. <laughs> So, but it's wonderful because everything at the Magic Castle is for real, uh, not reproductions. Uh, when Milt was building the Magic Castle, uh, it was during the time they were demolishing a lot of the mansions, uh, uh, Millionaire's Road, they used to call it, and they were putting the freeway in. So that was before recycling and uh, uh, you know reusing beautiful things. And he would go over there while they were you know getting ready to dem- demolition, you know, type of thing, ripping mm-hmm. it apart. And uh, at lunchtime, he would uh, talk to the amigos working there, and he said, uh, what are you going to do with that stained glass window? Oh, he'll throw it away. What about that chandelier? Oh, throw it away. So he gave him a six-pack of uh, this Mexican beer and said, well, while you're having lunch, would you mind if I go, you know, take, oh, no, take help. It you know, made their life easier. He took things out that they'd have to, you know, throw away. Yeah. And so he had this little pickup truck and his uh, – the screwdriver and hammer, and uh, he'd just walk away with these wonderful things that, you know, people just did not appreciate those days. And so uh, that's why uh, he's written about three books where all the different pieces came from, uh, from Bridges and Santa Monica. To, there's a stained glass window uh, in the library where the magicians hang out, and sometimes they have the door open. You can actually see it, and it's just beautiful. It's a Tiffany. Uh, it's about eight foot, maybe, no, five possibly seven or eight feet tall a beautiful tiffany stained glass window now some woman had that in a mansion and it didn't quite fit where she needed it to be so she cut off the bottom which had the signature (laughs) Uh. but everybody recognizes it it's been authenticated as a tiffany you know stained glass window it just doesn't have a signature on it and then in the houdini seance room there's a lalique uh 13 um Gar- the rabbit gargoyles, of all things. Somebody donate- donated that for the castle for Milt to put it in the Houdini seance room. Now, the problem was the ceiling was too low. So uh, it, was, it was a beautiful, large sh- chandelier, and Milt really wanted to make it work. So, you know, you just cut a hole in the ceiling and raise a section and put the <laughs> chandelier in. <laughs> That's the kind of thing. He, he made things work. He worked around everything. And he's got an eye and an imagination that just, you know, no one can top. It's just incredible. And uh, he's done it several times. He uh, also created a place called the Mayfair Music Hall out in Santa Monica. And uh, that place was uh, like an old English music hall. He always loved the old Mm -hmm. English music halls. And that's actually, uh, he and I were working on Truth of Consequences, and uh, he had the Mayfair Music Hall, and he said, oh, you do costumes. You want to? see what we're doing and uh, join us, you know, come play with me type of thing. And uh, I had my own business making costumes for anybody that pay me from nightclub acts to, you know, TV shows to anything. And um, so then I went over there with my mother to see the place and I looked at it and they had such wonderful talent, great music. People like Richard Sherman and him were writing songs to play in there. And the place looked like a little jewel box. It was just gorgeous, you know, gold gilting, very, very tiny. 
and you know, brocades and velvets and just really, really pretty. And I told my mother, I said, I don't care if this guy pays me or not. I've got to fix these costumes. They look awful. The rest, everything else is so perfect. So uh, thank goodness he never heard that because he did pay me for a while. <laughs> but, but then he thought, okay, well, you know, this is fun. And he, he taught me a good lesson. He always put my name in the program. And uh, at one point I was working on a show called Hollywood Squares. And Vincent Price was just a wonderful gentleman. And he was to sit next to me and just sit and talk while they're relighting and everything. And he told me how he took all the any job that was offered him. He said, nobody knows how much you got paid. They just know the results and, you know, how often you work. So he said yes to every job and just made everybody swear, never give my price away because sometimes he would work free just to be seen. And uh, so Milt would always put my name in the program, and I thought, oh, shoot, now I have to do a real good job whether he pays me, you know, pays me and <laughs> gives me a budget or not. <laughs> and you work harder. It's terrible. <laughs> He's got so, the magic down there, too. Oh, yeah. <laughs> So, he got you. so I got suckered into that one. <laughs> that is funny. Now, you were telling me how the brooch got passed down and you wound up with it. Would you tell that story? Oh, sure. Uh, Beatrice Houdini got it from her husband. You know, he had this brooch, and he's not going to wear it, so she inherited that from him. And then uh, he passed away, and uh, as she went on in years, Milt's father was a lawyer. And so he became her lawyer. They became good friends. And Milt's mother was one of the first lady magicians on television. She was the magic lady on KTLA. And it was like uh, the good witch of the Wizard of Oz with her little munchkins. It was just adorable. <laughs> Big fluffy dress and everything. But Beatrice and her were very good friends. And they started the first woman's uh, – the magic castle was already being founded there at this point. Or – I'm pretty sure that was at that. And uh, they've created a club for the wives and the women of magic, which hadn't been, ever been done. And it was called uh, the Magic Gals. So they had their own little uh, rings and uh, meetings and everything else. And uh, so Beatrice and uh, Geraldine Larson uh, were like, you know, best of friends. They did everything together and had a lot of fun. And so uh, at one point, uh, you know, as you get older, you start sharing things and giving things away. And she gave the brooch to Milt's mother. And then Milt's mother gave it to me uh, because we just we did parties and had a lot of fun together. And uh, uh, there again, uh, she was uh, distributing all her wonderful gifts and toys that she had to the rest of the family. And uh, she knew I would really enjoy the brooch because of the history and um I'm part Russian, too. Russian, Polish, and German. I have no idea what I am. <laughs> so so she gave me the brooch and wanted the most beautiful thing she said was, I want this brooch to make you as happy as you made me. Because uh, she wasn't able to get around, but she had the imagination, and her and I would put together parties for the uh, ladies at the retirement home that she stayed at. And uh, we had some good times. We we wrangled everybody, our neighbors. We did a pirate party, and our neighbors would come up in pirate costumes. And Milt would build a treasure chest, and we'd put a bunch of stuff in there. And we just uh, got carried away. <laughs> it but sounds like we had a lot of fun getting carried away here. We, are <laughs> we like to do <laughs> parties. Yeah. <laughs> you, can, you can do parties. We'll put that on your resume. <laughs> yep, actually. <laughs> I was we a party talking. guy. <laughs> Go. 
I was a party girl, and I've got a photograph when I was four years old. My father, this is back in Rochester, New York. My uh, father had a beer joint. That's what they called them in those days. <laughs> and New Year's Eve, I was four years old, and I got up from the noise, and my aunts put a, a little crown on my head uh, that had the date, 1946, or 47, I think it was, and then a, a banner across the chest saying Happy New Year's. And uh, I was a New Year's baby, so that was my first party, four years old. <laughs> and I haven't stopped yet. <laughs> oh, my God. You were born on New Year's Day? No, no. Uh, I just woke up on New Year's Eve, oh, and so were, they just dressed me up. You were the New up. Year's baby. In, I was the New Year's okay. baby. Since okay. I was up and walking around at the party, they might as well dress me up. Oh, that's cute. <laughs> and I have a photograph of that, yes. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Did you, at four years old, understand what was going on? Oh, no, no. <laughs> this was just silliness that you enjoyed. Right. Yeah, like any other kid, you're in a daze, you're half asleep, and they, yes. they pull yes. you over there, dress you up, and take your picture. <laughs> Works for me. <laughs> me, too. We are talking with Arlene Larson, wife of Milt Larson, who is the Magic Castle. And I didn't ask you, and you kind of sneaked a couple of things in there. I told you I was going to ask you to introduce yourself and the things that uh -huh. you're involved in. And obviously, even if you are not in the day-to-day -day operations with the Magic Castle, you are certainly a key person, not only <laughs> in it, but um, in its in its evolution and its creation. So you well, have to introduce about, yourself. Okay. Uh, uh, Milton and I, uh, I'm Milton's wife, and I'm a, a member of the Designers Guild, so I'm a costume designer. And uh, when we were actually knew each other for 20 years, I would do the costumes for his shows. And uh, he created a place called the Variety Arts Center in downtown Los Angeles. And I would turn around and just um, go there every morning and set up. I had a gift shop there. It was a eight-story building in downtown Los Angeles. He called it the Variety Arts Center. It was the first women's club in Los Angeles. And uh, it was the type of place that, you, you know, you had the freedom to do whatever you want to be creative. So during the day, I would work at Universal Studios on Murder, She Wrote, and Airwolf, and Street Hawk, all crazy old shows as a customer and sometimes as a key customer, so I go shopping a lot. And um, I would uh, do just about anything around there. I ran the elevator. I gave tours. And <laughs> so we knew each other for 20 years before we even got married. And it's the first marriage for both of us. But we were so busy having fun and, you know, doing what we loved doing and too busy to really think romantically. And then we started realizing that we had the same friends. We did the same thing. And probably at the age, we should probably do something about it. And uh, then we were afraid of ruining a good friendship. But uh, we finally got married. And uh, I just, we were still doing the same crazy stuff. <laughs> so you think and it's I kind of probably got lost off of it. Pardon? You think it's going to take? Well, you know, I think we might hang in there. We're both too lazy to train anybody new. <laughs> you know, you might as well stick That's with what funny. you got. Too much work. <laughs> yeah. You can create expectations. Everybody knows right. what the other one is going to say. <laughs> you got it. That's good. One of the things we're talking about tonight, and I did not mention that, Walden, am I correct that the lines are open tonight? Yeah, the lines are open, and it, the uh, magic phone number is 714-545-2071. As you mentioned, Milk Show is still being run here on Yesterday USA. So the one that 
he did for CRN all those years. We rerun them here. So you definitely hear Milt voice, but it's the first time I think the audience got to hear from Arlene in person. Oh, this is a lot of fun for the listeners. <laughs> yeah, I'm having a lot of fun, too. You didn't know what you are getting into, did you? That's why he doesn't invite me. I take over. <laughs> I, I remember Arlene, oh, one year, I think about 1987, Frank Percy did his radio show for the Variety Art Theater, and I remember it Mel- oh, yes. owned that place, too. And I, yes, it was the, just... That's the one where I ran the elevator. Yeah, yeah that was a fun place. <laughs> I had a hidden gift shop. You had to go down in the basement, down in the gutter of the thing, and it was, they have a gift shop. Where? Oh, it's hidden way in back. You had to find it. But, uh, it was also the wardrobe department, too. <laughs> <laughs> that is funny. <laughs> How did people find you there? Uh, yeah, it's amazing. Uh, I had no signs or anything. They just have to. I think they love the idea of the uh, the mysteriousness of going down the catacombs in this hallway, and you know, oh, yeah. it's, it's kind of dark. But at, over there at the end, there's a light, and the, there's music playing. You know, and uh, I, would, I don't know. I collect all sorts of odd stuff. Milt would give me things to sell. Uh, there was a, a wonderful magazine called Theater Magazine, and it went back to oh gosh. 1902 or no, 1802, I don't know, very, very old. And uh, they had an advertisement for like arrow shirts, and uh, shirt collars. And it was mm-hmm. just a collar. And they would always wear the same shirt, but they changed the collar. And I actually <laughs> had some of those in the original boxes. So I would frame the ad and put the, the collar in with it, frame it, and sell it. You know, So anything to raise money for you know the parties we wanted, wanted to do. And that's, like I said, we just get, always got into trouble somehow. <laughs> <laughs> Food and fun are two of the essentials in life. That's it. You have to enjoy every minute. It's way too short. And uh, if you're not having fun, you might as well just go sit in the waiting room, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we had a nickname for Florida at one time many years ago. It was called God's Waiting Room. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the, our, our population was very elderly. Um, uh, the, the younger people were, you know, it, it just hadn't had an opportunity to grow in so many different demographics. And, right. um, you know, that that was the, <laughs> it was not a very yeah, complimentary yeah. nickname. But, <laughs> well, um, actually, Santa Barbara's kind of uh, considered that way, too, because the retired and, you know, but now the celebrities are starting to, to discover it too, yeah. but uh, Mill said they had a riot in Santa Barbara once. It was the little ladies when they ran out of the blue hair dye. <laughs> <laughs> that was when the little ladies dyed their hair. Now they dye oh. their hair, and you don't know they're old anymore. And they look, yeah. you know, they're taking care of themselves. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, that's Big funny. difference. Yeah, that's funny. Very yeah. disgraceful. Disgraceful. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> Why not? I'd like to hop back to the brooch for a couple yes, of yes. minutes. Um, I mean, this is one of the fascinating things for me to look at. I've never seen anything like this and never been had an opportunity to go out and dig up some information about things like this. And uh-huh. you are our source. Oh, <laughs> You are. Well, I don't source. remember too much of that stuff, so I'm reading off the the little thing that they gave me to read. So, yeah, um, yeah uh, the wonderful thing is they're having an auction April 8th at the Potter and Potter uh, Auction House, 
Uh-huh. And uh, they did some really nice research on it and everything else, so they probably know a lot more about it than I do. I just know that it was a wonderful gift from my mother-in-law, and mm-hmm. I knew that it came from Russia, and it was very, very special, and, and uh, Houdini once had it. you know. So uh, to me, it was the hands that touched it that made it so special. Mm-hmm. And um, like I said, Potter and Potter. Pardon? No, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say Potter and Potter. Uh, they're very reputable, and uh, I started asking around because I didn't want just to send this out there and not have people know that it's available, and yes. I didn't want uh, some auction house that uh, didn't know the value of it. And evidently, the, the, all the magicians really respect Potter and Potter. And um, the head gentleman, uh, I guess it's a father and son, and Gabe is the son. And uh, he is really into magic. So he starts talking. He says, oh, yeah, I know so-and-so. And, and uh, they just auctioned off a um, post, one of Houdini's posters. And it went for like a million something. Oh, and it was one of the, yeah, so they do some high-end things over there. <laughs> so, oh, my word. Yeah. So, uh, well, I've been collecting we get... the wrong things, haven't I? Oh, yes. It's it's amazing. And uh, there's so many wonderful people out there that if it wasn't for them to collect things, they wouldn't be around and protecting. That's true. You know, it's just a shame that things that do disappear because people just don't appreciate what they are. Yes. Yes. One of the things we talk about periodically is the price of comic books that are staggering, just staggering. And the ones that are being auctioned off. And it, people say, oh, I had one of those in my when yeah, I was my a mother kid, threw it away, right? <laughs> and my mother threw it away. Yes, mothers take uh, the rats for everything. Clean it up, right? <laughs> That's true. It's All always those nice silly books. Have, yeah. 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 It's always nice when you have someone to blame things on. All <laughs> oh, right. It's always mom. <laughs> yes. yes. Now, I have four. I have four pictures that came in with the email. Actually, I think maybe five. One uh-huh. of them is Jerry. Um, oh, and that yes. would be that would the magic be magic lady. Yes, my uh, my mother-in-law. Yes, it, that yes. is your mother-in-law. Okay, uh-huh. absolutely yes. stunning black and white photo. She is so uh-huh. beautiful in here, and she of course has the has the um, the, the pendant. The, she's wearing it as a pendant. Yes, yes, and, yes. Uh, uh, so she really looks like a wonderful woman, and the pictures are just great. And one of you is in here. You did yes. know that, right? Yes, uh, I figured. Uh, I want to at least show that I had it once. <laughs> once it's gone, it's gone. And uh, I thought, God, yeah. And um, at one point, I actually had um, a Jane Mansfield Gold May gown, and uh, we auctioned that off. And uh, it was one of those that that's what taught me. It was um, kind of a secret auction. You know, nobody really knew the value of what it was. And I yeah. had a photograph of Jane Mansfield wearing it, and uh-huh. uh, it was just a beautiful Gold May gown made by a designer, but it went for very little. And uh, when I talk to people, oh, I wish I knew it was available. I would have given anything to have something like that, you know. And that's the whole thing. I want everybody to at least have the opportunity to say, no, not interested, you know, but to say I wish I would have known, you know. And we have a lot of friends that uh, are interested in this. And there again, we didn't want to um, approach somebody and sell it to them straight out because we would hurt someone's feelings, you know, of saying, well, yeah. why didn't you offer it to me in this way? Yes. They all know about it, and hopefully uh, they'll find out more about it and uh, read yes. articles and yes. listen to your show. And uh, that's the whole thing, because there's always somebody you forget to mention it to. And, indeed, indeed. Yeah. And in the because you are a gregarious person, you have 
many people in your social circles yes. who fit that description. So I understand the wisdom of doing it this way, but it also <laughs> gives people like me an opportunity to know about them. So I right. am very grateful that you chose that <laughs> that route. I, I uh, wanted I to hope, ask. Oh, yes, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say, I hope a lot of people will be able to see it, and uh, you know, somewhere in the press or something. That uh, uh, that's why I told them, cover as many angles as possible, get it in the papers, let it be known that it is out there, and not just for the money for us to have it, but to, it is something really special. I mean, it's just uh, uh, that no one's ever seen it, you know, except for the magicians, yes. and uh, it's really special. <laughs> It is. It is stunning. I mean, it, it is a stunning piece of jewelry. And it's, as you say, and I'm looking at it, it's not, it's very small. Even for a yeah. pendant with that yeah. kind of history, they're, they're not usually that small. And well, this actually, is very delicate. Yeah. Um, actually, uh, for a pendant, uh, yeah, that's about two inches. Yeah. So that's a mm -hmm. good size. Yeah. It, um, it is a good size. It just. Yeah surprised me when you know when you're talking about something coming down from the Romanovs at the beginning of the the 20th oh. century in the 1800 20th and 19th century in yeah. um no 20th century <laughs> it's around 1903 <laughs> I'm not 1904 yeah, that's my my arithmetic brain Walden is our mathematical genius here oh <laughs> and I'm not kidding he really is oh wow that's that, that's handy to have <laughs> it is well then how much is that <laughs> That's not a good thing. <laughs> that is not a good thing, no. 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 You don't want to let no. them see the price tag. <laughs> yes. Well, uh, one of the things I wanted to ask, because you mentioned earlier that part of your background, your uh, well, really not background, you didn't live in Russia, but you do have a <laughs> Russian identity. You're part Russian. Yes, that... my grandfather was Russian. Okay, yes. all right, I got it right then. Yeah. Um, it's a, that's one. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not really doing a very good job tonight here. Oh, you're I? doing a fantastic. I feel so comfortable and relaxed. I'm, I'm not used to doing this, and I was a little shy about it. So you're oh, making dear. it very easy, and I appreciate it. Oh, well, I'm having a great time. So. <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> this, is good. this is good. What I wanted to know is, does your Russian heritage, or did it, or does it, I guess, influence uh -huh. your feelings about this particular piece? Um. Not really. It's just that uh, my grandfather came from Russia. We didn't know too much about it. They were farmers, you know, farm people, and uh, he came across. And he was uh, in uh, Rochester, New York, or New York, somewhere around there, maybe Buffalo. Mm -hmm. And um, he met my grandmother. She was Polish. Now, she did not speak English or Russian. He did not speak Polish or English. And yet Indeed. they met, fell in love, and got married, and then they both learned English. <laughs> Was that a problem when they could speak to each other? You know, I guess they did it by Braille. You don't have to talk to fall in love. <laughs> no, I guess you don't. I you guess know, you don't. And they stuck together and had uh, all their life. You know, no and, divorces and in those days. And beautiful marriage, yeah. So, so the dual heritage, the heritage of the brooch. By the way, we're talking yes. about a piece of jewelry that yes. Harry Houdini and his wife, Bess, you said Bessie? Is that what she went by? Well, they, the family called her Bessie, and uh, but it's Beatrice Houdini. Beatrice, okay. And, and I think yeah. it's proper yeah. that we use her proper name. So right. <laughs> Harry Houdini but, and his wife Beatrice came back from Russia with this gift from Tsar Nicholas, Tsar Nicholas mm -hmm. II. 
um, in the Romanov family, and he wound up abdicating, or, or he didn't abdicate. What did he do? He left. Well, um, he was driven out. Well, I, I don't know what the Tsar did, but uh, Houdini, uh, he invited him. He wanted to uh, be his spiritual advisor, and uh, Houdini did such good magic, they believed it was for real. And so Houdini declined, and uh, at one point they had a dinner, and they uh, wanted to have a toast to, you know, just being friends and all. And uh, Houdini did not drink, so he kind of took offense. He said, no, you can't be my spiritual advisor because you won't drink to us, you know. And mm. uh, but they give you know they left on good terms because he got the brooch anyhow or the pendant or yeah uh, medal the, whatever, whatever it was in those days yeah <laughs> the, the czar uh, and his family were, were murdered uh, in 1914 and that's where that's where they had the uprising in you know, World War One and everything and there was always a legend that a, one of the daughters escaped and came to America. And people never knew for years if she really was part of the Tsar family or not. But that, it's all, it's wow. it's always been a fascinating about the Tsar. And then when Houdini uh, turned down the spiritual, that's where uh, Rasputin took over. That's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So and they believed him, and he he was a phony. Yeah, he was a phony. Yep. Yeah. And uh, but no, definitely that's definitely there's a lot of history behind the the boat just because of the Tsar connection to it so right yes and the beautiful thing is uh, you can uh, google the history of you know the different medals that they gave out and the the crown jewels of russia and everything else and this thing does pop up not identical to it because they went through different uh, phases of designs but uh, it was very popular that they had this little crown with a pendant underneath it or the uh, little uh, painting hand painting uh, of whoever's czar uh, at that point so uh, it's really, uh, you can see where it came from, and it's in the history books, and it's really there, and it really happened. That's fun. Well, <laughs> well the auction on April 8th, will it be available online? Arlene, you know how they're going to do it? Do you have to be there in person to bid no, on no, it? No, I believe uh, uh, the um, Potter and Potter uh, do online and phone, and uh, they're very accessible, and uh, it's... Uh, like I said, very recognized and very well-known uh, auction house. So and, uh, they're in uh, Chicago. So for a radio family, if you Google Google them up, you'll be able to find their website oh, that yes, way. Yes. That way you no, can see very it. Very easily, yeah. 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 And uh, like I said, it's uh, uh, the father started, uh, or maybe it was grandfather, I don't know, but I know the father is still around, and uh, the son is uh, you know, running uh, the magic part, uh, the part that I've talked to anyhow. <laughs> And Does Milk so, still do uh, magical, per, magical, magic performances for people? Uh, not if we're lucky. <laughs> <laughs> He's got a very messy act. <laughs> now, his act is one of those where everything goes wrong, and then at the end, it all you know comes together. And uh, he, uh, one of his last performances, his mother was still around, which is nice. But once in a while, he'll bring it out, and uh, he um, does a tablecloth pull. Now he did that for the Adams family, one of the movies. Uh, the Adams family were, um, I forgot which one it was, but uh, uh, oh, the the father pulled the tablecloth out from under the, you know, all the glasses and everything else, and those were Milt's hands. So uh, Milt does that kind of magic too, and he can still do that, and he can still do magic, but it's just, uh, it's a lot of work to set up and everything. He will yes, be more is. of a, yeah, and uh, also if you work at the castle. They do like sometimes three performances a night, seven nights, you know, seven days, 
and uh, he says, I, I don't want to work that hard anymore. <laughs> I'll never forget, whenever we used to travel, because we went to all the different conventions and everything, yeah. and uh, when they did ask him to you know, bring his act, he'd bring it. And, I mean, he had carried, like, cannonballs in uh, two very oh. heavy trunks. I mean, really, uh, probably about maybe 50 to 60-pound you know, uh, suitcases. And then yeah. he would look at a, a young guy with a deck of cards in his pocket getting paid the same money. He says, something's wrong here. <laughs> Yes. He would have to bring all his stuff and ship it over and everything and pack it all up. And the kid next to him is doing close-up magic with a card act, you know. So it, uh, there's a lot to be saying when you decide to do an act. Think about which kind of act you're going to do because you're going to yes. have to travel with it. <laughs> you don't need a heavy-duty van for a oh. pack of cards. <laughs> yeah. Well, we're doing the. Uh, yeah, we're still doing the show. It's magic. Milt's been doing that for 60 years. It's a stage show. And he mm-hmm. started doing that because uh, people love the acts at the Magic Castle, but uh, it was limited to the size because the stages are very small there. And also you had to be a member to come see the shows. Or uh, when the Magic uh, community did their uh, big conventions, he said the public should see these acts. They're marvelous. So he started doing the show It's Magic. And uh, when you talk about vans and everything else, they they truck uh, – I forgot what they call it, but uh, – these trucks go to different theaters, and now there's also another group called uh, uh, Masters of Illusion, and they go more on the West Coast, and they go all over. We stay on the, uh, they go East Coast. We we're on the West Coast with the smaller theaters, but uh, it's a lot of work, but it's amazing. These acts with the huge semi trucks and all their props and their sets and everything, and uh, mm-hmm. it's got to be done with love because it's an awful lot of work, and. They start so young, and they you know practice forever to do you know to be good. Mm-hmm. So it, uh, you know, it's the, the magic world is a really mysterious, unique world. I've got to tell you, they respect older magicians and older people. Most businesses, when you get older, they want to move you out. In this business, they all want to talk to you and learn, and you teach the next generation. It's really nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it does. It sounds like a wonderful departure from other areas in the entertainment industry. Yes, it's really different from all of them. That's why I said I'm not really considered a magician, and I feel so honored to be able to get this brooch from his mother because she, she knew that. Uh, I I used to do costumes for magicians and everything, but I was always behind the scene, a very shy person. Mm-hmm. I just talk a lot. <laughs> but uh, So that was my kind of uh, – she said – her acceptance to me being part of the family and being, uh, you know, accepted as a magician family. Yeah. Yeah. So it was very, very. She was a wonderful lady. How did you get smart. into? How did you start being a costume designer? Is there a story behind that? Did you go to school oh, for a, it? That is a very long story. <laughs> <laughs> that might be a whole new show. <laughs> uh, I felt uh, my dad had a machine shop, and I, you know, when those, you know, when your family working together, you do it and. Uh, when I was about eight or nine years old, my job was to take care of the house while my sisters and my mother was in our garage behind our house with the tiny little machine shop. And uh, then when I got to be like 10, 12 years old, I got to work in the machine shop because I was bigger. And I hated it. And uh, So I kept trying to get out of it. And they started building a theater close to home. So I was knocking on the trailer saying, I want to work here. And they said, well, we don't have the roof on the building yet. You know, it's going to be a while. So... Uh, I, I give lectures on persistence and how if you really fall in love with something, just be persistent. 
And I used to give them, you know, Christmas cookies and Easter cookies and candy. And finally they uh, said, okay, we need somebody in the box office. They hired me for that. And then it was a small theater in West Covina called the Carousel Theater, uh, Theater in the Round. And I did, little by little, I did every job in that place. I worked in the mail room. Uh, because I could fix their mail machines because I you know, I was a machinist <laughs> and uh, ended up in public relations and promotion. But uh, then I did uh, wardrobe at one point, and I really enjoyed that. And uh, when I was looking, trying to get a job from them, they said, well, do you have a portfolio? I said, well, what's a portfolio? And they said, well, you have costumes and then pieces of fabric, and then you have a, a photograph of the costume and a sketch. Oh, okay, I'll get you one. So my mother was throwing some clothes out to Goodwill, and I took out everything black, and I had a huge roll of uh, construction paper that the newspaper companies used to throw out at the end of the newspaper. Uh, it was huge, mm-hmm. and uh, I put a pillow on that, and I put a, a corset or Mary Widow around it, and that was my first mannequin, my dress form. So I made this 1900-type uh, dress in black. I put it on, my sister took my picture, and then I drew a sketch. I didn't know what order it had to be. <laughs> so the dress is made, okay, this is what it looks like. And uh, then I sold that to a costume rental place for $100, and that was back where the $100 was more like 500 today. Wow. And I took the money and bought more fabric and did the same thing and made about four dresses and made a portfolio. And uh, so I ended up in the wardrobe department over this little theater for a while. That is amazing. You did no <laughs> apprenticeship or any kind of. No, I mean, actually, you, you were there. You took your talents. You went, and here you are. You know, you do something you like, and you just keep, you know, pounding at it. And uh, when they finally closed the theater, it was only there for four years, and uh, they closed it because one person owned the property, another person owned the building, another person owned the theater, and they didn't oh, like each other. So oh, uh, they finally broke it up, and but out of the four years, I learned a lot about the you know industry, and I liked. It. I tried working at a, a bank and the uh, uh, film developing company, and and I didn't like that. I liked the craziness of the theater, so I thought I'll go work on television, and uh, I didn't know you had to be in a union to get in you know <laughs> any of the jobs. So I started knocking on all the doors and literally, you know, making phone calls. Anybody would answer. And when they answered, that was their mistake because then I didn't let go. And I called them like at least once a week. And then, you know, then that they got too much, I did once a month. But they recognized my voice and no, Arlene, not yet. And NBC said that they could hire me once all the union people were hired. So those were during the days when they had all the wonderful variety shows, Jack Benny and uh, Dean Martin and Perry Como and all those wonderful shows. And uh, so they finally hired me to be a, a stock girl. And I worked so hard that everybody wanted me to work with them, you know, less work for them. And uh, I ended up working on Laughing and uh, the Bing Crosby show and the Phyllis Diller show and Jack Benny show. And uh, I got became good friends with uh, Lily Tomlin and Joanne Worley. We're still friends today, which is really nice. And, um, but you know, if you want something, don't let go, just keep, you know, work at it. Don't be a stalker, <laughs> but I was almost that, but not quite. <laughs> I, think I, in today's, <laughs> I, I think in today's environment, um, if you were at risk of stalking, somebody would right. let you know. <laughs> I would send no. little notes saying, don't forget me, you know, stuff like that, but uh, I wouldn't be too bad about it. 
but uh, they did hire me, which is you know, served the purpose. <laughs> That's a marvelous story. Oh, uh, it's and, a great and persistence is the right word. It really, you know, it's you've got to love it. If once you love it, then you can do anything. And uh, I feel sorry for some of these kids that. I want to be an entrepreneur, and what they think that means is that they want to come up with an idea and let somebody else do the work, uh-huh. and there is no love behind it, you know, mm-hmm. it's not a reason, they just want to, you know, not have to work so hard and have somebody yeah. else do it, but then you find one or two kids that just, you know, especially with the magicians, the kids, they start about, uh, you know, 10, 12 years old, and then uh, we have uh, junior magicians at the Magic Castle in Hollywood. The Academy of Magical Arts has classes for them, but you have to prove yourself. You can't just say, I like magic. You have to, you know, they say, well, have you done parties for your friends, you know, performed at parties, or have you shown for your friends? Have you done a video? And today's day, the kids have, you know, they're on YouTube and everything else already. They they grow up so fast now, but uh, they keep practicing. And uh, I'll never forget the first uh, junior magician, they have, once a year, they have a party at uh, my sister-in-law's house for the junior magicians, uh, the their group. And mm-hmm. uh, so Mill says, we're going to do a barbecue. And I said, oh, that sounds like fun. The kids are going to go crazy. They have a pool there and everything. We got there. It was so quiet. They're all sitting in corners showing each other the tricks and how they do this or how to do that and, or am I doing this right and so on. And then they had a lecture for the kids by some, you know, like maybe Copperfield or somebody come over and do a lecture for them. And uh, I said, that's, not kids <laughs> those are miniature adults <laughs> yeah but they loved it so much and um, those are the magicians that are performing today you know it's just it's amazing it's, marvelous it's just, yeah. um Arlene when yeah. when magic itself and the illusion itself was evolving over the years was there any competition or hard feelings between any of the magicians um because of competition or popularity or notoriety, was there any kind of friction in there? Actually, completely the opposite. It was amazing because uh, the world looked at magic as black magic. It wasn't. Uh, they give Milt the credit of uh, Milton, his brother, the credit of making magic a lady, because there was no place to perform close-up magic. It was uh, you saw you know in movies and big productions and stage shows. Uh, and very few of those people were able to get up to that point. And so there were so many that did close-up magic, but nobody really knew about it. So they had these little clubs. Every every town, there is a magic club. There's a ring, you know, uh, uh, a spinoff. The, the, they have different groups like the IBM and the Academy of Magical Arts, and the different magic clubs. And mm-hmm. um, the uh, that's why they have all these conventions. There's a convention just about every week somewhere in the world. Uh, but they would share, and uh, because it was a, a close-knit group, because nobody else understood what they were doing, and uh, they knew that the more they would share, the more they would hear about somebody doing something. And uh, then the other thing is everyone's trying to find work for them, you know, saying, hey, I just finished doing a gig over here. Why don't you call them? Maybe they'll hire you for their next show or something. So uh, that's what just drew me to the, the generosity of uh, showing how – uh, sharing a, an illusion, and when they invent something, now that that uh, is a little bit you know harder, because uh, there will be some magicians like Chuck Jones will actually make his own props, come up with these illusions, and then at a convention would sell it, and but you're not just selling the prop, you're selling 
the talk, the, the walk, the, the hand gestures, everything, because it's all part of the illusion. And uh, it's really quite uh, an involved piece. And uh, so that's when they have something, it's kind of secretive. I am selling you that secret. Now, uh, I think they've only really run into one problem I've heard the most of is, uh, like, they do a convention in China, and uh, somebody would be selling an illusion for, let's say, $200, and a year later it would be going for $25, you know, and that, that's sad. But uh, not that much, and uh, it's still a wonderful, close-knit uh, uh, group of people. And, it's nice uh, to it's, hear. Uh, yeah, in in that, nice. that kind of a specialty, yeah. you hear periodically about really bitter conflicts that can go on among the members of that group. And oh, well, so this is really refreshing family. to hear. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, that's like any other family. You know, not everybody likes everybody. But not everybody it, likes it, Uncle George, yeah. Right, yeah. And, uh, but it's large enough, and it's a forgiving family uh, group um, of people. Great word. Because somebody will do something, and it's really off color and wrong and uh, did harm to something, and they you know, would boo, uh, boo when they came in and everything else. And then years later, they're up, you know, all's forgiven. You know, it's just uh, mm-hmm. people, there's circumstances and reasons why people do things, and they're very understanding and forgiving. It's really nice. Yeah. And, uh, when Houdini was performing for Nicholas uh, the Tsar, uh-huh. was there anything in particular that he appreciated or anything in particular that the history books talk about? Uh, I, I saw a movie, I don't know how true it was, where he made the uh, the bells chime. That was uh, a, a TV special, so that's the only thing I can go on. <laughs> and I'm, I I believe everything I see on television. Well, not everything, but almost. <laughs> that's the same as the Internet. Everything on the Internet is true. Oh, you're right. Yeah, it's got to be true. It wouldn't be up there otherwise. It wouldn't be up there, of course. <laughs> but uh, I'm sorry to say I don't know uh, that much about it. Uh, um, he, Houdini was a fantastic salesman. Uh, he was like, uh, what's it, uh, Blaine in New York. That kid can do his magic. Everybody gives him credit for his magic is getting all these TV specials with doing three tricks. <laughs> but, but Houdini was a good salesman and a good showman, and uh, I think that's the biggest part of it. Uh, and, uh, yeah, that's what people are buying, too, yeah. to, to sell it and everything else. But uh, there's, it, I love these conventions because, I, you know, everybody's still learning. And I forgot who the magician was, but he did a television special. And uh, it was, oh, shoot, I'm trying to think. It was, oh, it's in Las Vegas. And it was where they had that uh, big uh, uh, Ferris wheel type of thing. And mm-hmm. he did it in one of those um, bubbles. And uh, I saw the TV special, and I thought, oh, God, that's so camera trickery. I mean, it's just so obvious. Nobody can do that and everything else. Then at the convention, he explained how he did it, and it was a magic trick. He really did do it, and it was just absolutely incredible. I've got so much respect for somebody that can pull it off. There, he said, "Yeah, people in the business say, no, it can't be. That can't be done." Well, he did it. <laughs> it's so perfect that it's impossible. And guess what? Yes, <laughs> yes. And sometimes it can be too good, right? <laughs> yes, yes. Can we talk about the auction a little bit that's coming up? Oh, yes, yes, please. Okay, April 8th, is that correct? Yes, uh-huh. April 8th, 2017, and the item that's being auctioned is a brooch that started a, a lineage of its own with um, <laughs> Tsar Nicholas II. And I guess he was 
I don't know. He wasn't deposed. There, he he left. <laughs> I mean, there, there, there were riots yeah. in the streets, and I guess it was 1903. And um, Houdini came home with this piece of jewelry, which is a brooch or a pendant, and um, it's going up for auction. And you're going to tell us about the auction. Did you have an? I, I don't know if you can talk about any of these things, but um, and and if you can't, just say, oh no 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 no, we have to go somewhere else. <laughs> <laughs> Is it, did you get an appraisal? Do it? you have an appraisal on the piece? Uh, we have a reserve price, and uh, okay. I don't think they want us to reveal that. Uh, because Not then everybody would just stop at that point, right? Yeah. Uh, I'm hoping for yeah. the most we can ever get from it, because that will be going back to uh, creating a place where it can, more magicians can work, and we can have a lot more fun. Uh, and but, uh, whoever gets so, it is going to be a very special oh, person who definitely. appreciates oh, something like this. There is one nice thing about it that uh, we were hoping to have this uh, happen before the auction, but there's a TV program called Strange Inheritances, and that's at the, on the business network. And mm-hmm. uh, they are going to cover the auction and uh, yeah. the whole history of the, the brooch and everything. So whoever ends up purchasing this uh, or winning this uh, brooch, uh, that brooch will be on television after the auction uh, and the history and what's going on and how you know how they uh-huh. won it. Yeah, and they'll probably interview them too because they're going to go to the auction. They wanted us to go, but like I said, we don't travel that much anymore. And yeah. uh, time-wise, it's and it's cold out in uh, Chicago. <laughs> I'm tucked in here in Florida saying, oh, yeah, it's I know, you're, you're smart cool. too. <laughs> yeah, it's cool today. It's only 72. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> and I, we are so know, spoiled. <laughs> I know, I know, but our family knows I'm telling the truth. <laughs> I really am. I'm such a wimp when it comes to cold. So, anyhow, I'm not going to ask you the next yeah. question because I, I kind of thought dollars might be off the table for now because it can intrude on an on a really high high level well, auction. Let me let me tell you one thing. Every time a magician would look at it and know the history of it, say, that's got to be worth a million dollars. And I heard that so often. And then when yeah. I did say, you know, I want a million dollars for it, they would say, what? You know. But um, I understand that a Houdini poster, uh, one of his posters, just went for a million something. So uh, there's people that uh, do appreciate the history of some of these things mm-hmm. and the rarity of it. I mean, uh, there are other posters out there, but this was one of a kind, one left, and it was special. What put it this way? What put it this way? What put it this way? You want at least the same amount of money of a poster for a piece of jewelry, right? That right, exactly. <laughs> well, I mean, because the thing is, there is no other brooch out there no, that Houdini true. owned like this. Yeah. And uh, Actually, their jewelry that we know of, there's not much... Uh, you know, maybe couplings or things that he had, but nothing very uh, elaborate. And uh, mm-hmm. it's just this, uh, and I'm I'm not saying uh, it's for real because I don't know that much. Maybe there are some wonderful things out there, uh, but as far as I know, and I'm not that well informed, but uh, what I've seen, everything else, but the rarity of this and the history of it, uh, it does make it a very unique, one-of-a-kind items. And so, uh, yeah, we're, we're, I wouldn't mind it matching that poster. <laughs> oh, I'm not greedy, I'll tell you. <laughs> but oh, also, I twirl around for poster information, and uh-huh. it's mostly confined to the movies. The 1930s are really oh, interesting right, yeah. to, to fuss around. And 
the amount these um, the lobby cards and the oh, posters right. are going for, it's just staggering. I, you know, I want to pick up the phone and say, do you need somebody to adopt, you know? <laughs> it's just, oh, my gosh. And, well, as, I mean, a poster is precious, and you know, it's a, yes. It, it's just precious because it belongs to an era. It belongs to something that was so right. special, and Houdini is the same way. But I'm yeah. with you. I think two million is good pop. Yeah. <laughs> well, the other thing is, if it goes for a, a large amount, then I yeah. also know that that person is really going to love it and appreciate it. I mean, exactly. I would hate to have somebody say, "Oh yeah, I'll just throw it in my box and put it with something else." You know, I don't want to feel like because it's something that was handed down. It's only been in two families the Houdini family and the Larson family. And to have uh, a stranger buy it, I want that to, stranger to be somebody that really, really yes. cherish yeah. it as much as we have, really. Mm-hmm. And Draw that, up some adoption papers. Yeah, and uh, the money value is like the applause at uh, in a movie or a theater, you know, a mm-hmm. performance. The more the applause, you know, the more they liked it. The more money, they, the more you know they liked it. And it's yes. just a, a way of saying how much they really care. And uh, then I, I think I'd feel more, you know, a lot more comfortable about partying with it too. Yeah. Know. And uh, oh trust my. me, if it wasn't yeah. for a good I'm reason to have this fun, you know, the new place to do it, I don't think I'd be partying with it. But uh, the balances, I think this one will be just as just as special. <laughs> it sounds like it. It sounds like it. It would be. It, it would be side by side. I thought a, a great idea. A great idea if somebody you knew. One to bed, and they put it on display in the new Magic Castle. That would not. That would be a nice little. Well, you know that has happened with uh, uh, Randy Pitchford. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of his, I think, uh, uncle or, or cousin or something was a, a famous uh, um, Cardini was his magician, and so Randy has done very well. He's a young guy that uh, does uh, these computer games, and uh, he saw this auction go up for sale of the collection of uh, Cardini. And he says, oh, that's a relative. And he's also a member of the Magic Castle. And uh, he uh, got married there, matter of fact. And so he really loves the place. And he started bidding on this thing. And David Copperfield also wanted it for his uh, uh, museum. And so Randy outbidded him and then donated it to the Magic Castle and had uh, paid another million on top of it, to have a decent display case made to display the whole thing beautifully. Wow. So, uh, yeah, so it has been done, and uh, that would be absolutely fantastic. Yeah. Uh, if, even if they didn't put it on display, if his wife would wear it all the time, that would be marvelous. Sure. And uh, that's why I had to have my picture taken saying, see, I had it once, too. <laughs> <laughs> it's right here. It's right here. Yeah. It doesn't even have a yellow arrow. It doesn't right. even have a yellow arrow. It's a very... It's a very elegant picture of you. It truly is. Thank you. And Thank you. it doesn't have an advertiser's yellow arrow pointing to the oh. jewelry. <laughs> a big circle around it. <laughs> yes. Yes, that's, that's right. That's right. Big white circle. Arlene, Funny, the one in the office. Yeah, the one in my office does. The big arrow thing. See, I got one. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you didn't. Is that true? <laughs> no, actually, the cute thing is, Milt did enlarge the one of uh, Beatrice Houdini. Uh, the colored yeah. one of her wearing it, and he's going to enlarge the one of his mother wearing it, and me, and uh, we're going to frame him and put him in my office. So, oh. I think, yeah, so the, it's like not losing it at all. Actually, I'll probably see it more than when I had it and had it in the safe, you know. It's just, and had uh, it in the safe. 
Yeah, yes. it's if Thank it's you. not being loved and having fun with it, then it's time to share it. Yeah, and that's well, the whole thing. It's just been locked away too long. Yeah, it's it's being loved, but this is a way to share it. So, right. Yes. Yeah. I, and it wasn't I can loved often that. enough either. Yeah. Cause, yeah. Yeah. So. Well, Arlene, tell me something I you expected me to ask or you wanted Ooh. me to ask. What did yeah, I leave out? I didn't know what to expect, so I wasn't expecting anything. And uh, you covered it. Let me talk on so much. I'm really uh, uh, flabbergasted. No. <laughs> you well, shouldn't even shut up. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're enjoying it so much over here, but I want to make sure that I didn't uh, miss anything that I should have asked uh, about. Probably talked way too much about everything and anything, but uh, now I can't think of anything. Uh, uh, you, you covered the brooch beautifully, and that's, I forgot that's why we're doing all this. <laughs> and to let it out. <laughs> we, we were out in so many related areas. Yeah. That was so it went much off on so many tracks, right? Well, one day, uh, well, I, uh, we do have a, uh, we have a caller who just wants to say hi, but before we bring in the caller, Bill and Kim brag, oh, we talked about the Christmas cards you make and oh, and yeah. send it out. And so, <laughs> you want to talk about that a little bit, how, how you come up sure. with a new idea? How, how, how do you figure out what well, Christmas card to make for people? When we first got married, uh, people, you know, didn't really know me. The Magic Family group did not know me. They just, you know, married this woman, and I wasn't a magician's assistant. I wasn't a magician. <laughs> yeah, so uh, who is she? Mm-hmm. And uh, I wanted them to, you know, really kind of get to know me. So the very first Christmas card was uh, something my sister uh, helped me design, and uh, she was uh, a graphic artist, so she knows her business. And it was a, um, a card with the Magic Castle on the cover of it, and it says, pull this, and you pull it up, and Milton, my photograph, you know, came out of it. Mm-hmm. And uh, so that was a, a fun way of having, see, this is who I am. This right. is me. This is Arlene. This is the woman he married. Right. And so every year, and then uh, when Milton's brother passed away, uh, his brother always had a mascot of a little teddy bear, and they called it Bear. Oh. And every convention, people would buy it clothes and everything else. So every photograph, that bear was there. So uh, for the uh, award banquet, they honored uh, Bill's memory, and I found a company that made these little uh, four-inch uh, tiny bears with joints on them, and I put a little ribbon on it, you know, with Bill's uh, dates of you know decease and uh, so on. And uh, so then I thought, oh, that's cute. Next year for my Christmas card, I'll get more of those bears and put a little top hat with magic stuff coming up. And it kept growing and growing, and I loved doing crafty things uh-huh. and but that was during the day when it was easy to mail a box of something to somebody and uh, the mailing got you know more expensive so now we're down to cards again but it's I look for anything different mm-hmm. or new and then I try and in, uh, entertain um, wrong word but uh, something with us in it or magic or something and uh, it's always this last year Milt uh, has written a book about how his life is like on a train, and the train would uh, take a different track to a different place. And he loved trains anyhow. So I found a little cardboard train that you put together, and it had stickers that you decorate it and everything else. So I made uh, a couple stickers of Milt and my faces, and we are driving the train. <laughs> and then a little sticker that put Happy Holidays from Arlene and Milt. And I sent those off to everybody. Aww. So it's always taking something. Before I used to make them from scratch, uh, I would have a, a Christmas glass ball, and I would put in a little message inside, and it was like 
building a ship in a bottle. I, I still don't know where I had the patience to do that kind of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> and our mailing list is not small. <laughs> so, <laughs> so that's why I got to more, you know, commercialized items, and then I just jazz them up because it just became time-consuming. Sure. But uh, it, I was trying to stop after 10 years. We've been married 27 years. Wow. And we got such a reaction of, are you guys okay? I didn't get a Christmas card, and what happened? You know? <laughs> and I said, okay. So I went back to doing them again. <laughs> and when we were uh, producing a show called Pizzazz, a stage show, again, Milt wrote the music with Richard Sherman, mm -hmm. and they wrote the script, and I did the costumes. And, uh, you know, you, over the years you collect all this stuff and nice fabrics and everything. So I thought, okay, this is going to be my last hurrah. I'm not going to do any more costumes. It's a lot of work. So I used the best of everything I had. You know, I just pulled out stuff I was in collecting. I made 164 Victorian gowns, oh. uh, beaded and uh, with bustles and petticoats all to match uh, for this crazy show. So uh, Christmas time's coming along, and I'm still making the dresses. So Milt and I said, I really don't have time to do a, a you know Christmas card. So Milt says, I know, I'll, I'll create something. So he did a, a drawing of, or had a friend of ours, uh, artist, mm -hmm. uh, do a drawing of both Milt climbing up, you know, uh, putting up posters, and I'm sewing at the sewing machine. And we're too busy to do a Christmas card this year because we're working on our show Pizzazz. <laughs> <laughs> and we sent that out. <laughs> it's still a lot of mailing. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> The real question was, for the first five years, our, our mailing list is like maybe three to 400 names, uh -huh. and now it's up to five or six. But um, and that's just, you know, we, we have a lot of wonderful friends. And uh, so every year when it came to doing the Christmas card, he said, I'll print out the labels. And every year he would erase my address list. <laughs> and I had to put them back in one by one because I didn't know how to do the other, you know, couldn't bring them back. And oh. when you're... And and we're still married. <laughs> the very last the last two times, I said, "Okay, you're putting the names back in. I can't. I'm not going to type them one more time." But uh, he said that. Uh, oh, I, I really saved them. I got them on this thing. It was a they call it an alias, and you cannot print it out or copy it or whatever it was. <laughs> yes. So uh, after he learned, you know, that he had to type it too, he learned how to fix it. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing like a little work to promote self-sufficiency. <laughs> oh, yeah, God. Yeah, it, it, like I said, it proves it's a strong marriage. We, we, <laughs> <laughs> it's going to take. I'm, I'm positive yes, now. Yeah, I, think it I might, am positive it might now. There, yeah. <laughs> we have a call, yeah. so we'll, 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 we'll take one call, and then we'll let Arlene have the rest of her evening. So hold on. Call Paul, okay. Paul from California. You are with uh, Milt Larson's wife, Arlene. Yes, hello, Arlene. I'm Hi there. Who, who's this, Paul? Who? Paul. Paul, his Paul. name. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm up in the Central Valley area. Oh, okay. Near, near Modesto, 20 minutes away from Modesto in that area. Oh, okay. So, yeah, you got some rain, too, then, didn't you? <laughs> oh, yes. Yes. Oh, boy. Yeah. <laughs> quite, a, quite a bit. Um, this is very interesting to me. And I'm actually looking at the photograph of you wearing this um, brooch. Oh, good. It, it, I figured out how to do that on my smartphone to be able to <laughs> as well as actually talking to you on it at the same time. So being put on hold was worth it. Um, oh, thank so, you. 
it's so, so you get to hear all the craziness then. <laughs> yes, it's it's so beautiful. Um, and you know what? I saw that same movie that you saw about the ringing of the bells. Yes, wasn't that wonderful? I enjoyed that. Yes, all all those people were sitting there in chairs, you know, so upright and so in line with each other and all. That was it's so proper. Yes. Um. And you can yeah. also see why they would believe it was for real when he pulled something like that out. You know, it had to be real magic, you know. Right. Uh, now, we have um, some things in common here. It was, it's fascinating. You've done all this wardrobe um, sewing, and my wife has uh, been doing that for years now because of my daughter being a dancer. Oh wow, that's a that lucky daughter. I gotta tell you, is having somebody yeah. that loves you doing your work for like that, she's gonna look like the best of everybody. <laughs> well, yeah, and the thing is too, though, all of all of the uh, other people in the studio, my wife ends up fixing their dresses also. Oh wow! You know, so, Where does she work? Does she do it professionally then too? No. Your wife. She, no, no. She's a home. She's a homemaker, and she she takes care of me. I have MS, and uh, and she just uh, takes over the dining room table for weeks at a time. Sometimes. Yeah, you have to take over the whole room when you start working on a project. Yeah, <laughs> that's, yeah. That, that's good for her. That's marvelous. It's also very relaxing. Uh, seamstresses or women that sew have lower blood pressure because you have to zone in. You know, just concentrate what you're doing, and it's very relaxing. It's nice. And how wonderful to be able to see her you know, daughter wearing the pretty costumes, too. That's nice. Yes, I haven't looked in the closet, but apparently she's got quite a collection of dresses. <laughs> <laughs> you know, from all of these things that, that she's done in performance. Uh, and, and yeah, you can't go out and buy stuff like that, that's for sure. Yeah. No. no. Well, Paul, thank you for calling. I'm glad you got a chance to talk with uh, Arlene. Thank you, Paul. It's nice to know there's other crazy people out there. Arlene, you're a machinist, and I'm a machinist. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you, Paul. (laughs) Uh, So once again, let's go over the dates of the auction, and then we'll let Arlene enjoy the rest of the evening with milk. So go ahead. It's actually called the Houdini Auction at Potter & Potter on April 8th. And I guess if you Google Potter Potter, that you can find their right. website. And yeah, they give you all the information. They even uh, have, um, I actually I have to part with I have to send it at the end of this week oh. to them so that they can put it in their catalog and everything. And once they have it, then because they want, you know, really better photographs than I have. Yeah. And so they'll have a professional photographer, and there'll be a beautiful, clear photograph, and that I'm sure will be online so you can see much, much better detailed. So that'll be nice. Are you going to feel bad when you let it go? Uh, I thought so, but, you know, it, like I said, it, the price is really nice, and then uh, we can do so much more with our new place, and um, it'd be really wonderful if it's somebody we know that bought it because yeah. that'll be yeah. fun. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's like the guy donating the chair, then I can come visit it. If it's somebody we know, then I'd be able to see them wearing it, and that would be really nice. And, that uh, would be that nice. They, yeah, yeah, that would that'd be, be nice. fun. Well, I hope a stranger, you, I hope you, but, you know, you know, they like it. Yeah. One, so. <laughs> I, hope you get, 
I hope you get the best of both worlds. A, a good, <laughs> a really you. high bid on it that wins, and that it's someone you know. Would that be nice? It would be wonderful. Mm-hmm. And one out of two would be too bad either. <laughs> well, you know, it's reasonable to hope for. That is a yeah. reasonable yeah. thing. Well, so, well, Arlene, I cannot tell you how much we enjoyed talking with you tonight. This is just great. Thank you. Well, thank, oh, no, no, thank you for <laughs> the chance of getting this out there and having fun. Absolutely. Yeah, and I hope maybe after the auction we could, would you consider coming back and spending time with us? I'd love to. We always have something oh. to talk about. <laughs> We're always getting into I don't trouble. Think either, one of us, neither one of us will run out of that. <laughs> I can tell you about putting a new roof on and jackhammering into the floor of our new, our place is going to be called the Magic Castle Cabaret. And uh, we're going to have, so it's not just magic. It's going to be maybe a touch of vaudeville, a little bit of everything. Richard Sherman needs a place to go say, you know, do his, and then I wrote and talked about all the songs he's written, like Mary Poppins and Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. And then maybe Uh we'll let Milt do his act. You know, you never know. He does a great (laughs) Ed Wynn. So I want to have a um, uh, magical Mad Hatter tea party. Oh. Yeah, and have oh. a magician as our you know, Mad Hatter. And Milt said, can I do it? I said, well, maybe you could be our guest spot. <laughs> <laughs> but he'd be very good at it. He does a good Edwin. <laughs> and well, he's I'm also a little bad, so that works. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I was going to put in my bid for the I'm late, I'm late for a very important oh, yeah. date. <laughs> No time to say hello, goodbye. I'm late, I'm late, I'm late. Oh, yeah, you got it, you got it. But yeah. I can't believe I talked this long. My gosh, thank you. Well, we, en- we enjoyed you it so much. And <laughs> we, would, we would not have enjoyed it nearly as much if you hadn't stayed this long. Oh, okay. So I really appreciate it. But, um, oh, Robin, would we be able to call Arlene after the auction? Oh uh, yeah. So once, once, uh, once, once you know, considering, considering, I know Arlene Mill home number. I know Mill all his other yeah, numbers. You know where to find us. I know. <laughs> we yeah. can't hide. Not true. So you know. Not so, <laughs> so uh, well, you bet. We'll, we'll keep tabs, and I imagine Mill and Arlene let us know what the uh, wonderful plans. Follow up. Let your friends, you know. Absolutely. Listeners know what uh, happened to the whole thing. That'd be perfect. I hate it yes. when you watch something, you fall in love with it, and then you say, "Well, yeah, what happened?" You know. I know. Well, the big, fun, well, the big, the big fun's gonna be as you guys design the whole new place. So that'd be fun. Get to follow yeah. the progress yeah. of that. That, really, that is gonna be exciting. Yeah. Once we get the floor fixed up and the roof put on. <laughs> rain, we need that roof. <laughs> That'll be great. Maybe we could talk some magic as well. You bet. Oh, sure. You bet. Uh, then then oh, you great. need more milk on that one. <laughs> okay. Well, the two of you. I mean, yeah, you, right. Then, we, you then, we'll, then I'll the share walk. it. Right. There you go. You have walked the walk. <laughs> you don't okay. have to do the do. <laughs> but, you have, uh, but you have walked the walk. Well, yeah. thank you, Arlene. I, I oh, cannot tell you how much I've enjoyed talking with you, and I really appreciate the time that you gave to us. Oh, no. It's my pleasure. And uh, next, you know, maybe you should be a little... Uh, Checked into a committed or something. If you like, oh, it's great. <laughs> <laughs> Join our club. <laughs> Join our club. And, we'll you know, have I'm our own little jackets, <laughs> long sleeves and monograms. <laughs> oh, monograms, wow. Yeah, the I'll long sleeve that wraps that around one. the back. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I'll have, to, I'll have to work on that one. <laughs> so, so I'm going to start making a list here because I did want to ask about membership. And oh, yeah. now we'll yeah. have a new club opening and magicians to talk about and maybe maybe some popular um magic that 
many people know the answer to, but because right. I'm naive, I don't, so I'm going to ask it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Well, I really That's appreciate it. Please say hi to Milt for us. I sure will. Take care. You're probably wondering what the hell I'm doing out here. <laughs> yeah, but, uh, tell him you're having fun. Uh, uh, all he's hearing is a lot of giggling on this side, so he knows that. <laughs> oh, well, you, you Thank you. You've just been so charming and so wonderful to talk to. Appreciate it. Well, Thank I you. Re- I appreciate that. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and Walden will be knocking on your door sometime okay. after April 8th. <laughs> All right, Arlene. Very good. Have, have a good you, evening. Arlene. Thank Thank you. Bye-bye. Oh, you're welcome. Bye-bye. All right, everybody. Wow. Walking out of who? That was fun. <laughs> I, you know, I mean, how, how many times do we have an opportunity to talk about Tsar Nicholas's jewelry? No. No, no, and I just thought once I saw when I got the email, I said, "This is a, this is for Patricia," you know. This was for Patricia. <laughs> well, everybody, we got another family member coming on board. We have our weekly book report coming up next, so uh, we're gonna get Jim. Jim. You know, he used to be known as Jim from Pittsburgh, but. It's Jim from Antioch, our friend Jim Taylor. So we're California. gonna do, we're gonna do that next. Hold on, everybody. And, and Walden says, "Hold on, that's what we have to do." Jaws professional Patricia Skype trademark tab. He's got all the buttons. I keep saying he's got all the buttons, and it's true. It's true. It's true. It's true. Benny, Jim Taylor, new applications, contacts, send, invite to group, enter, leaving menus, contact, unloading, jaw, cancel, okay, enter. Four. Might even be a fifth one in there. And if anyone would like to see the pictures that we've been talking about, Harry Houdini with his wife, and, um... There you are, Jim. There you are. Hi, Walden. Hi, Jim. We got Patricia. How you doing? Hi, Patricia. Hi, Jim. You sound worried tonight. Oh, pretty good. Do you? Okay. Pretty good. Still coughing, but I'm alive. That's what counts. I know. And we are so happy for that. Um, As you give your information later tonight, or tonight, we're just going to talk for a couple of minutes first, Um, I'm going to interrupt you and remind people who they're listening to in case they they tuned in a little bit late. So please forgive me for the interruptions, but I want people to know who they're talking to. Is that okay? Okay. All right. Let's go for us tonight. What book report do you have for tonight, Jim? Well, tonight we're going to discuss a book by the same author who wrote the book we re- <coughs> reviewed last week on Lucy. And the book is by Stephen Cantor, and it's RC, and it may be available as DB as well, 52600, and it is called Groucho, The Life and Times of Julius Henry Marx. It's 465 pages. Whoa. A very well-researched biography about Groucho (coughs) and his background, and the background, of course, of the Marx brothers. (coughs) Groucho Marx, excuse me, (coughs) was, along with his brothers, (coughs) a very... um, 
their mother was a very dominant show business person named Minnie. And she promoted them. And Groucho was born in 1890. Um, later, of course, the Marx Brothers, it was Groucho, Chico, Gummo, Zeppo, and Harpo. And most of them went into show business, starting with the vaudeville circuit. And then, of course, Broadway and the movies. Mr. Kensner devotes much time to the Marx Brothers movies, such movies as Animal Crackers, Coconuts, uh, A Night at the Opera, Duck Soup, um, A Day at the Races, many others. The dialogue from the movies, <coughs> or highlights from the dialogue, is discussed. It discusses uh, in his, he had several stormy marriages. His marriages were not that successful, and he was, he was alienated from his children in many respects. Um, in 1940, he does talk about Flywheel and Shyster, the radio show the Marx Brothers did in the early 30s. It didn't get very good ratings, but it was their first try at radio. And he discusses Blue Ribbon Town, the radio show that Groucho did in 1943 and 44. Unfortunately, Groucho made a great mistake on that show. One time he took, in 1944 was the 100th anniversary of the Paps Brewing Company. And um, Groucho took the head of Paps out to a bar, and he ordered him a Miller High Life. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> and, and he told some off-color jokes. Two of them were quoted, and that may have offended the head of Paps. Anyway, Paps replaced his show with Danny Kaye on radio. But then <coughs> his second career... <coughs> came in 1947 with the birth of You Bet Your Life. Hang on. <coughs> in California, our family member who has finally been able to rejoin us after a terrible fire in the summertime, the, the last summer, and um, he has done a marvelous job at rehab, and we're so glad he's with us. Absolutely. You know, it wouldn't be the same without Jim, so, no. you know, so... Well, cons you know, considering how close I came, I don't even want to think about the alternative. That is true. We just, we just don't even want to. But anyway, John Goodell, who was a very successful producer, producing People Are Funny with Art Linkletter, well, he, he, Bob Hope and Groucho were on a radio program, and Goodell finally discovered what the problem was, why Groucho had failed on so many radio shows, and that was a script. Groucho could not do a script well, but if he could ad-lib and just be right open. And so <clears throat> he came up with the idea. They cut an audition record of You Bet Your Life, and ABC bought it, bought the series, in and it premiered in October of 1947. Uh, his foil was the announcer, George Fenneman, and it worked out really well. At, at the time, critics weren't impressed. Newsweek actually said Groucho doing a quiz show was like selling citation to a glue factory. Oh, 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 oh wow. Um, but 
it was the quiz was only a very minor part. Of, any of you who have heard you bet your life or seen it know the quiz was a very minor part of the show. It was a dialogue that Rachel had with the couples mm-hmm. that made the show go. And it was Goodell that came up with the idea of no one should go away broke if they totally bombed on the questions. So they came up with this whole idea of who is married in Grant's tomb or what fruit is in lemonade or what what are the two ingredients in ice cream, you know, things like that. Mm-hmm. So no one would go away broke. Um Goodell came up with another idea. He convinced ABC executives that radio listeners probably did not hear every show of the season, or even if they did, they couldn't remember one week from another. So why not, since the shows were recorded anyway, why not do summer reruns, a.k.a. the Best of Rock Show? And uh, ABC agreed. And thus the summer rerun came about, which is now a regular part of television, as you know. Uh, Unfortunately, on ABC, the ratings weren't good. But CBS was impressed enough to buy the show. It went to CBS in October of 1949. (coughs) And it became, it was number six in the national ratings in that season. CBS wanted to continue it, and NBC wanted it too. And also wanted to expand it to television. Unfortunately, Groucho and William Paley had an exchange. And I, I guess I can be honest. I might as well just tell you. Paley, well, first of all, Paley had had the successful talent raids. He got Jack Benny and all these stars from NBC. And he got Bing from ABC, Bing Crosby. And you bet your life. And in trying to negotiate with Groucho, he made a fatal mistake of saying, Uh, us Jews have to stick together. And that really offended Groucho. So he immediately went to NBC, and it started on October 4th of 1950 on NBC radio, and the TV version started on October 5th. And this was not in the book, but I can tell you that NBC gave him his same time slot that he had on CBS Wednesdays at 9 p.m. Eastern time, And as I said, it's not in the book, but CBS, as competition to You Bet Your Life, produced Honest Herald. That was Groucho's competition on CBS. Okay. Oh, my gosh. Okay. I had no idea. Wow. That wasn't in the book, as I said. That's just uh, for that one season. Needless to say, Honest Herald only lasted one season. Yeah. But the series was very successful on radio and television. Unfortunately, his orchestra leader, Jerry Fielding, got into some trouble with Red Channels and all that communist stuff in the 50s, Mm. and he had to be dropped. Groucho said in an interview years later he wished he had done more to defend Jerry Fielding. But, you know, everyone was so scared in those days. Yes. You know, if you even had – if you ordered ketchup – on your roast beef, they would suspect you were a communist with ketchup red. <laughs> it was that paranoic. You might remember, that, I'm just adding this, when Stan Freeberg did his parody of Dragnet, Little Blue Riding Hood, the announcer said, the story of Little Blue Riding Hood is true, only the color has been changed to prevent an investigation. <laughs> but that was the case. Jerry yeah. Fielding was dropped, replaced by Jack Meekham, I believe. Um, 
He and Fenneman hit it off really well. The show lasted on radio till 1960 and on television till <coughs> 1961. Uh, he tried a talk interview show on CBS that did not get good ratings. He uh, made many comebacks. Uh, Dick Cabot had him on as a guest many times. Uh, he had, like I say, three marriages. There was finally a lady he really took to named Aaron Fleming, who was his caregiver. And his family did not really, the members of his family did not really like Aaron. They thought she was trying to take his money and his, uh, you know, take his money and take advantage of him as he got older. Uh, but um, Aaron said she loved him. She did produce, she did get him into a concert at Carnegie Hall in 1972, and the record album did fairly well. And he did a lot of his old Marx Brothers songs, including Lydia the Tattooed Lady and Hooray for Captain Spaulding and Dr. Clackenbush and whatever it is, I'm Against It, and all those many songs <laughs> that Rocho did. Um, they didn't mention this in the book, but he did a children's record in 1949 on the Young People's Record label called The Funniest Song in the World. I've heard the record. Michael Beale has mentioned it on one of his Sunday night talks. Maybe he has it, and sometime he can play it on a Sunday night. Uh, he even felt, Dr. Beale, that it was of such a classic nature that it should be in the National uh, Library of Congress Index of Recorded Sound, you know, where the, like 10 recordings each year are introduced, yes. and that the funniest song in the world was of that quality. Unfortunately, uh, you know, Gracho's health began to deteriorate. Then he, he went into a coma in August of 1977. The newspapers were already, and magazines were all prepared for their long obituaries for Gracho because they expected his death any day. But on August 16th, Elvis Presley died. And Gracho died three days later on the 19th. Time magazine and its milestone section did like a 31 line story on Groucho but three pages on Elvis mm. and a lot of people were not happy about that including Dick Cabot and Woody Allen both wrote letters of complaint to Time magazine about um, the short shrift they gave Groucho but apparently the thinking was Groucho was an old man Elvis was young they want that 35, 18 to 35 age group, apparently. Maybe people who didn't even remember You Bet Your Life or the Marx Brothers. Um, after that, in 83, of course, Aaron Fleming was sued by our Bank of America, and the Marx family sued Aaron Fleming, or she sued them. It was a long, complicated affair. The jury ruled against Aaron Fleming, and she eventually became a homeless bag lady. But one of her staunch defenders in court was George Fenneman, who realized that she had taken care of Groucho um, and apparently loved him. Um, what, uh, the book was summed up, I guess you can say, this way. One time a fan came to Groucho in the late years of his life and said, what a pleasure it was to meet him. And Groucho replied, I've known him for years, and it's no pleasure. <laughs> and and uh, the, the L.A. Times pointed a cartoon 
with Groucho standing at the pearly gates and everyone saying, welcome, Groucho. And he says, any place that would accept me, I wouldn't go to. Um, and the author summed it up by saying with Groucho's unsuccessful marriages, his relations with his children and like, and the like, um, he was no pleasure to live with for his family or himself. That's the, that's the way that author felt about it. Mm. You know, a life of contrast, you know, he comes across on the screen and on the air like such a happy man, but yeah. obviously a very unhappy and troubled man. So I give the book four stars. Really? Now, your yeah, your rating schedule is one, two, four, or five? Oh, five what, what five's is, the highest. You, yeah, five is the highest. Okay. Okay, that's the way I should have asked it. So this is good. It did well, very uh, well. You know, it answered, you know, it was a... Uh, I wish they, you know, I wish he had mentioned the children's record, but then again, that may be something too obscure that people just might totally miss. Or it also was in the original manuscript and just got cut cut out. You never know. You know, that does oh, happen. Well, yeah, you can ask John Dunning when they when you publish a book, publishers always want to edit it and make it shorter. Yeah. Uh-huh. I still find it amazing that, that his original on the air, his second book, was 3,600 pages. Is that a pretty good-sized manuscript, Patricia? Well, it is, um, but as I always say, it depends on a lot of things, like how big were the margins, how small was the type, you know? Well, he, still, you know, he said, you know, amount, they had to cut it. That number of pages, you can't fudge an awful lot, <laughs> so, yes. And he <laughs> said they had to cut it by 15%, he and his pup and Mr. That's Meyer. a much better number to work with, yes. Mm-hmm. But uh, but one of us, those of us who were true old-time radio fans, have speculated, what shows did he leave out, you know, in having to cut it? Yes, yes, and I've done that, too. It's hard to edit. You know, to me, we had a creative writing class once in college, and the teacher did it differently. She would read our stories, but she wanted the students to critique everybody else's stories. And... I always found it troubling because I always figure if a person is trying to do a good job, mm-hmm. though I may not like a story or something, I don't want to lambaste a person if they're really trying to do a good job. Yes. Hmm. Well, that's why that's why I think you got to be a positive, a positive uh, credit. In other words, if you, if you say, hey, mm-hmm. I really like this, what you're doing here, but this might make it better. That, that's why it's just, exactly. it should be a positive spin on trying to improve somebody's work. But it was a, you know, it was a sad story to read about all, some of Groucho's problems. Because, um, mm-hmm. you know, when you hear You Bet Your Life, he seems to enjoy it so much. Uh, I think he did. For, for years, he said that, he might leave a party to go watch the TV show. Yeah. So I think he loved it, the TV show. And, uh, yeah. Well, I enjoy You know, I, I enjoyed it. Um, my parent, my dad was not a great quiz show fan, but he liked You Bet Your Life. Did you have Most a, people did. Did anybody know why the TV show went off the air? Was it NBC's decision to say it's partially done? That, uh-huh. Partially that. DeSoto dropped sponsorship in the late 50s. Right. And Lever Brothers and Tony took it over. 
Mm. Of course, it was dropped on radio because everything was dropped on radio. You know, it was, uh, you might remember that after 1957 or so, you if you looked for You Bet Your Life in the papers on radio, you wouldn't find it because it was a segment on either Nightline or Monitor. Mm-hmm. Um, and that lasted until 1960. Well, we have a caller for you, Jim. Okay. Somebody that you know pretty well. Somebody okay. that we all know pretty well. Hello, Ron from Illinois. How you doing? Are you maybe. Fa- well, maybe, maybe fell asleep. Hello, Ron. He gave up and hung up. Hello, Ron. Let me see. Hold on. I heard a weak hold on. He might try any minute again. You know, sometimes these phones do funny things. All right, Ron, try again. Yeah. Ron? Oh, let's see if I'm here now. There you go. You're better oh, now. You All right. Yeah, well, then you got to pick those buttons. Well, I do, but no, but, but I, I'm afraid my call will fall asleep on me. They don't know when to say hi, you know. <laughs> oh, my. Hi, Ron. Hi, Jim. We had a nice, yeah. nice visit with Jim earlier today. Good. The phone. We had a nice visit. It was good. And uh, while I'm thinking of it, Patricia, I have a question for you. Uh, well, I know you from the estate. You finally got it. So, have you heard any of it? And what do you think? Um, would you repeat that? This phone. I said, I'm assuming that. Yeah. You know, I think I'm gonna. I'm gonna get, go ahead and hang up on Ron and call him on Skype. That way, we can. We, can hear what he's saying, so, Ron. Okay, that, that would be good. I we we're gonna hang up on Ron. Run back, Ron. <laughs> Have no fear. He's out there somewhere. I think. Yeah, he is. Anyway. Um, Patricia from old tab. With Groucho, I, I knew that he did not have a whole lot of fun Access in his personal life. I, I did know that. Patricia Flurry unread uh, messages. It's so John sad Bill to Brack. think about. Unread messages, you know? Ron, Ron, um, that line when you said video, that to that man, no pleasure. Send video, send yeah. SMS, send contact, send files, send voice oh, message, gee. share screen, oh, invite gee. the group call, so, enter, leaving um, menus, Patricia from F- unloading job, cancel, okay, enter. Did you come out with more empathy or sympathy for the man? Sympathy, I think. Hold on, let's see if that's any better. Oh, there we go. Uh, there you yeah, go. There we go. Now, what was no, I supposed to answer? Now, what's your question for Patricia? You're supposed to answer the following questions. Oh, okay. Good. Uh, I'm assuming, well, I know I, I'm assuming it, and I, you know how dangerous a business assuming is now. Yeah, um, go ahead. But I will go ahead and assume that you got a package for me the other day, and I know you did because I got your note. Oh, and the, the, um, the download with the magazines? Yes. Have you heard of him? Yeah. Listen to any of it. No. No, oh, and I didn't even realize until just now that it's an audio production. I thought it was, you know, an actual reproduction of the magazine. No, it's a radio program. I'll be darned. I did not even know that existed. That's why I sent it to you. <laughs> because I'm stupid. <laughs> well, I don't know if I'd go that far. No, 
I'm not. I think that would be very unfair. There are times that I have to um, own up to some stuff that you have pointed out to me. So sometimes I qualify. Not stupid, ignorant. Oh, my. Yeah. Before I forget it, Patricia, we were, we, we were about sidetracked last week. What was the awful quiz show from 1948 that you played? Oh, it was the Stanley Telephone Radio Quiz Qu- Show. And it was horrible. they did it over the phone. And it was horrible. Oh, thank you. Who said that? I did. <laughs> it was awful. In 1948, huh? Yes. Yeah, I think it was another one of those where they spent the show telling you how to play it and how simple it was. Yeah. Stanley, Stanley uh, Products sponsored it, and uh, it was it was it was pretty bad. It, it was pretty awful. It was and, pretty bad. Yeah, you know, it wasn't even from the 1930s, so I get credit for that too, right? No, you you definitely get credit for that because oh, it was 48. You. You're welcome. Oh. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Well, there were so many quiz shows in '48. When you think about it, um, well, you're right. And you I think of stop the music, yet. and um, of course, you bet your life. You think of yeah. uh, uh, break the bank. There were just, there were just, you know, many of them. Yep. Doctor I. <coughs> By the way, <coughs> when the quiz show scandals <coughs> hit in '58 and '59, Rockshaw was asked about them. And, of mm-hmm. course, uh, it didn't affect You Bet Your Life because he said, well, the money, we, we don't give that much money away on the show anyway, so we couldn't rig it. One of the things I noticed about Groucho's humor, and I think it relates, it does relate to how the, the fact that he was not a happy person, what is, his humor was so caustic. Yes. He really could be caustic. Yes, yes, Ron yes. and I have a personal memory of something Groucho said, and only Ron would appreciate it, and only I would appreciate it. There were two contestants. There was a contestant on You Bet Your Life <laughs> one night from the town where Ron and I went to school. Yes. It was Jacksonville, Illinois, and Groucho replied to him or her, I can't remember, is that behind the Iron Curtain? <laughs> we thought it might be. But it was just the way he could come up with these things. Or, I know. Of course, if, if, you were, if your name was Crumb, as John Dunning said, you were automatically in trouble or something. You know? <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. But, he, it, you know, it was, it was his wit. And um, I keep thinking about that time in 1950 when Steve Darnell, a few weeks, months back, played that You Bet Your Life from 50, where the person took Bible questions, and they bombed on all of them. Oh, man. They, they oh, didn't I even, remember they, that one. And they didn't even, they didn't even get, guess that, that, you know, he would ask the questions. And they, they just were blind. They were totally blank, and the bell rang. <laughs> and Walden, of course, knew them, and I knew them. I mean, the three that they bombed on were, I think, who, yeah. who was the wife of the evil king, Ahab? Jezebel? Jezebel. Yep. Uh, let's see, the second even, one was... Even I knew the answers, and that's going a stretch. <laughs> and there was, let's see, there was one about... Um, I forgot the second one, but the third one was... And this really shocked me. Who was in the, the belly of the whale three days? Mm-hmm. They didn't even know that. 
I mean, well, do you think it was stage fright or Mike fright that got him? I mean, could that conceivably I be think it, I think possible, yeah. I mean, I think so. I think so. Well, you know, yes. you can tell that. When we watch Jeopardy at home, I, used, I always watched it with my parents. It's easy to answer the Jeopardy questions when you're just sitting at home watching TV. Oh, sure it is. But when you have to push that button in the studio and get the timing uh, just right. I think about that. I forgot the blind man that was on Jeopardy for weeks, if a number of years ago. Mm-hmm. He did pretty well. You know, I tell you, a lot of people said, "Oh, you you ought to be on Jeopardy." And I said, "No way, I'm not that good." And the only way you would do it, I would want to have study up on so many t- other topics that are just not my strength. That figuring they're going to go after those some of those areas, I just don't if know. People said the same thing to me, and my luck would be. That if I got on Jeopardy, they would pick subjects that I would know nothing about. Correct. Like chemistry or, or uh, oh, the, uh, physiology. Or, I guess that would be a chance you take, though. Yeah. I think that would be a chance you take. <laughs> Three but, times on Jeopardy, I think, they did have old-time radio as a, as a topic. Mm. Unfortunately, they always, they always ran out of time before the category was completed. You know, uh... It was the uh, last category contestants we picked, of course. Mm-hmm. But, um, but it, but it is, it's, it's, it's a con- and of course, when you have the final Jeopardy, where you have to put your money down on the question, and of course, Alex Trebek was Larry King's guest once, and he said, "What annoys contestants more than anything else, it's not getting the wrong answer, but forgetting to phrase it in the form of a question, forgetting to say what is." Uh, yes. Yeah, I can I can understand that. Yeah. Yeah. So. But um, uh, let's see. I uh, we still have more of that other thing to do, Patricia. So I will send you some more of that when we when we're done here. Okay, great. Thank you. Uh, now we're up to with that volume eight that we're up to do seven last. I can't remember. Um, I think it was eight, remember? but I'll have to go look. The folders are in my. Oh, I'm sorry, because I, I don't remember. Well, it's okay. I was the recipient. I should be the one remembering. Well, no. Still there. <laughs> okay. Still there. Okay. So, anyhow, um, I thank you for that, and maybe you can encourage, because of the simplicity of this, you can encourage others to consider using Dropbox. Um, I I love Dropbox. I just love Dropbox. Also, a Dropbox is... Sorry. I was going to say, um, Harwood and I did some back-and-forth stuff by Dropbox, and I was able to send him a huge number of shows and do it in the amount of time it would take me to burn a CD, and I can send it, you get it immediately, and I'm not paying postage, which is a very nice thing because they're really expensive, <laughs> even <laughs> well, when sure. they're immediate. Yeah. Sure, so, but it, 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 it is immediate. Uh, I mean, within a few minutes, it's there. It's there. It's magic. It's there. So your, um, your job is completed. You have told people how simple it is. Yeah. And honestly, it would be so good when, um, when I can send you stuff like this. Oh, yeah. I can, By the way, Ron, before I forget, yes. uh, tonight in, in, in the countdown was, was Phoenix 1959. Yeah, I thought it was 59. I looked at it a little bit. Yeah. Um, I heard Joni James, and I always liked her. 
Yeah, she's a good singer. She's still yeah, she living. Uh, last I heard, she's still living in Chicago. Oh, really? Yeah. Nice. Yep. Interesting. He played one tonight by Earl Grant, and it wasn't the at the end of a rainbow. It wasn't was the end, one. okay. It was it was rain. It had rain in the title, but he <laughs> sounded so much like Nat King Cole. I was a, I was astounded when I when I first heard the end, how how much like Nat, Nat he sounds like Nat, and he really does. He really does yeah. sound like Nat. Yes, very much. Very good. But the okay, end, of course, well, thank was. Thank you. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, the end, of course, was very huge. Anyhow, um, yeah, well, as I say, I will. So you think we should try for nine this time then? Oh, if you can hold on just one minute because I am finally at. I'm, I'm working from two computers because one computer takes my Hotmail and the other two won't let me download. Oh, ah. So hold on. Let me see. Well, I have two computers now, oh, too, I... by the way. Good. I do. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I got two computers in this room. Patricia got two. Ron got two. Yeah, I now have At, two. Actually, I have five in this house, but, you know. Yeah, well, um, <laughs> the, 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 then my second one is not completely set up yet. By the way, tomorrow night, everybody, Joan Benny will be live with us, so you can talk to Joan tomorrow night. That will be our special guest at 1030 Eastern. And Patricia can be talking to a sound effects man. That's always been a wish of hers. To talk about radio sound effects, and so, so we'll enjoy that. We'll do that in a couple of weeks. Oh, yeah. So Patricia, oh, yeah. Patricia oh, can yeah, talk about about noise. Well, you remember the, By the, the way, that reminds me, uh, the late who, the one we lost a few months back, Bob Mott. Bob Mott's uh -huh. radio Mott, sound yeah. effects was recorded. Yeah, yes, it, it was. He wrote two it. or three of them. Yep. Mm -hmm. So we're gonna have Paul Carnegie, who was the last Cato of the Green Hornet. But also did sound effects on the Lone Ranger. And did you know he owned a radio station in Peoria, Illinois? Yeah, he did. Yep. And he now. I would love. To I would like to talk to him about that radio station. And now what he owns? This would be close to Patricia Hart. He owns a company, Patricia, that placed nurses in into job situations. They're looking for employment for homes and things like that. That's that's the company he runs now. He was a real entrepreneur, is real Very much so, really yeah. Is. What did he own? What station did he own in Peoria? He owned a, an FM radio station that played uh, oldies. Okay. It was automated. Okay. So he was great. I pre loved it. Pretty I amazing loved, guy. I'd love to talk to him about that. Hmm. Now back to Patricia. Yes. Now back to Patricia. <laughs> I was saying goodnight to Ron, and thank you for being my, um, what shall I say? <laughs> you're my you're my advertising man. I'll put you as my advertising uh, manager to encourage people to use the um, Dropbox. Well, I think it works very well, and I, I really do. And I've used it for a couple of years now. Very nearly, uh, I I started in with that very soon after I got the, this computer, and and mm -hmm. the guys had started me in on it. So I've been using it for a while now. And you like it? I like it. I'm so glad you like it because it really fits so well into my <laughs> my mess. I'm sure it does. <laughs> so what are we up to now? Are, are you are uh, you there? Can uh, you... I've got eight. So You've got eight. it's okay, number send, nine. That I'll send you nine on. when we're done here. So I want okay. you to look for that as soon as you can. Yes, I will. And I've been very good about that. Now, you didn't have the magazines in there very long, did you? Yeah, they were in there for a week or so. Oh. Sorry. I'll do better. 
You'll do fine. You'll do fine. You'll, you'll do fine. She's basically taking. She's basically taking care of me. So that that that's her full time job. Yeah, everybody. Yeah, I'm sure it is. About that too. My goodness. <laughs> I'm sure it is. Yes, um, I'm a full-time job right now, too, so <laughs> all the same to you guys. <laughs> oh, my. Oh, jeez. What a mess. What a Indeed. mess. Yeah, sometimes life messes us up. That's true. But in any event, that's what I was thanking you for before I said goodnight. I got well, you're more than welcome, of course, and uh, I'm Being glad my... Thanks. Because I feel very strongly about it, and I think it's great. Good. And I can see, Good. and I do, I do understand very much, and I, I will, I will, will uh, tell you that, yes, that would, that would help Patricia very much, if, if people would do Dropbox so that they could, sh she could send them stuff that way, then easier than CDs, so much easier. It's, a, I, I can't tell you how much easier it is would be to do it that way. Thank you. Patricia would love, so Patricia would love the family just as much if you do Dropbox, everybody. So just. So by all means, by all by all means, guys, get your Dropbox. That's so right. That's right. It's easy. <laughs> that's right. That's good. That sounds funny. That's right. But yes, that's good. <laughs> all that right. That's so good. So, okay, Ron, thank you so much for calling, right. and um, you get yourself a nice day tomorrow. Yeah. I shall. And we had uh, 67 degrees here yesterday. Oh, oh my word. And. Uh, Probably about 60 days, so it wasn't bad. For us, that's in February, that's pretty darn nice. Yeah. I guess. And it, and it was very sunny out yesterday, and we were actually out on the deck. Wow. Wow. Nice. Yeah, nice. Good nice. deal. It was nice. Good deal. Okay, well, you behave yourself. Nah, and that's my that's uh, that's that. my story, and I'm sticking to it, and I will try you. very hard. I really will. Good for you. Good <laughs> well, talking again, Ron. Thank you. Uh, good to talk to you too, Jim. All right, and we have. Take care, and I'll talk to you later. We have another Hello. caller. Hello, caller. You're on with Jim and Patricia. Hmm. I can barely hear that there is someone there. Hey, you There you go. Oh, there you are. Hello there. How you doing, Hollywood? I'm here for whatever that's worth. Well, it's worth something. It's a lot to me. I haven't been here but a few minutes. I, I gathered what was going on, but that's about all I've done. Well, we, we had we had Milt Washington's wife Arlene on. Now we got our friend Jim Taylor, from uh, formerly from Antioch. From, from uh, well, no, I guess I'm... Formerly from Pittsburgh, but over in Antioch, so that's that's what you are, Howard. You, your timing no. was perfect. Yep. Well, how did y'all love you? Um, yeah, I really appreciate what um, Patricia done with Dropbox. I just wish I knew more about what was going on, but I guess I'll get there eventually. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't matter as long as it works. Who cares how it works? I don't know a thing about engines, but when I turn on the key in my car, I'm very, very happy because it works. So, um, yeah, this is good. Well, like I said, I, I still got to learn what the heck's going on because most of what's been downloaded, Kevin did it instead of me, and I wasn't there at the time he did it, so I got to try to do more about that and just haven't gotten there, but I will. Well, as long as it works for us, 
not important, exactly. right? Exactly. Yeah, I, I didn't think so. So that's my story. And thank you for spending the time to put that together for us because now I will be able to send you more than, um, much more than what I was able to do before. So please, everybody, please, 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 at least consider it. Well, I would definitely try to do a little more to consider it. So Absolutely. I just uh, do have to learn what I'm doing. Um, and that email I sent you the other day, I didn't mean to torment you about that. I don't know what. I should have known better. Then what? The pecan I'm, I'm lost. Did I get damaged anywhere? The, the pecan log. I'm lost. The pecan log. Oh, 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 no. Um, you did not harass me. You, told me you were going to give me a report about how good it was. I didn't intend to. You won't get a report. I won't do that to you. Yes, you could. I'm a fun-loving kid, you know? Yeah, well. <laughs> doesn't count, he said. <laughs> You, you better do it, Harvey. You're gonna break her heart if you don't do it. Yeah, I don't know about that. <laughs> I, I, I'm letting everybody else in on this, I guess, would be a good thing. I wish everybody I would ask, what, do you like pecan logs? And I said, yes, but it is so far off my diet, I have to say. No. No, when anybody offers one. <laughs> he said, okay, well, I'll eat it and let you know. <laughs> <laughs> My dad used to make pecan. My dad used to make pecan pralines. Oh yeah, candy. And you remember? You remember a, a fast food chain? I don't even know if they still exist. They were kind of in the Midwest and South, and for a brief time they were nice. Remember Stuckies? Oh yeah, they're still around. Are Stuckies still around? Oh yeah. That's where I ordered my pecan logs from. Stuckies. Yeah, I they know. Pecan candy. Here. It's fun. The commercial went, pecan, uh, pecan candy is fine and dandy. I haven't heard that. They had burgers. They had uh, did, uh, peanut brittle. Um, um, there was an excellent Stuckies, and they also had the no man under the name Horns near Bloomington, Illinois that my mother and I would stop back when I would go to going back to school in the fall. And they had excellent burgers. They don't have, they don't have anyone, any of those near um, Greensboro, and I'm not even sure if they're in North Carolina, but I don't know that for a fact. Anyway, I just, they have a website, and I don't remember them advertising uh, peanut brittle on, on that anymore. Um, I just ordered the pecan logs, and that was it, because it was easier to do that than try to find one. Well, you know what your um, your assignment is, right? Yes, you do. You have to give... Uh, Jim gives book reports and book reviews. You have to give pecan oh. log reviews. Mm -hmm. um, I will keep that in mind. <laughs> I really wish you could have a sample. 
but of course at least you know what they are. Okay, I have capitulated. I would love a pecan lock. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll be just as judicious with that as I was with the um okay. with the bourbon balls. That's true. Yeah. So I'll only have a teeny piece. Teeny teeny. And then put it away and you, then have a teeny teeny and you, then put it away. You are disappointed. So you, you yeah, well, not, the bourbon balls I had nothing to do with. I hadn't heard about them. Dan from Indiana has sent bourbon balls for the last two Christmas to Patricia. She sent a box to me and a box to Patricia. There's 15 in a box. Uh, because I live in a family of four, i gotten one ball last year, one ball this year. And Patricia have eaten 30. So it's a, it's a fair trade. I get to eat two in two years <laughs> and Patricia eats 30. <laughs> What? Well, you do. Well, she was pretty judicious with the Southern Supreme Fruit Cake. That's true. Yeah. That's true. She's very disciplined. What well, she, sometimes I am. What sometimes she, I'm good. What she does, she hides it from herself. That way she disciplines it. When it's not in sight, then she doesn't know about it, I guess. Well, my only... My dear, at Christmas time... Always used to uh, he'd do fruit cakes, but he also occasionally would do divinity, which is another kind of. Oh yeah. Candy. I never had that either. Yeah, well, they know it, but I guess you don't, Jim. I can't stand fruit cake. <laughs> there's, there's only. Yeah, I notice that critic critics always criticize it at Christmas time. You hear wags talking about it, but my reaction was always, you know. It, and I know it's fine if people don't like it, but it takes a lot of work to make those things. I know. You know, you have, to, you have to dry the fruit, you know, you have to put the brandy in, and you have to keep them cold for a month, you know, a month or two, you know, once they're baked. That's um, the easy part. Now, there's two kinds that I eat. One is the Southern Supreme, which is commercially made uh, just a little south of Greensboro. And the other one my aunt made... And I think we made one one time. And I don't mm-hmm. like what it takes to make fruitcake, let me tell you. That is work. <laughs> it is. Well, we all like different people. My mom is disappointed in the, in, the, in the dessert she made for the family tonight. I was happy with it. My brother, yeah, it. My brother had the night off, so we had hash for dinner, which I love. I love, mm-hmm. uh, you know, you take a really good roast beef and you cut up, the, you fry the bacon and potatoes. And my mom made German chocolate cake tonight. Ooh, that sounds good. But the problem was she was disappointed. She used a store-bought frosting, so it wasn't as thick as the frosting she likes it to be. So I think she's threatening to go back and make it from scratch the next time, so. Okay. Well... I got one other, my one addiction yes. at Easter time. Uh-huh. Easter's coming up in a few weeks. Yep. I always loved those bunny basket eggs. They were candy egg. They're very sweet. They have the uh, hard outside, the soft inside. You always got them in Easter baskets as a child. Those I really never cared for. <laughs> Well, a lot of, they were chocolate. Right. The one I did of the of the Easter candy I was not too fond were the chick the chicken, 
and made out of marshmallow, mar yeah. marshmallow chicken. I was not too fond of those. I love you like the chocolate bunnies. I love the bunnies. I love the the yeah. eggs that you described, but I was not a fan of the marshmallow chick. That was not my cuppa, as Patricia was. What was the one Mason Adams did the commercial for? The Cadbury egg. I've had those. Those are good. They're chocolate. Yep. They're chocolate. Mm -hmm. Yep. Very good. Well, folks, my voice is beginning to. All right, Jim. <laughs> no, so. We'll, we'll talk. I've got two reading projects on the fire. I don't know if I'll have it next week or not, but I've got one. I'm reading a book. One of the books is it's called Death of a King, and it's about Martin Luther King Jr.'s last year from April 4th, 67, when he denounced the Vietnam War and alienated many of his supporters up to his assassination. And the other book is called The Publisher, well, which is a biography of Henry Luce. I reached out to one of Martin Luther King's best friends today to see if we could get him on the show. I thought I thought Patricia would love to interview Harry Belafonte. Okay. Oh yeah, so... Uh, My deal. Yeah, yeah. yeah, so I was reading his, his notes about his... And I didn't realize he bankrolled a lot of the, the marshes in in the South. I had no idea he was. Didn't know that. He was but, financially well, responsible. Well, wish you all a wonderful evening. You too, Jim. We'll talk to you next week. Thank you, Patricia. Thank you, all. Thank you, Thank you. Bye. Bye bye. That's nice that Jim feels feels up to doing book reports and can able to stay on. Oh gosh, yes. Oh gosh, yes. I am so pleased. So, Hollywood, how are you feeling? Everything else pretty stable at the moment? Yeah, about the same as usual. Of course, Saturday we had to be out doing things we didn't have time to do during the week. And um, I think I lay down about 9.30 or so. And uh -huh. I guess I got a nap, so I thought I'd see if y'all were on. And I figured I'd better call while I could. <laughs> you better do it. Now, everybody, let me give you some update schedule here. Everybody put this on the on March the 4th, that Saturday night, we're going to be late because I have family coming in from Iowa. And so, uh, they're staying with my aunt and uncle, but they have tickets to a concert. Uh, and, and you're leaving us for a concert? No, I'm not. I, we're, we're entertaining our family. We're picking them up at the airport and we'll feed them and have them here. So we're gonna, and then we'll take them to my aunt and uncle's place because they're going to be here for a week. But my aunt and uncle couldn't pick them up because they're going to a Beach Boy concert. Okay. <laughs> so, it will be a little later that night, Saturday, March the 4th. Patricia and I will be late, so I will wake her up from her nap. And, well, but what we'll hear before is Patricia in 2010, part of the McGee and Molly special that we did that day. So, you'll hear that. And then... On March the 11th, we might be a little bit late that Saturday night because we have the Spurvac event in Long Beach and they'll be going out to dinner with the cast. So we might be a few minutes late. So so just put that on your counter. Patricia will be here. She just will be a little invisible. a little delayed. That's all. I'll be invisible. <laughs> Nobody Patricia. will know. Patricia, are you let down because you aren't invited? Thank you. That's a shame. You know, somebody, somebody always comes up with the right answer. <laughs> I'm devastated is what the problem is. <laughs> he's, he's not going to be here. 
Yes, you will be. Well, you can make it up and come with someone sit with me on, on Friday night, March the 3rd, to John Rose in San Diego. Something doesn't sound right here. <laughs> you know? It really doesn't. Will you be with me uh, on Will you be with me on Friday night, March the third? No. What am I supposed to do? John and Lori are John and Lori are away in San Diego that week, so I'm all by myself for Friday night. Oh no, we can't have that. I know. So I, you don't want me to be all by myself, do you? So, so to make up for me being late on the f Saturday the 4th, can you come in and sit with me for a little while on Friday night the 3rd? No. <laughs> I'm only kidding. Of course I will. <laughs> you, you poor guy. <laughs> yes, of course I will. What are we going to play? We'll play anything you want. We have one live guest. We're talking to the we're talking to the uh, winner of the American Idol contest. Oh dear. I know, but I, we'll we'll get through that. This is Taylor Hicks, she's the big winner from 1995. Will come on for a few minutes, but besides that, we can do anything else we want. Okay. I hope you're going to interview her. I it, him, I guess. Yeah, or her. I don't oh, know. I'm sorry. I have no idea. Yes. You you can be pretty. You can be eye candy, ear candy for everybody. I can do the Q&A. <laughs> you, well, you know, that's a good thing because I never watched the show. Well, I didn't either. That doesn't that oh. doesn't prevent me from interviewing somebody, you know. Uh. <laughs> I don't know. Well, you better be, you better be careful about what you're asking. Well, I'm gonna say, tell me, I'm gonna tell me about your show and how did you and talk and talk about the process to get into the competition back in 1995. That's all I'm basically gonna ask. I think we can get a good 20 minutes out of that and send them on the way. Well, that might be safe. Yeah, that's what I'm planning to do. I'm not gonna say, can you climb a tower like Hollywood? And he'll say, <laughs> what? <laughs> I can't anymore. <laughs> But you did it one time. Oh yes. You know. Oh my gosh. You probably made a new. You probably made a newspaper with the only blind t tower climber in America. Oh, that upset the newspaper so bad. <laughs> now I tell you what happened. Uh -huh. I, I call. I got a call one day. He was with the uh, Greensboro News and Record, and he asked if if I was the one who climbed towers, and I told him, yeah. And he said, well, we want to do a story on you about that. Um, I said, no. Uh, you don't want to be in the paper? I said, no. But but it's a chance to, 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 to be in the paper. I said, no. And he finally gave up. I know he went away totally baffled about that. But... I don't know why. Well, I just don't like things like that. No, I mean, I don't know why he was baffled. There are a lot of people who don't do those kinds of things. Well, I definitely don't. And it wasn't a question that, you know, did you really do it? There are plenty of people around to tell you I did do it because I, they have watched. I know one night we were doing a tower. Uh, I don't even remember where it was here in town. But this was late in the afternoon. 
And the guy was working with me. Uh, when we left, he said, you don't know this, but that whole street, every yard was full of people watching. Of course, they had no idea that I didn't see, but it just oh, gee. That, that, you know, something like that was going on, so everybody wanted to get out and watch. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I didn't see any point in putting an article in the paper. How high with yeah. the how high with the largest the tallest tower that you ever climbed? Oh, I never went very high. I think maybe four hundred feet was all I ever did. <laughs> <laughs> well, everything is everything is comparative. When you compare to four hundred feet to two thousand, I didn't go very high. But still, four hundred yeah, feet. Yeah, but it Patricia loved to say. Yeah, but. I was talking to one of my customers that's done a lot of things for me over the years, especially when I couldn't do it anymore. But I've known, mm -hmm. uh, I've known him a long time. And they were working on Channel 20's tower south of Greensboro that previous week. And it's one of the 2,000-foot TV towers. And they had been down there over a week replacing the feed line from the transmitter all the way to the antenna. And he said it was one of the more baffling things he has done, and he still had to finish connecting the feed line to the tower. And at that point, now he's been doing this, well, I don't know, it's quite as long as I have, but I mean, he does it completely for a living big time and big towers. But what the 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 place was that he was doing, having to do a lot of serious thinking about how they were going to do it. At the top of the tower, or right below the antenna, you have to realize these are big antennas. You climb on the mm -hmm. antennas just like they were towers. But anyway, where the feed line connected to the antenna, the feed line took a 90 degree turn and went out from the tower uh, approximately 40 feet. Then it made another 90-degree turn and went up 30 feet to connect to the antenna. Now, where wow. the kicker was, was to making that turn that was out 40 feet and down 30 feet because it, uh, his guys were going to just have to hang on ropes. Below that connection was 1,900 feet of nothing. Uh, well, I'm not going to tell you what rattles my cage. No. No. I wouldn't I'm, want to I'm do not, it either. I'm not uh, big on heights. Me either. People don't realize <laughs> how big those things are. Now, I know they've gone to HDTV and UHF, so the antennas are smaller, but they are still big on broadcast antennas. But just for an example, the local Channel 2 CBS affiliate here, back when they were on VHF, uh -huh. they were the first one around Greensboro that put up a 2,000-foot tower. And they were the lowest TV frequency. They are they were between 55 and 60 megahertz. They took that whole 5 megahertz segment. Therefore, they had the biggest antenna, TV antenna that they made. 
the lower in frequency, the bigger the antenna because of the wavelength. That antenna weighed 49,000 pounds. Not the tower, just the antenna. Think about putting that on wow. And go ahead. Sorry. Isn't that a little heavy to isn't that a little heavy to carry on your back while you climb that tower? Not hardly. <laughs> you got a honking big winch truck to do it. It's, it's murder driving a truck up a tower. Yeah, I bet it is. Yes, they have really good really good traction on the wheels. Yes, sir. Uh <laughs> back in eighty nine Two 2,000 footers within sight of each other in Raleigh came down due to the result of an ice storm. One was about an hour after the other. And what had happened was they were both coated in ice from an ice storm. Well, the next morning when the sun came out, it melted all the ice off of one side. So it made it so heavy on the other side that the guys just couldn't stand it. And WRL went down first, and then uh, WTVD in Durham went down next. Well, it wasn't in Durham, but like I said, they were inside of each other, but it was a Durham uh, station. And my tower guy went out there, and the repeater cabinets were on that tower were like six feet high. He said there was not, not a single cabinet more than about six inches high on the ground. It mm. was one heck of a pile of steel. But what I'm getting around to is when they put them back, I saw some of the specs on REO's tower. And the guidelines on a tower, especially larger towers, next to the last set at the top are your biggest ones. Those guidelines on that tower were three and an eight inches in diameter. Each guy wire weighed 40,000 pounds. The lower legs of the tower were 30 feet long. They were 13 inch solid rod. It was just the, the mast on top of it is 150 feet high. It is two feet in diameter. Then the antenna mounts on that, you know, around it. it. It's just incredible to think about lifting all that stuff. But they do it all the time. Hmm. And that is crazy stuff. Just crazy oh, stuff. Is. You know, when I left before... You know, I said, I, I don't do heights very well. And you said, neither do I. And you're the one up there climbing all over the towers. People ask you the craziest things or ask me the craziest things about stuff. I know one asked me one time, how do you know when you get to the top? You're kidding. I said, well, I just do. One time I had my mind on something else, and it was 10 feet out the top before I realized it. What did you do? <laughs> Slowly, I just slowly climbed back down to the top of the tower. Oh, gosh. And it never, oh, gosh. It, it never dawned on them what they had done. 
guess they can. I guess they can. So. And uh, of course, you always get. Well, you don't know how high you are. Well, you had to get there, but technically, I guess no, you don't, or I don't. But I guarantee you one thing: you still know you're up there, no matter. And it's you know not the fall that causes a problem; it's the sudden stop. It's the stop, yes. <laughs> right. Oh, I don't have any problems. <laughs> yeah. Until yeah. Oh gee. Oh, anyway, gee. it's um, it's a dangerous thing to do, and a lot of people have been killed doing it. But um, luckily, I never had a problem. But now I can never meet all the standards. You know, government has got into regulations. Yeah. And climbers have to have so much training now and certifications. Um, it's just incredible. And I think they have to be recertified depending on the certification. Some of them once a year, some of them once every three years, um, depending who the agency is certifying them. Mm-hmm. It's, um, it's just incredible what all the changes it And I'm not big on government control of things, but some of the things that I have seen happen, it's, in this case, it's it's a lot of aggravation, it's a lot of expense, but it's probably, in the long run, a good thing. I know the schools that that climbers have to go to now, it's just one after another. most of them are $2,000 a week plus for mm. every guy. And whoever the employee is, is the one who's got to pay this. Or the employer, I'm sorry, I can't talk tonight. But the employer, I guess, is the one who's got to pay it. But I've seen some awful stupid things happen. On yeah. It's it's almost one of these things that, um, it's like blasters, I guess. There are old blasters and stupid blasters, but there's no old stupid <laughs> blasters. Right. It's kind of the same way about towers. Yeah. Oh, gee. Um, oh, gee. You said that you did look at the YouTube thing on rebuilding engine 2816. Yes. What about that? The, at least you saw... How many pieces are in? I did. I, you know, it was really interesting. Um, Harwood last week suggested I go take a look at uh, a YouTube video that is 58 minutes long, and I didn't get bored anywhere. I sat there for the full 58 minutes and said, what, it's over already? <laughs> uh, it's the refurbishment. Actually, they rebuilt it. They didn't even refurbish uh, a locomotive, a steam locomotive, and the number of the locomotive was 2816, and step by step, it took them, what, three years, did they say? Three years to do this? Something like that, yes. Yeah, and the precision that they did, I mean, you look at this huge piece of equipment, and they're down to the point where they're using, metaphorically, nail files to to get everything smooth and perfectly fit. I mean, gee whiz, I just never knew and it was 
just in a really exciting um, show of this. It, it was good. It was good. I just, I just wish they had said how much money went into that. I bet you it cost more, more to rebuild that engine than it cost when it was new. Yes, yes, and they did say that, but you're right. They didn't give us any dollar figures. I did not look at a YouTube, but I think there are pictures. You need to look up big boy engines, big boy steam engines. I think they're mm-hmm. building them in the late 30s and on into the 40s. Um, you might also try a big big boy engine specs. I didn't try that one. That may mm-hmm. more details. I know it does with guns, um, and it may with engines, but I did not try looking it up that way, although I intend to. But just the information they gave, those were some of the biggest engines ever built, um, locomotive engines. It was enormous. Oh, they were. Uh, that's Those were some of the ones that were like 136, 146 feet long. Um of course, they made tandem engines and a um, three-engine group, but the three-engine mm-hmm. didn't pan out too well. Uh, it was just so big and heavy and took so much coal and water. Yeah. Um, and the speed, they couldn't get more than about five miles an hour out of it, so it was totally impractical. And they finally wound up separating it into one and, and a twin-engine. Mm-hmm. There were a lot of twin engines around, but um, uh, I think most of the big boy engines were, well, they were, all of those were singles, but they had fireboxes big enough to walk around in, and there was no way a fireman could, could keep them going. And that's when they started putting automatic stokers on them. But even that one that um, you saw rebuild, now that was not a big boy, but... Um, it was well I know but I mean in comparison but what I'm it is even that engine um, it had to pull its own water with it because there's no watering stations anymore and they did convert it from coal to oil to Mm -hmm. a simpler but what I'm getting at is that they pulled a 2500 gallon car of water or tank of water to put into the engine, and it it would take more than half of that tank to rewater the engine in a 57 mile run. So they really took water. Yeah. But of course, back then the, rail, the railroad had watering stations every every so many miles, and coaling stations too. Mm-hmm. Now they don't have anything like that, so it was. I would have thought, though, that well, you still can't have fire hydrants everywhere either, so there's nothing much they can do except tow their own tow their own water. But anyway, you might look those big boys up. Um, it, it was amazing. It was one of the deals that they needed to haul more freight in the same amount of time. Mm-hmm. Some of the some of the trains then were had two and three engines pulling and one pushing. And I, I had no idea. I'd always been told that a train could, was not permitted 
to pull more than 100 cars. That is not true. Even today, you will find um, uh, trains that are, are pulling, um, trains that are like three and three-quarter miles long. But then mm -hmm. with those with those engines, they were pulling trains five miles long. Think about getting caught at a crossing. I mean, you could go to lunch while you're waiting for that thing to go by. Yeah, I know. I, I, I do believe, uh, forgive me if I didn't, but I, I thought um, last week, at, on, it was when I was watching, that I thought, well, this is really cool. Look at the size of this train they're pulling. And I don't want to get caught on the... You know, five mile train. You're right. You pack a picnic for something like that. Oh yes. But I was also rather amazed at that the speeds a lot of the trains were running. I know the ones with um, his name was John L. Jones, but Casey. Mm -hmm. Jones. I mean, he was he was running at times over a hundred miles an hour. And yeah, I know that's not a lot today, especially with your mag lift trains and all running 300 miles an hour, but in 1900, yeah. Yeah. and on, on the ground, um, mm -hmm. that was the fastest means of transportation anybody had ever seen at that time. But anyway, it was just, I was just- I do know that. But look the uh, big boy engines up. I think you will be, it, it will be fascinating to you just to look at those. <laughs> I trust you. Anyway, I'll let y'all. I trust you. Well, I, I'm glad to hear that. <laughs> <laughs> and you, very, and you have I'm a, very trustworthy. You have a I'm very trustworthy, and you can take my word for it. Yeah, I know. <laughs> You are a hoot. Well, thank you so much for um, promoting the, you know, the Dropbox thing, and I will be yes, so I, happy I, I, if more I'll, of I'll, our family takes up on it. It'll be great. Oh, yeah. I just got to get to know more of what I'm doing than I do, but I will get there, and I certainly uh, appreciate you thinking. I never even thought of that when I asked you to do what I did, and um, I'm glad you brought that up, and I'm glad we went that round. And I hope others will. Perfect. It'll work. It'll work. Promise. Promise. I promise it'll work. And uh, it'll be so much fun for me to be able to get people to the shows that they want and are expecting. Right. We'll do it. Oh, one other thing about Amos Nancy. Mm -hmm. Uh-huh. One of the shows you sent, um, yeah. I think it was a mayor of NBC... Um, I guess early in 1938 was doing a whatever you want to call it. He was commending them on their previous time and all this kind of thing. And at that time, they had been on for 10 years, and I think they were starting their eighth year at, with NBC, and later they went to CBS. But Nevertheless, mm -hmm. um, you know, they went on in 1926 to Sam and Henry and then started Amos and Andy in 28. So they'd been on as Amos and Andy for, um, you know, close to 10 years. And he was making the comment about that 
But as Amos and Andy, in nineteen beginning of 1938, they had done, I think, 2,600 shows. <laughs> so, and I know they were still going in 55. I'm not sure when they were totally taken off, but... They, uh, 60. They went up to 1960. Okay, I wasn't sure about yeah. that. But, um, and, and, and at the time, the guy from NBC was talking... They were doing two shows a day. They probably weren't but fifteen minute shows, but um you know, still two shows every day. And he did not mention this, but I did read that I guess in the forties and all when I think the movie um the the movie houses all over the country, when they were playing a movie and it was time for Amos and Andy, the movie was stopped and the radio was put on the sound system until it was over. When Amos and Andy was over, the movie was turned back on. Correct. Wow. Think of any any show that's that popular. It's amazing. Yeah, I thought it was. It really is. It really is to be able to sit back and say, well, we're doing something right for our (laughs) listeners. Oh, I think so. Anyway, yeah. y'all y'all have fun and get back to something constructive. All right, Harwood. Thanks for giving us a call. Thanks, Harwood, and thanks for the promo. Okay. Take care. See you later. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye-bye. So, should we call our next guest? Yeah, do that. All righty. And don't be upset if she... <laughs> what? <laughs> Jaws professional tab, Skype trade tab, online tab, Walton tab, search and very special thing. This is for me. Phone, Andre, messages, 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 Alan and Brown, Astrid, Manu, unread messages, Barbara Harmon, Barbara Harmon cell, Barbara Smith, <laughs> phone number, applications, send us, invite the group, Maybe. enter, leaving menu, <laughs> contacts, unloading job, and okay, enter. Do you think he'll hang up on us? Huh? Is, is she why going to hang up on us? Gee, I hope not. I didn't tell her you were going to call. That's good. I think so. She can hang up if she doesn't. Hello. Good morning and happy birthday. Well, thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Now, see, I knew. I said, please don't be upset if she's grouchy. (laughs) Oh, no. But Uh, this is my cell phone. Well... I I, I, I I have your cell phone, I have your home phone, I have everything in my computer. You want me call you want me hey you you want me call your you want me call your home phone? Oh no 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 no. I was just surprised that it rang at this time of night. <laughs> I'm surprised too. <laughs> how are you? Well, how are you? Happy birthday. Thank you. I have my second piece of cake. Oh, she made herself a cake today. <laughs> what? What kind? What kind? Oh, oh, chocolate, of course. Oh. And vanilla icing or frosting. 
Now, is it okay to serve it with ice cream? Well, it, it depends. You never <laughs> thought of it, did you? Mm-mm. Mm-mm. You know... But I like, I like the chocolate and the vanilla icing. My, 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 my mom, Patricia, my, my grandmother, my, my mom, mom, and my Uncle Jim's mom, you know, mm-hmm. she made a cake for her son every day. Every day? Every day. And, oh and she was not too happy what he would do, take his chocolate cake and his ice cream and mix them all together. She was not too thrilled. She figured if she was going to make him a cake, she should eat the cake <laughs> and eat the ice cream separately. But no, he would mash them all up together. So I... Well, eat each to his own. Kids <laughs> <laughs> eat their stuff. Why not? Well, you know what? Well, I guess you would call it an ice cream cake. I guess so. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> of course. <laughs> you're a great mom. Uh mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yes. We really did well, wake yes. you up, didn't we? No, no, I really wasn't asleep. Oh, I'm so glad. Because <laughs> you can do that. <laughs> well, I've gotten you up a few times. Yes, you have. So <laughs> it would be payback, then. Yeah, that would be payback. Yeah, but, but but you wake her up during the day. You know, this is... This is <laughs> <laughs> there, there go all my family secrets. That is very true. <laughs> so it's, 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 so you, you'll forgive us if we start calling you at 3 in the morning, right? If you call me in the morning? Yeah, 3 in the morning. Start calling you at 3 in the morning. Oh, why not? Why not? <laughs> <laughs> we make up our own rules. <laughs> <laughs> if, if, if you would like to call me at 3 in the morning, why not? Well, you know, I call Patricia at 6 in the morning. I've done that a few times over the years. So if I Are you I, serious? I, I, oh, of course. I, well, yeah, I hadn't gone to bed yet. <laughs> oh. oh. Well, see, by, by 3 o'clock, I might be in bed. Well, it'd be fun to find out. Th- it'd be yeah. fun to find out. It'd be fun to find out. Because Patricia warned me, she, you, you just might say the magic two words. <laughs> no, I, w- I might answer the phone by saying, this better be good. <laughs> <laughs> Hello? <laughs> yeah. Oh, there you go. Oh, How are you guys God. doing? Going good. Yeah, it was a good show tonight. Oh yeah. And we're still on the show. <laughs> we we we've been talking about the we've been talking about um Houdini's brooch tonight. It was a uh, we had a lady on the show, her husband's on the station, and they want to build a second magic castle, so they're putting up Houdini's jewelry up on the auction block. So we got a little history about. Jewelry. I mean, who else does things like that on yesterday? Wow. USA? Not anybody wow, we know. So <laughs> yeah, it really is. Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. Well, what kind of, what kind of things would go on auction? Go ahead, Patricia. In, in this particular case, it is a brooch. You know, a, a pin that can be used as a pendant as well. Mm-hmm. And Houdini got it from Tsar Nicholas. And it wound up being passed down, yeah. Um, And Mrs. Houdini gave it to Milt's mother. Do I have that right? Correct. Correct. Yes, yes. Milt's mother, 
who gave it to Milt's wife, the person we were talking with tonight, and mm-hmm. they want to build, a, Milt is a magician, and okay. they want to build another facility for magicians and people to enjoy the, the, um, the work of the magicians. And so they decided to sell it and use the money. Oh, wow. Yeah, use the money. Oh, that's got to go go for a good price. Holy mackerel! Well, Patricia, we hope so. I I asked her about uh, um, dollars. Yeah, dollars and estimates or appraisals and what they hope to get. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, they're not going to be too happy if I talk about that. So I had to skip that, and I kind of thought they would, but. But (laughs) Patricia found a Houdini poster, and you want to give. Your sister, the cost, what the poster went for on the auction block? Sure, it was, um, it was Arlene who found it, and it went for over a million dollars. Whoa! <laughs> I know, I know. I get the hives when I hear this. <laughs> I wow. just get the hives. So, anyhow, that's the whole Megillah. So whole I, wonder how, I wonder how much my poster will go for. <laughs> Well, well, I I think it, I think it, if it's with bubbles and autographed by you, it could go for a few dollars. <laughs> Dan might bid on. Dan might bid on it. The bubble poster. <laughs> That's true. Yes, I I understand. He dubbed me bubbles. Yes, yes, you are well, bubbles. You know that and you love it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes, actually, I do. <laughs> See, I love it. I love it. I love it. So, mm-hmm. so that is, uh, maybe you ought to go ahead and file, change your first name from bu- Barbara to Bubbles. What do you think? That way you can have your driver's license well, say Bubbles. At least my middle name. Barbara Bubbles. Barbara Bubbles. Bubbles. Barbara Bubbles. <laughs> Tiny Bubbles. <laughs> Tiny That's right. Bubbles. Tiny Bubbles. So. Well, now, anyway, now, we... Hmm? Go ahead. I was going to say, we didn't mean to interrupt you or wake you. We just wanted to say happy birthday. Well, I appreciate that so much. <laughs> I really do. Well, that I'm was so glad. nice. Yeah, it was. <laughs> we, we did such a nice I, thing. <laughs> you know, I just put the dog to bed, too. So it was perfect timing. Oh, good. Did you look oh, at, <laughs> Patricia, did you look at who Health was born on Barbara's? February nineteenth. Did you? Did she share? No, I didn't. What a great idea! Oh, let me go oh, see. That? Yeah, I'm gonna go. I think I got some notes, so I'm gonna go look at my notes. Wow. So you two just chat for one second, and maybe I can get a couple birthdays. So you can look up too. So hold on. Uh, Walden is looking up. Uh, oh. Who else was born on your day? Uh huh. I know. Um, there's an actress, Justine Bateman. Uh, we share the same birthday. Is she an old actress or a new actress? Do you remember? Um, no. <laughs> family ties. <laughs> family ties. Family yes, ties. I do. Yes, I do. Yes, I do. Okay, she was um, the sister, Alex's sister. Mm-hmm. That was Justine okay. Bateman. Okay. <laughs> and <laughs> believe it or not. Believe it or not, I can't remember where I was. I must have been going to see uh, Doug in California. And um, I was on a, a, a flight, and this woman 
came from the front through economy uh, to the back galley. And I thought, oh, my goodness, she looks just like Justine Bateman. And she came back, and I said, excuse me. I said, are you Justine Bateman? And she says, yep. <laughs> and I said, oh. And she smiled, and she just went her merry way. But she, And she had just con- uh, finished um, making a movie in Colorado. Mm-hmm. How, she, how she got on my plane, I'll never know. Well, I think but, it was probably uh, her plane, too. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know. But... <laughs> you have to share. When you grow up, you have to learn how to share. Oh, okay. But the only person, I, I, I saw a person I know the day before you is Jimmy Durante. So maybe Patricia finds oh. a better list. But Jimmy Durante and Barbara, it's not a bad combination. <laughs> you both have big noses. <laughs> <laughs> no, not really. Not really. Bubble, bubble, I think. Bubble, <laughs> bubble has a normal nose. That's okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, no, no. I never, and people say I have a nice nose, and I never like my nose, but that's beside the point. <laughs> I'm just happy to still be around. <laughs> <laughs> Something take on less importance with things. <laughs> yes, I agree. I agree. That's right. Yes. Well, I thank you both for calling All me right. so very much. And I will let you go. And um, you have a wonderful rest of the evening or night. Or whatever. <laughs> yeah, whatever. Okay. All right. Okay. All right, you take care. You too, Bob. Thank you. Bye. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. Okay. We're, we're accustomed to talking with each other. Uh-huh. And when she started to say goodbye, I was going to press the goodbye button. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to hang up and say, have a good night. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. We're, we are creatures of habit, aren't we? Oh, uh, yeah. We oh, are, my goodness. We are live at someone four five four five. 2071. You know, Betty calls in a minute or two. My, we just might play a radio show. And that way, give Patricia time to gather her, her questions for me, or whatever she wants to do. Oh, I've got some good questions oh. for you tonight. So, mm-hmm. so, just, so, just be aware. So, you can call at 714-545-2071. Joan Benny's our special guest tomorrow night. And if you love the TV show MASH, I will be talking to Loretta Swift. Tuesday off air, she was the nurse on the TV show MASH. And she was great. So What a fun thing to be able to do. Well, if you don't have anything else to do, you can join me. And which day is this? Tuesday at 6 o'clock your time. This coming Tuesday? Yeah. This Tuesday when I... I can tell you with confidence I don't have anything scheduled. Whoops, wait, let me check. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, then, this two-computer stuff is, is not a good thing. It's, a, a, good it's thing. a good thing. We just need to know where your calendar is at. That's all. I know. Now let me check the other one because, you know, somebody calls and I write it into one calendar and I don't transfer it over to the other and I've got my little computer sitting behind me so I can do that. So hold on. You keep talking and I'll keep looking. All righty. So I'm talking to Loretta Swift on 
Tuesday at 3 o'clock, Pacific, 6 o'clock Eastern. So, if Patricia is free, I would love to have her, because, you know, she's more of a TV person than I am, you know. But anyway, stuff like that there. Loretta just... Okay, you, you mean like um, Tuesday the 21st? Tuesday the 21st. Yeah. 6 o'clock Eastern. Both, both of those boxes are empty. <laughs> on each computer, the boxes are empty. <laughs> All right, put that on your calendar. So put that in. Yeah. So. And we can say, hi, your hot lips. Here you go. Yeah. There you go. She just yeah. got, she's just a receiver of a, the Betty White Award. So her people asked me to have. Yeah. Oh, my uh, goodness. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. So that's why, really act, like, that's why they asked. That's why they asked her to be on the show. So I figured. And she's doing a new stage show. And so, but I figure most people know it from MASH, and so, mm-hmm. so, so it'd be nice to have you with yep. me. Yeah, she was, she was good. That would be fun. Thank yeah. you. Oh. Um, what time are you, are you connecting? I'll, I'll contact you 5.45 Eastern time. Okay, so, all right. Okay. <laughs> I like to call you at least 15 minutes or so before we do a pre-recorded thing. Yeah, yeah. That way you, so that way you can say, boo-hoo, you know. <laughs> <laughs> All right, hello there, you're on Patricia. Hello there, check the box. What box is that? Oh, man. That, oh, that other box. Put me in there. You know, she got more boxes than any, than, than, than the post office. I know. She really does, Ron, you know. I know that, I know. You know, she is, she is, uh, let's see. Postal Express Junior over there in terms of her boxes. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Okay, take it out, take it out. There it is. I'm taking it out. No, I'm, I'm going to connect with the other computer so that everything is in the right place. So give me 10 minutes. 10 minutes, yeah, Ron. 15, 15 minutes? 15 minutes, Ron. While we're playing the film again, I always show you can pu- you, you still take it out, then. Yeah, and then if, if, if I don't put another one tonight, what do you mean? You, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Wait, you're going to go to bed on us while Patricia and I are awake? I, am, I think I am. Now, that, that's, that's not fair. That's I'm not working so hard. That's not fair. I mean, Patricia is up later than you are. Can't you at least stay up with her? No. He's on the wrong time zone. No, he won't. I know he won't. <laughs> I just know he won't. I mean, you know, Patricia yeah. stays up to... Four and five and six in the morning for the show. I mean, people ought to at least consider doing that for her. And do you know? Yes. <laughs> this week, I have had an awful time with sleep stuff. Yes. And that is my ergo. <laughs> I went to sleep one night, and I guess it was the night before last, mm-hmm. at nine o'clock in the morning. I did. I've, I I went to bed. At, I I went to bed at ten this morning. I mean uh, this week. So I I know it, I, I've been having an interesting sweeping because I've been working a lot of hours in a row. Yeah, it it is not nice. I do that. I can't. Not nice. And there I sat. You know, I didn't, okay. I'll read Eleanor. <laughs> I'm reading a book on manners and etiquette by Eleanor Roosevelt. Oh my. And um. I'm getting interested in the social and cultural times 
when she was writing this and, and pulling on her background as opposed to looking forward most of the time. And because she mentioned JFK in it, I know it was at least in the latter part of um, 1960s. Mm -hmm. Yeah, oh, no, 70s. <laughs> she, Walden, help me. You're my math genius. 60, 60, no. yeah. She died around 60, 61, so yeah, I've been about that time. Could have been late 50s. Yeah? Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, okay, well, yeah, that's that's good. I can I can deal with that. Yeah. Um, I think. <laughs> 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 I'm not doing very well this week, contending with things. I'm not having disasters. I just look down and say, now, how did you do that? One of those days. Yeah, you know? but, you know, that's so much fun. Well, <laughs> I got to tell you. You don't think it is? <laughs> it really was. I mean, there's, there's no big deal about spilling a, bot of, a bottle of water yes. in your bed. <laughs> <laughs> I knocked it off the table, and it didn't have a cap on it. And then um, I said, okay, I can deal with this. So I went to the kitchen. And I'm, I'm working with little platforms here, and I got my coffee cup on that. And I got, so I poured my coffee, got my coffee, did everything, and I filled up the bottle again and closed it and put it down and the cap wasn't closed tightly. So in addition to knocking a bottle of water off the table onto my little night-night bed, um, I also had three-quarters of a bottle of water that leaked all over the place. I mean, it's funny when you think about it. One is, uh, but when you do two in a row, that's really... That's good. But they, well, at least it's water, and there's not... You know, I know, but, I know. It's but not, it's not what I did. You didn't do what I did the other day. Uh-oh, what did he do? Well, I had a glass of tea sitting here, and this is... this. It's got lemon and sugar in it, and lots of sugar. Oh, boy. So, oh, uh, boy. Nice and sticky, right? And well, that's one way to, to track the dog. You know where to find it. Once it sticks steps on it, it won't be able to move. Yeah. What I did was, I had it sitting here on my desk next to the computer. And normally I have I have a little place on my desk where I put it, where I don't, uh, where it's not easy for me to knock it over. I do it on purpose, right? Mm -hmm. So I put it up there and had it fine. It was just fine. I'd gotten this new computer for Christmas, the laptop, and I went to put the laptop on top of the printer so that I could hook it up, swung it around there to put it on top of the printer, hit the glass. Over it went. Oh, gee. I oh, no. Horrendous, uh, made a horrendous mess. Anything with sugar in it will do that. Oh. Oh. Okay, so my question is, who cleaned it up, you or Jackie? It was a community project. She helped me. Oh, she loves you then. She does. She 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 didn't say. She did she she didn't say, Ron, you're responsible for picking up after yourself. I'll talk to you an hour. What made what made this worse was yeah, we were just getting ready to go. This was Christmas Eve, right? Uh huh. And we we're just getting ready to go over to my son's house. We we're gonna pick it up. We we're just getting ready to go over there, and it couldn't happen the worst time. We we're trying to get ready. Here and and so we have to get the majority of the stuff wiped up if we can. We, we did it. We made it okay, but it was just not the time you wanted it. And you don't want anything like that to happen, period. You really don't want to have it happen then because you're in a hurry to do something else. So it was it was a disaster. But 
we got it all wiped up and cleaned up. I think I think that's a great topic. I think that's a great topic for a future Saturday night show. What house disasters we've been known to cause in our in our house? <laughs> we'll never get off the phone. Um, How many can I talk about? Oh dear. I've been more careful since. I've been more careful since then. I really have. Cause I don't want to do that again. Can I? Can I tell you one one of mine? Just for fun. Sure. I did chin-ups on the clothes of of the rack, the, the towel rack in the bathroom. So you know what happened. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Not a good thing. How much of the wall came down with it? Well, en- <laughs> <laughs> enough that we saw the plaster separate. You know, and so uh, Dad had to replaster the the wall. You know, with the rack mm-hmm. goes. So, you know, that that's one of my marvelous things. Or the time and, I took. And the, how Dad had to put a new window in. Oh. I'm, I'm sure that I'm sure that 
he did that. I did not do that. You would just... I was just out there as a witness. Uh-huh. Sure. So, I mean, I was little. So, so you ran in and said, Mama, guess what Daddy did? No. Oh. <laughs> he may have given me one of the looks and said, don't tell your mother. <laughs> <laughs> Those kinds of always came with a look. Don't tell your mother. <laughs> did did you did you did you dad have a good look about that, huh? Hmm. Hmm. Yes. Yes. Well, you know, it yeah. was like, yeah. you're you're really in trouble if your mom finds out. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh. Oh gosh. All right, so, Ron. Yes, what? And uh, yeah. the the doohickey is downloading, Ron. I should have mentioned that to you. So so Ron. So it's what? What? Downloaded. All right, Ron. Give me the worst disasters you ever created. Well, I can't really think of anything that I, uh, except for killing stuff. Should we talk to Jackie? Maybe she could help? No. Okay. <laughs> no, we don't want to go there yet. Okay. <laughs> we can go there yet. All right. Yeah. Now I will have to empty it out of your... So, so you, never, you never had chemistry set and blew up the basement or anything? Oh, no, I never did that. Okay, now... Uh, if you let me hang in here with you until you get it out of there, then I'll put another one in. Okay. All right, hold on. Don't call away. Put another one in. This is yesterday, USA. Uh, and anyway, so Patricia will be with me on Tuesday. We'll record uh, Loretta Swift, and we'll play we'll play that on the on the Saturday show on the twenty eighth. Uh, no, no, whatever. The twenty seventh, everybody. Right, that could be what's a Tuesday the 26th. And anyway, Taylor Hicks will be with Patricia and I Friday night the 3rd. Saturday night the 4th will be a little late because we're entertaining my cousin that came over for Iowa. They're going to be here for a whole week. So Sunday night, March the 5th, John and Roy are going to host the show all by themselves. I know, Bye. we're going to have to pray about this, see if they can pull this off. But I have faith the boy can do this. Uh, we'll get Michael Beal the night off because I won't be on that <laughs> night. So. <laughs> I won't be here so he can have the night off. <laughs> okay. And then looking at the calendar, oh, we'll interview Paul Conkey on Friday, March the 3rd. That's the uh, sound effect man that we talked about, that uh, Ron talked to about his radio station. And yep. then on March 11th, we'll be broadcasting live, live in the Long Beach Veterans Hospital. Um, so, we'll be doing It's a Wonderful Life. We'll be broadcasting live from Reps, April 21, 22, 23. Friday night, April 28, Donnie Pickford will be back to talk about the Love and Amner Festival. And we're going to try something different this summer. We're going to, he's going to put together a bunch of the Popeye experts, the people who drew Popeye and, and part of the Popeye fan club. We're going to have a night on Popeye. So, that, that will be fun. So I think Patricia Popeye. 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 Oh, Popeye. That's fun. That's good. All right, it's, everything should be in good shape, Ron. Ron and I use Dropbox just in case somebody out there needs a little encouragement. Encouragement, yes. Yes, we do. This is a Patricia endorsed product, everybody. You know. <laughs> yes, it is. Yeah. 
And I hope everybody enjoyed last night's guest when we had Tinkerbell on the show. And she's 88. She was Tinkerbell in the movies of Peter Pan. They drew her image for six months. Disney did. And she was a delight. Wilson Reynolds still works today. Has a book signing the coming week. Tinkerbelltalks.com is where her book is at. She and was fascinating. Wasn't she fun? She was a riot. Yeah, she really was. She really was. Very good. Margaret Carey's her name. Good. She went by three, several names, so trying to find her credits is interesting because she went by a bunch of different combinations of names. But he could recite the Mr. District Attorney slogan, you know, oath at the beginning of the radio show. She could uh, just reminisce about all the radio people she knew and just a bunch of great stuff. So we try to keep people on their toes around here. And here comes Ryan Chen. Yes. After all, if Patricia's going to spill water on her bed, she's had no place to sleep. <laughs> I have my boots on. I really nice boots on. So have you, my biggest question is, my dear, have you put your hand underneath, underneath the, uh, you know, make sure everything's dry? Can you sleep, or are you going to sleep in a wet bed? It's much larger than where I dumped this puddle, so I'm okay on that. Okay. But yeah, it feels like it's dry. Because I did so many smart things and I wiped it up right away and slept it up and then put a big bath towel there and sat on the bath towel and that kind of stuff. Ah. Well, I have I have known to take put put bath towel in the bed with me and put it on the point there just to keep it dry while I'm sleeping, you know. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think Ron ever had this experience in life to sleep when you went to wet bed. Have you, Ron? Uh, no. You are just deprived. What can I say? No, you know, it's just, I lead a, I lead a dull life. You, 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 you do. You do. Da, 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 da. Yep, here comes here comes Ryan Ten. Here comes what? Number ten. Ryan Ten, number ten's coming. Oh, okay. Because I did good and I cleaned everything out just like I was supposed you, to. You, you, you done? You done good. Yeah. You done good. That's done. my line. I done good. Are you gonna give her gold stars, Ron? You done what? Will she get some gold yes, stars? Oh, she will. Yeah. Really? Oh yeah. Oh yay. When you, oh, were, yeah. when you were the teacher, Patricia, <laughs> did you ever put little things on, on your student paper? Put little things. Like, you know, little gold stars or little doodads. <laughs> you didn't. I taught adults. I don't I care. Once in a while I did screwy stuff like that. You're right. I think, I think adults would appreciate yeah. little doodads on uh-huh. their paperwork. Yeah, what, what they appreciated more in the business courses that I took, that uh-huh. I taught, was that um, for really good solutions to the problems that I gave them, I would give out lottery tickets. So what? how would you have felt if somebody hit the big one? Hit the big one? Yeah. Oh, um, that was okay. One of them hit $75 one time. That was pretty good. Did, did he share? Yeah. Did he share? You know, it was it was a woman, and uh, she came in with um, a big 
you know, it was a supermarket creation, but it had cheese and fruit and all sorts uh-huh. of things on the stage. Yeah. And that's what she did. She shared she with sh- everybody. She shared, yeah. 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 Isn't that cool? Very nice. So, so anyway, yeah, I, I did squirrely stuff like that. But, you know, there, there's, how, how much patience can you expect people to have when they look at this and say, my boss is sending me to a business communication seminar? <laughs> how excited would you get? Uh, well, it depends how much you're paying me, I guess. Well, they, they got paid their regular salaries for coming, you know, because it was a work day. Yeah, well. But that was it. Um, you know, walking, uh, I would do it under protest and not like writing. You know? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I can, so I used to, you know, and, and, and make everybody, introduce, I'd say I'd make everybody, I'd go around and I'd say hello to everybody and they gave their names and, um, you know, it just really started out on a positive note and we just kept going. And by the end of well, the that day. That would be the way to go. That's good. Yeah. That would be right. So, so, did, so did you enjoy teaching? Loved it. Uh-huh. Loved it. And I've considered going back. Yeah, I know. I remember we talked about that 10 years ago. Yeah. I bet you'd be a good teacher. <laughs> I think you could. 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 You know, I, I know. Can teach you? Yes, I've known Patricia for 12 years. Wow. <laughs> what? What? It's amazing. We've known each other for 12 years, Patricia. And never met. Yes, we have. Yes, we have. Yes, we have a couple of times. Really? Uh huh. Two times. Yep. Yeah. I I met her in Florida, and she met me in L.A. Oh, mm-hmm. okay. Yeah. You know, Isn't that cool? awesome. So I, I can vouch. My my mom and dad can vouch. There is really a Patricia out there. It's not just the voice that's sitting on everybody's computer. Well, now we we know that she's real now. Come on, Wally. Well, some people wonder, you know, because. Well, I don't. Well, okay, but you know. Pe- I got pe- proof. People got mail. Yeah. Well, she. I got mail. Yeah. I mean, some people. Uh, some people want her autograph photograph, and we, <laughs> so when they don't get it, they're, they're wondering, is there really a Patricia? That's all. No, there isn't. I am a figment of everyone's <laughs> imagination. Oh, it's a nice figment. I'm a fig, yes. A nice, a nice fig. She, a nice fig. She, we, we, I can vouch that there is one because she, uh, Bubble has a sister, and so that's how we can verify Bubble has <laughs> <laughs> I'll mention right. tomorrow. And it's right. Bubble's birthday today, on Sunday. Bubble booth, yeah. I mm-hmm. I've done about enough damage for the night. You did fun. And I'm, down, I'm downloading the volume 10. So put number 11 in, Ron. You're getting it now, put number 11 in. Yep. Okay. We, we got we to sit them going here, guys. Yeah, see, this is Dropbox. He sends me a bunch of shows, and he just throws you it know, in the it's, it's, it's amazing. You two are 1,500 miles away from each other, and you can just do this in a matter of seconds. It's, ama- it's magic. It's magic. It's ma- it really is magic. And Walden, you and I are 3,000 miles away, and we can do this. I don't know. It's pretty amazing. It's remarkable. Yeah. It's despicable. 
Yes. No, it's, it is. It's remarkable. You know, she almost sounded like uh, Sylvester the Putty Cow when you did that. Yes. <laughs> yes. That's very good, Patricia. Duck used to do that too. That's true. Yes. <laughs> yes, they did. Very good. Oh my goodness! Look at the level we're working with tonight. This. <laughs> Duffy Duck and Bugs Bunny. And Bubbles. And yeah. Houdini. Buster Pussycat. Very good. Mm-hmm. There you go. It, it's, I know universities are, uh, the, the studios are listening to us because we get emails during the week sometimes. So Paramount Studios, you're looking for somebody to do cartoon voices, will negotiate a really good deal. You know, uh, he can do so many different voices of animals. I can vouch for that. So if you're looking for somebody to do, you know, alligators and pretty cats. And alligators I can do. Pretty cats. Pretty cats I can do. And horses. No, you do a great horse. <laughs> do your galloping horse. I think that is so good. That is, that is, a, that is the best horsey I have ever heard. Thank you, my dear. Old time radio, they tried really hard, but just didn't make it, you know, with the coconuts on the sand. Uh-huh. Well, that make out my list. Yeah, I'll make out my list for our sound effects, ma'am. Yeah, Paul, Paul, I know that's been a wish of yours, so I figure we might as well talk to Paul. He's a super nice guy, and you'll love his voice, Patricia. He's got one of those really... Yeah, he's got a mellow voice. He really does. He's got one of those voices that... He got one of those voices that Bill Bragg wish he had. Oh, yummy. Oh, yummy. I heard him first in 1971. Mm-hmm. When he had the radio, that radio station, and um, uh, I, I heard his voice on there, and, and uh, I thought this was just great. It was a station where it, uh, their programming was on automation, automated uh, rock music, uh-huh. and it was very, very well done. Came out of a company out there in LA. Uh, it came from they did it. They were using Greg Schnell, uh, some of Greg Schnell's automation, and it was just great stuff. I loved it. I listened to that at a radio station a lot that summer, and uh, and I'd love to talk to him about that. I really would. Gosh, that'd be fun. Well, maybe we can pull something together, you know? You know, I'd like that. Yeah, I wish you would. I, I'd maybe, we'll try. We'll try to do something. Maybe, maybe we'll we'll get the the sound effect done, and then we'll do a little call with you. So we'll we'll, we'll put something together. Uh, that would be cool. That really would. That would be neat because I'd like to let them know that somebody appreciated it. Sure, sure. Um, but he's amazing. He was Cato. He was the last Cato on radio. Yeah. But he, but his bulk of the time was doing sound effects on the Lone Rangers and shows with WXYZ, and he can explain in great details all the sound effects and everything to Patricia. And that's what Patricia wants to know. Yeah. Uh, still see like yeah. all the inside secrets. Uh huh. Very good. I I still mm-hmm. see so yeah. Are you are you downloading it? Uh, I just have to wipe this out. Yes. Um, nope, pop back. Hold on, hold on. Gotta take it out, gotta take it out. I'm working on two computers here, which is a very bad thing to do. It's a bad thing. Just don't get a mess mixed up. Because an unexpected error occurred. Oh, you know... 
It's okay. It'll be out in a minute. <laughs> Have no fear. Have no fear. Anyway, yeah, we reached out to Harry Belafonte today, so I'm hoping we can pull that off, because I would always have liked his music from the 50s, so it'd be... I like his music, but I don't like his political. But it's just, it's just amazing of the music he put together over the years, and... He was a talented musician. Yeah. And so I, when, because I, when I see him speak at, on 60 Minutes, his voice was really rough, so I, I was really surprised he's still doing... Speaking, so um, so we'll see what we can accomplish with that. We're we're out we're out. Well, we have found a list of over 300 people that worked in the movies, 20s, 30s, and 40s, and there are still 11 people who were in silent movies. That's incredible. That's incredible to think about. And considering silent movies went away in 1929. And we still have 11 of them. That's still pretty good. So, anyway, we're walking through that list. All right, I, ha I have a question for both of you. Yes. Who are old-time everything aficionados. Yes. <laughs> 19 1929 was the first Academy Award ceremony. Uh-huh. 1929. Who was the winner of the 19? Who went home? Well, I think, I think the, the movie, the first one was Wings. And, oh gosh, I know the person thinks because she was a good friend with Mary Martin and got in a cab, a cab accident. And she was in the movie 7-7 seven, seven with it's Janet Gator. See, if I kept talking about it out loud. Wow, you are hot. So. You know, I looked at that today. I came across it. I don't know what I was looking mm -hmm. for and, and said something about the... The Oscars. And I said, I don't know anything about the beginning. So I went out and looked, and there was Janet Gaynor's name. I said, I can't be right. So I went out looking for her, and by golly, there it was. There she was. Yep. Who am I listening to? You're talking, it's Jackie, or Jackie or in the background or something in oh, line. Okay. I play with my computer. Yep. Uh huh. Uh huh. Yes, it's out. It's out. Here's yep. another one. It's out. And then I'm going to go to bed. Oh, now, Ron. Okay. It's only... Because we are, too. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're not. <laughs> what we're going to do after we let Ron go, we're going to go take a break. We're going to play a film again Molly show, because we haven't done that in a while. That way, I can go this see... This I can go see Dohemo Chocolate... I'm only kidding. I'm, I'm kidding. That way, I can go see Dohemo Chocolate Cake in the house. Wouldn't you look, mm. wouldn't you look, Patricia, to hear more chocolate cake in the house? Mm, okay. Oh. I'll, I'll share with you. I'm not going lie. I'll share with you. Here it comes. Here it is. You know how much I love you. I would share my cake with you. <laughs> I know you would. I would. You are so good. You know? I, if you want all the frosting, give me the leftovers, that's okay. Oh, I wouldn't do that. Oh, okay. You, we, would, we would share it, huh? Oh, yes. Okay. Okay. Downloading now, sir, out in Illinois? Yes. I'm, I'm uploading as we speak. What goes up must come down. It's going to go up, and now, then it's going to come down. 
and it's going to take a few minutes to go up. So. Oh, I have a trivia question for the panel. Yeah. What? Um, last week, we, I was hearing a little bit of an audition of a kids' show, and they played part of the first Superman show. And it, the announcement says, Superman, he bound one-eighth of a mile. Mm-hmm. So that got me in my head. How, how high is one-eighth of a mile? So for my two mathematicians, you want to guess how high can Superman, Superman bout, do a bounce? Oh, my gosh. Oh, for one eighth of a mile? Yep. Yeah, I can do that. Okay. Sure. Um, Probably about 800 feet. Mm, 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 mm. It is precisely 660 feet. Yeah, I'm close. Well, I think both of you, if I, maybe I'm doing the math wrong. I thought a mile. I thought, yeah, I thought, right. I thought a mile. 5,280 divided by 8. Yep. Because it's one-eighth of that, okay. and it comes out to 660. Very good, Patricia. You're right. I, I made my, I made a boo-boo. So you're right, see? Oh, no. You're right. Oh, no. Morgan, never. <laughs> never, I never, forgot. Never. I forgot. I, I forgot. I thought it was 2,180, but no, you, I was thinking of, guess, of wow. yards. Come on. I know. I'm getting old. <laughs> Anyway, 5,100. Very good, Patricia. I'm glad you got the right math out. Yeah, and then mm-hmm. 660 feet is approximately 58 to 60 stories. Yeah. That's a lot of hop. So Superman had some bounce in those weight, didn't he? A big That's a lot of hop. You bet. Yep. And he, wears, and he wears funny boots, too, and he can still yep. do it. Well. Yep. <laughs> Do you think he he think he's good he think he's good at the car hops when he does the hop? Oh, I, don't know. <laughs> I don't know. So this will finish downloading in about three minutes. And maybe a lot of people are listening. He has sent me three big zip files. And that's how fast it was. See everybody, he wants Yeah, mine's up to date. You want Send him more, send him more, Ron. <laughs> How many okay. you have? Don't you have Good. 15 total? We have 18 total. Okay. Oh, my goodness. Okay. Okay. Well, number one is coming down. That's okay. Number one. <laughs> Sorry. Number 11. <laughs> well, it has a one in it. Now, see, Ron, if you stay up, the rest, of, stay up the rest of the night, Patricia will have them all. No, 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 no. No, we have to give a couple of more minutes to see if anyone wants to call in. Well, I thought... Okay. You want to take a couple more calls, or do you want to do a Fibber show first? Then we can take calls. Yeah, whatever. Up to you. (laughs) Okay, you can put the Fibber on, and um, then we can be back. Yeah, we can do that. Okay. That way, Ron can stay up during the Fibber show and get all this done. All this done. We can't because I'm not going to be at the computer to download them until our break is over. Well, but they'll so be we'll on. Stop your... at eleven for now. Or should we keep? Uh, should we keep them on and that way he can get, get number twelve, thirteen, fourteen, no. fifteen, no. sixteen, seventeen, eighteen done. 
Only seven to go. No, I do not think so. And I'm up to um, 223 minutes, so I'm not going to have a heck of a lot more time here. I know. Uh, before <laughs> before Skype says go to your room. And uh, so I am going to say thank you, Ron. Um, you can stop at 11 and pick up any time tomorrow that you would like. Gee, uh-huh. Ron. Well, party pooper, yeah. I thought you should... I know it, I know it. I, don't, I understand, I don't blame her. Yeah, well, what can I... We still love you, so that's okay, you know, as long as you show up every once in a while, that's fine. Oh, yeah, you know. You know, people... Oh, um, yeah, go ahead, Patricia. So... See, I'm having an awful time here because I've got the two computers. Yes. And I'm holding on to my mouse, and I'm wondering why it's not working on this computer. It's because it's plugged into that computer. <laughs> oh, my. <laughs> we are having... Um, a really squirrely day today. We're doing fine. You just done a wonderful yeah. interview. You wished your sister a happy birthday. We had a book report. Uh-huh. And... Stuff like that there. A saga about water in my apartment. Ah, uh, who else would, who else would almost flood the state of Florida? But she survived. Isn't that, isn't that called being melodramatic? You didn't flood the state of Florida, did you? What's going to happen to them? What's going to happen to them? What's that, Ron? What's going to happen to them? These are going to go up. Mm-hmm. And when 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 she gets those down, that'll start coming in. That's true. And so it'll be fine. So what you want to do, uh, love, is you want to take this out when you when you get down there, uh, I mean, later tonight. Yeah. And when I get up in the morning, uh, I'll, I'll put volume... 13 in. When you get up, I want you to look look and see if it's there, because it should be. Yes, sir. <laughs> Is there anything else? Right. No, sir? That's, it. that's it. That's it. Thank you, sir. That's sure, it. I'll do that. And then, and then as soon as, as I'm here at the computer, when I see that, when I see that come out, I'll dump another one in. I'm doing a, a repeat on the download on 11 because only one show is in it, and there should be at least four. Oh, you didn't you you, you waited you didn't wait long enough. I didn't do anything. The folder showed up, and uh, it said downloaded. So what happens? No, what happens is that the folder will materialize, and then it'll fill. The folder comes first. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I I know that, and um, it just stopped. So. I'm doing 11 again, and then I will delete that, and then I will do 12, and then tomorrow I will check this very, very quickly and let you know. <laughs> yes, I've got all of my instructions. Mm-hmm. You're, you're doing very well, young lady. Oh, thank you, sir. Thank you. Doing very, very well. Next week, Patricia going to work on computer programming, so she can <laughs> drop out that and What? <laughs> <laughs> I just... Between the we and the she. When Logan says we, yeah. I know I'm in trouble. Well, when he says right. she, I know there's something I didn't expect coming. <laughs> uh-uh. I do it with tender loving care, don't I? Yes, you do. Uh, yes, you do. And so, do I get away with murder sometimes? Maybe a little mayhem, but <laughs> you wouldn't hurt anybody. <laughs> Not deliberately. You wouldn't do that. No. Um, oh, well. And I do, yeah. Okay. Go to bed, Ron. Bye, Ron. I've got my instructions.
You're, you'll do just fine. I, I believe in her. Yeah. I, really? Yeah. Yep, I do too. Yeah. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Bye, Ron. Bye. Bye-bye. Thanks, Ron. All right, family. I'm I'm hungry. I'm hungry. I'm going to go look for a piece of cake. I'm hungry. Or if, and for the first, if there's no for cake, the first I'm going to... who knows who said, I'm hungry. Huh? In which show? Who was the character? In which show? And you sign up for Dropbox. I will give you anything you want. Woohoo! How could you go wrong with that? Anything you want, long she has it. <laughs> and most of the time, if somebody asks for things I've never even heard of or don't have, I'll go out and I'm pretty good at finding. I don't think I've lost out on too many. No, you've done well. Definitely Chad and Dan and everybody else ask for interesting items. Oh, my goodness. Chad, you're a wonder. <laughs> He might w he might w boy wonder Chad. You never know. Yes, right. Or or boy wonder. I'm wondering. <laughs> he comes up with the most obscure stuff. That is true. So, okay, so we have to sign off because I really am creeping up on my minutes. Yeah, I know. So I, I'm going to play a Fermi and Molly show for the next half hour, and then Patricia and I'll be back, and we'll take. We will be back. Take I'm another call. All right, I am too. All right, Peter. Talk to you a bit. We'll be back later. Don't Bye. go away. Bye. Soundforge Pro 11.0 Alt Tab. Jaws Professional. Windows M. M. Windows M. Desktop M. Microsoft M. My Conference M. My Document Enter. Document Chris F. Fibber McGee Enter. 1942 1941-1943-9-Fibber-McG-49-0-9-1315-Fibber-McG-49-09-20-5091-Fibber-1-2-0-5-1-0-5-1-0-5-1-0-5-1-0-5-1-0-5-1-0-5-1-0-5-1-0
to take one minute right now to answer a simple question. Just what does Johnson's Wax do for your floors? And why does this real wax save you so much work? Well, the answer is simple. When you apply Johnson's Wax to your floors, you are in reality giving them a tough, transparent shield of wax protection which shuts out dirt and germs. Thereafter, scuffing shoes cannot ruin the floor. A tough wax film guards the surface from wear. Keeps your floors beautiful as new with a rich, mellow luster. A single application will greatly improve the looks of the wood floors in your home. You never have to scrub a Johnson waxed floor because stains and soil spots can be easily wiped off the satiny wax polish. Wax your windowsills, too, your radio, picture frames, kitchen cabinets, and a hundred other articles in your home. And then everything will take on new beauty, and your cleaning work will be cut in half. Remember, genuine Johnson's Wax wears longer and gives greater protection to the things you prize most. Progress at 79 Wistful Vista this evening. Molly is wearing an expression of mingled affection and exasperation, while her spouse seems a bit perplexed and perturbed. It's a situation that's always old and always new, but it's the first time it's happened to Fibber McGee and Molly. Come on, McGee, think. What day is this? Oh, uh, let me see. Tuesday. Chucks, we have that every week. Come, come now. What happened to us 15 years ago? 15 years ago? Search me. I don't think I... Oh, yes. Uncle Dennis got pinched for bootlegging. (laughs) Chucks ain't I the dumb one. (laughs) I should have remembered that. Remember how he tried to ditch the evidence by pouring it down the sewers and five-manhole covers blew off downtown? (laughs) I'm glad you remind me of that, Molly. I wasn't reminding you of that. Huh? This, dearie, is our 15th wedding anniversary. What? It is? Our 15th? Uh, only our... Th- what? <laughs> well, you know about that. Congratulations, Molly. <laughs> what are you congratulating me for? <laughs> well, congratulations to us, then. 15 years. Don't seem that long, does it? No. <laughs> Get your hat and let's go out and celebrate. All right. And I know just the place to go. Where? They're having a special this week at Kramer's Drugstore on caramel ice cream. <laughs> oh, come, come, dearie. Control yourself. <laughs> I wouldn't have reminded you if I'd have thought you were going all to pieces like this. <laughs> uh, remember the night we eloped, Molly? I certainly do, McGee. Oh, it was beautiful. <laughs> remember that funny little justice of the peace that married us? Yeah. <laughs> I still say it would have been a much prettier ceremony if he hadn't been chewing tobacco. <laughs> Just I was nervous enough as it was. <laughs> Come in. Howdy, folks. Want to buy any garden, truck, egg, plant, squash, and carrots? <laughs> no, thanks, bud. We got everything we need. Sorry to hear it. Need the money. 
Farm business is worse than it's been for 40 years. Oh, that's too bad. Don't you ever make a profit? Well, I might in normal times. What do you mean, normal times? Search me. Never seen any. <laughs> Let's see. Uh, what was we talking about, Molly? Uh, getting married. Oh, yes. I, I think we ought to, Molly. Uh, no! <laughs> we did, didn't we? <laughs> Are you sorry, dearie? Sorry? I should say not. I'd do it all over again. Yes, sir. Hey, that ain't a bad idea. That ought to be fun. What on earth are you talking about? Look, let's elope again tonight and get married all over again. What do you say? Are you serious? Well, I, I'm more serious now than I was the first time. <laughs> like describing a baseball game off the ticker tape. It's just as exciting even when you know what the score is. <laughs> well, all right, McGee, I'll elope. But now there's just one thing. What's that, sweetheart? <laughs> about, about going down that ladder. Huh? Under the circumstances, don't you think it'd be better if I carried you down this time? <laughs> oh, that wouldn't work. I'm too ticklish. <laughs> I'll tell you what you do, Molly. It'll be dark before long. You pack your bag, and I'll go someplace and borrow a ladder. Oh. Well, uh, just a minute, dearie, before you go. Huh? What's the matter? Well, uh, now, that, uh, now that we're engaged, <laughs> aren't you going to kiss me? <laughs> Oh, okay. Goodbye. <laughs> now, let's see. I wonder if the fire department would lend me a ladder. Maybe for... Oh, how do you do, Miss McGee? Oh, hi, Uppy. Is Mrs. McGee at home? Yes, she is, Uppy. She's in the house there preparing her torso. Come on in. <laughs> hey, Molly. Here's Uppy. Oh, how do you do, Mrs. Uppington? So nice to see you. Oh, it's so nice to see you, my dear. Uh, tell me, are you engaged this evening? Well, heavenly days. How did you know, Mrs. Duffington? <laughs> we ain't only engaged, Duffy. We're going to get married. Oh, how very... What? <laughs> married? Why, yes, we thought it'd be fun. But, my dear, after all this time, I mean... Oh, well, now, really... <laughs> Oh, you don't catch on to it, Uppy. We're getting married again. You mean to, to each other? Well, uh, who did you think? This is our 15th anniversary, Mrs. Uppington, and we're going to celebrate by eloping just like we did before. Yeah, incidentally, Uppy, you got a ladder we could borrow? A ladder? Oh, of course I have a lovely ladder. Oh, I'm sure I still have the ladder I used when I dedicated the new chandelier at the Ladies' Exchange. Why, it's all covered with gold leaf and has a handrail. Oh, that sounds beautiful. That sounds a little dilly, but we ain't got time to dally. Can I come over and get it, Uppy? Oh, that won't be necessary, Mr. McGee. Snob glass, my butler will bring it over. Oh. oh my. <laughs> Think of you two being married 15 years yeah. and eloping. Yeah. Oh, dear. Oh, tell me, have you arranged for anyone to pursue you? Oh, oh no, no. No one is chasing it. This is just for our own amusement. Oh, of course. Well, I'm sure the affair will never be criticized, even though you are being unchaste. Oh. <laughs> oh, my heart, I am silly girl. Well, goodbye. Flower that faded 
Very beautiful, Mr. Novus, but very appropriate. Well, thanks, Molly. See, I heard you and Fibber were eloping tonight, and in honor of your wedding, everybody in the program chipped in and bought you this. Oh. oh thanks, Don. They shouldn't have done this. <laughs> what is it, Molly? Ah, it's a cake of soap. Cake of soap? Say, what's the idea, Novus? Well, we, we wanted to give you a shower, but uh, there wasn't time, so we thought we'd give you the soap and let you take a shower yourself. <laughs> Cake of soap. Now, that's a fine wedding present. Well, shall we get started, dearie? Yeah, I just seen Uppy's butler walking around in back with a ladder. You go upstairs and open the window, and I'll run around the back. Okay, McGee. Oh, promise me that someday you and me will take our love. Hi, mister. Now, don't bother me, little girl. I'm busy. What, Dylan? Well, I'm, I'm going to elope. What's a lot? <laughs> That means when you run away with somebody you like. Oh, you mean like the dish ran away with the spoon and the little boy laughed to see that spoiled and the cow jumped over the moon, hmm, don't you, hmm? <laughs> Yeah, only tonight the moon won't have any beef coming. Oh. Now run along, little girl. Anyway, you shouldn't be out this late. Well, gee, I'm waiting for Easter. You're waiting for Easter? Sure. Listen, sis, you, you better run on home now. Easter won't be here for six or seven months. Uh... <laughs> hey, 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 well, well, wait a minute now. Now, take it easy. What's the matter? Does Easter mean that much to you? Sure he does, I betcha. He's the cutest bunny rabbit I ever owned. <laughs> oh, I got it now. Gee, have you? Give him to me, mister. No, no. Here, Easter. No, I, I didn't mean I had the rabbit, sis. I, I meant I got the idea. Hmm? <laughs> I said, I'm... Listen, sis, I'm sorry I ain't got time to help you look for your rabbit, but if you'll describe him to me, I'll keep an eye out for him. Oh. Well, he's got big ears, and he's white, and he's got pink eyes, and he wiggles his nose, and... Well, that's a pretty general description so far. <laughs> Ain't he got any distinctive characteristics? Hmm? 
I says, ain't he got any peculiarities? What's he got that other rabbits ain't got? Six little baby rabbits. <laughs> I'm afraid with rabbits, sis, that ain't a very distinctive characteristic. <laughs> well, what I mean is, ain't he bow-legged? Ain't he, ain't he got freckles? Don't he, don't he stutter or something? No. How about his tail? Mm, I guess we mustn't talk about that, I bet you. Hmm, why not? Hmm? <laughs> why mustn't we talk about his tail? My mama said so. Oh, that seems peculiar. Just what did she say? Well, she said Easter was awful pretty, but he didn't have any tail to speak of. Well, thanks anyway. Well, now for the elopement. Uh, hey, Easter, or hey, Molly. Which window? Right up here, dearie. Okay, grab the ladder now when I put it up. I got it, McGee. Are you coming up or am I coming down? How'd we do it the last time? Well, that's what I was trying to avoid. Here comes the suitcase, Hey, what in the deuce did you put in that thing? Oh, that must be the alarm clock. I put it in to make it heavier. Oh. <laughs> well, hang on to the ladder. I'm coming up. Oh, promise me that someday you and me will tell Whoops. our love to... Oh, hi, Molly. <laughs> Hello, McGee. Isn't this fun? <laughs> it's a good thing it's dark. I think I'm blushing. <laughs> I'm, I'm kind of palpitating myself. <laughs> Smoking too much, I guess. <laughs> Inhale every puff. <laughs> what are you holding me so tight for, dearie? Are you afraid you'll fall? No, sirree. I've been falling for 15 years. Oh, McGee, you say the sweetest thing. Uh... All right, you come down out of that. We got you covered. Beat it, officer. We're eloping. Oh, eloping. A likely story. Take a look at that suitcase, Mike, and see what they got. Now, listen, officer. We're, you're making a mistake. This is my house. We live here. You always go in by the upstairs window? Listen, officer. I'm his wife, and we're eloping. Yes. That's pretty thin, eloping with your own husband. Come down here now and don't make any false moves. What's in the suitcase, Mike? Well, there's a couple of coats, an alarm clock, and a flat iron. I see. All stuff that's easily disposed of. Now, come along quietly. Put that suitcase in the car, Mike. We'll show the... Hey, hey, hey there. Hey there, officer. Wait a minute. Oh, here comes Mr. Wilcox. He'll identify yeah. us. Is this a squad car? Yes, it is. Well, I want you to make an arrest. Where? Who? Arrest the deterioration of the finish on this car. Look at that dust and dirt. Look at those scratches and marks. Why don't you men enforce the law? What law? The law of compensation. You can't get the best value out of a car unless you take care of it. Hey, Harlow, will you tell these fellas... I am telling them. I'm telling them that car new will keep the finish of this car in perfect condition and save the taxpayers money, too. Now, look, boys, all you have to do is apply Johnson's car new over the clean surface of this car. Let it dry to a white powder and wipe it off with a soft cloth. And there you will have a squad car cleaned and wax polished in one simple operation. Why, it's marvelous. You'll enjoy your work a lot more. It'll put a punch in every pinch. <laughs> Look, Wilcox, these guys have arrested us by mistake. Tell them who we are, will you? 
Aren't you the people who made me talk baby talk last week? And got everybody to call me Cuddles? Do you know these people, Cuddles? <laughs> I never saw them before in my life. Oh. Good night, officer. Hey, Harlow, come back here. Oh, dear. Listen, officer. Quiet. Drive on, Michael. <laughs> well, we can explain everything. All we was doing was getting up... Calling car 46. Calling car 46. Go to Wistful Vista Cheese Factory. Watchman reports suspicious noises. Investigate. Are they mice or are they men? That is all. Now, listen, officer, why don't you be nice? You're spoiling our 15th wedding anniversary. Yes, ain't you guys got any sentiment? After 15 years, have you? <laughs> Calling all cars. Calling all cars. Be on lookout for gunman named Al Cabucci. Cabucci. Al Cabucci. Cabucci. If he is wearing light gray fedora, green spats, and a diamond scarf pin, that is Al. All right, come on, get out And walk ahead of me into the station Well, what's this? What's the charge? Breaking an interim, Lieutenant Caught him on a ladder on the second floor at 79 Whistle Vista And they had a suitcase full of loot, Lieutenant <laughs> We never know such a thing, Lieutenant. That's our suitcase, and that was our house. What's your name? He's Fibber McGee, and he's one of the most prominent citizens... Hello, Look in the book and see if we have a record on McGee. I think we'll make an example of you. There's too much of this breaking and entering going on. It's a crime wave. Go on, you wouldn't know a crime if it did wave. Be quiet. Telephone, bud. Police department. Who? Oh, Billy Mills? Oh, he's a friend of ours, Lieutenant. Ask him about us. Uh, listen, Mr. Mills, do you know a couple named Mr. and Mrs. Piver McGee? Ah, good old Billy. You don't, huh? He does, too. What's that, Mr. Mills? They've what? Broken into homes every Tuesday night for years. Oh. Oh, thank you very much. You're going to play what? White Sails. Yes, I'd like to hear it. Well, of all the dirty tricks... He'll swing for this. <laughs>
two, let's hear this fairy story of yours about eloping. Now listen, Lieutenant. I'll have you know I'm a respectable citizen. That's what they all say. I'm holding you on the $1,000 bond. What? A prominent citizen like me? Why, you can't do that to me. I'm too big a man in this town. Why, even when I was a kid, Lieutenant, they wanted me to run for Congress. Why, they even had little pins printed with my head on them. Pinhead McGee, I was no doubt. <laughs> Pinhead McGee, probably the most prominent person ever picked by plutocrat or plumber, poet or peasant, as the prize promoter of praiseworthy projects, pointed to by perspicacious politicians as the pick of the populace to pioneer in putting the People's Party in power on a platform playing up the parking problem, and punishing the political pirates for looting the public payroll, and praised by even the paid press for properly purging Punk and Palooka from Pasadena to Old Paducah. <laughs> What do you take me for, an amateur? <laughs> Let him go, Callahan, but keep an eye on him after this. Now, just a minute, Lieutenant. Mr. Boomer knows who we are. Yeah, you about for us, won't you, Boomer? Good evening, my dear. Hello there, Bumble Brain. What's the matter? Well, the Lieutenant thinks we're burglars. And he's holding us for a thousand-dollar bond. Thousand dollars, eh? I'll pay the ransom, Lieutenant. Gee, thanks, Boomer. Think nothing of it. What's a thousand dollars to me? For that matter, what's my right eye to me? <laughs> You're going to go bail for this man. Hurry up. Uh, certainly. Certainly. I have it right here somewhere. Thousand bucks. Thousand bucks. Where'd I put that thousand bucks? Here's a pair of brass knuckles. Use them to make lampshades. Know anyone that wants a lamp shaded? <laughs> Let's see. Postcard from an old friend in Leavenworth. Says, quote, Doing time fine. Wish you were here. Unquote. Pair of hollow heels for smuggling diamonds. Never used them. I get cold feet when I walk on ice. <laughs> Come on, Boomer, hurry up. It's a thousand bucks. Don't hector me, Pop. Now, where I put that grand? Here's a package of playing cards in case I get in a friendly game of poker. These cards are friendly even when they turn their backs. Mud pack for my dear old mother puts an entirely different face on the mater. <laughs> yes, indeed. Bottle of hair dye for a girlfriend with a convertible top. <laughs> and a check for a short beer. Well, well, imagine that. Here it is, one grand. Oh. <laughs> one grand and a glorious feeling. Well, thanks, boomer old pal. Now, can we go now, Lieutenant? Yes, but report back here tomorrow. Okay, bud. Boomer, I certainly appreciate it. Hey, Boomer, wait a minute. We want to thank you. I'll thank you not to delay me. Yeah, but about that thousand dollars. Forget it, fidget midget. I'm going right home and print another bath. <laughs> Days. He bailed us out with counterfeit money. Well, we ain't the only lambs that have been pulled out of a hole by a crook, Molly. <laughs> well, it's a fine end to a beautiful idea. No, it ain't, Molly. Don't give up yet. Now, let's go ahead and get married again, just as if nothing had happened. There's a justice of the peace in this building, and we'll see him right while we're here. Well, good for you, McGee. I think this is it right in here, Molly. Are you uh, the justice of the peace, sir? Sure I am, daughter. Hold there, Johnny! <laughs> 
see you back. What do you mean, back? Hey! What do you mean, back? We haven't been here before. Oh, yes, you have. <laughs> I married you kids in 1924. Never forget a face. Though in your case, Johnny, I certainly cried. <laughs> Imagine that, Molly, the same guy that married us before. Well, he ought to be glad to know that it lasted. They tie more slip knots than love knots these days. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good, daughter. But that ain't the way I hear it. <laughs> the way I hear it, one fella says, color fella. Hey, <laughs> You know what them three balls over a pawn shop door stand for? Yep, says color fella. Two to one, you don't get it back. <laughs> what was it you wanted, kids? <laughs> We want to get married again, old-timer. How much do you charge? Ten bucks, Johnny, for the original marriage. Five bucks for an encore. Oh, all right. Go ahead. Take me hand, dearie. Take this man and be off the wedding husband. Take this woman and be off the wedding. I think a well rich poor enough. Not the man who I'll kiss the bride. Fifteen bucks, please. Did you say fifteen dollars? Hey! What's the idea of charging us fifteen bucks? You said it was only $5 for the second marriage. That's right, Johnny. <laughs> but you never paid for the first one. Oh, Libby and Molly will be back in a moment. And that gives me just enough time to tell you something about Johnson's Car News. I don't believe any new product ever was hailed more enthusiastically by the public. Car owners really needed this easy-to-use cleaner and wax polish all in one. The job of polishing a car had always seemed a difficult one, requiring more time than the average person could give to it. But all this has changed since the introduction of Johnson's Car New. For this revolutionary new product, both cleans and wax polishes your car in one easy application. Car New takes the place of two products, makes the job so simple that many women are now wax polishing their own cars. They've learned that just as Johnson's self-polishing glow coat has made floor polishing easy, so Johnson's Car New makes car polishing easy. Carnew quickly removes all ugly road film, dirt, and stains. In a surprisingly short time, you can make your car sparkle and shine with a beautiful wax polish that everyone will turn to admire. Then you'll say with thousands of other proud car owners, yes, your car looks like new when you use Carnew. C-A-R-N-U. Johnson's Carnew. For sale where auto supplies are sold and at your regular wax dealers. Certainly was embarrassed at starting our second honeymoon by going to jail. You was, huh? Well, you wasn't half as confused as you was at our first wedding. What do you mean, confused? Don't you remember, Molly? You told your corsage how beautiful it looked and threw the bridesmaid downstairs. <laughs> Good night. Good night, all. <laughs> Marla Wilcox, speaking for the makers of Johnson's Wax and Johnson's Self-Polishing Glow Coat, Racine, Wisconsin, inviting you all to be with us again next Tuesday night at this same time. Good night. This is the National Broadcasting Company. All right, let's go get Patricia. Jaws Professional, Patricia from Alt Tab, Skype Trade Tab, Online Tab, Walton Hughes Tab, Search Edit, Active, Favorite, Arlene Lark, Unread Messages, Joan Ben, Jim Tail, Patricia from FL Home, Phone Num, Applications, Content, Send and Invite a Group Call, Enter, Leaving Menus, Patricia from FL Home, Unloading Jaw, Cancel, OK, Enter.
We're back. You know, we haven't done it yet. You think we should do it? I don't know what we... Oh, my God. Yeah, here you go. Patricia, my darling Patricia, I can see all my dreams in your eyes. Your smile is as gay as a bright summer day. You're much fairer than Aaron's blue skies. Oh, Patricia, my lovely Patricia. You could make all my dreaming come true. My heart is just drooling, Patricia, no foolin'. I'm falling in love with you. Oh, Patricia, my darling, Patricia, I can see all my dreams in your eyes. Your smile is as gay as a bright summer day. You're much fairer than Aaron's blue skies. Oh, Patricia, my lovely Patricia, you could make all my dreaming come true. My heart is just drooling. Patricia, no fooling. I'm falling in love with you. Patricia, my lovely Patricia, you could make all my dreaming come true. My heart is just drooling, Patricia, no fooling. I'm falling in love. I'm falling in love. I'm falling in show has officially been anointed by the song of Patricia. <laughs> we have officially started our show. <laughs> Absolutely. It's been an interesting show, hasn't it, my dear? We covered a lot of interesting it has, things. my goodness. And Arlene Larson was wonderful. We yes. talked about, in case anybody missed it, shame on you, because you're going to have to wait for two weeks to hear it. On uh, replay on the Blue Network, mm-hmm. we had as our guest Arlene Larson. Milt Larson is her husband. Milt Larson is the Magic Castle out in California. And they have decided to put up for auction a piece of jewelry that went from Tsar Nicholas II to Houdini, to Houdini's wife after he died, from her to... Um, Milt Mom. Geraldine, right? Yep, Geraldine Larson. Geraldine, okay, Geraldine Larson, who is or was Milt Larson's mother, who passed it on to Arlene, who was our guest tonight, and they're putting the 
piece of jewelry up for auction to help underwrite a new project that they're doing out there for magicians and people who want to appreciate good magic. So that was quite a list of hands it has gone through, (laughs) but she talked about that and all good stuff. And then we had Jim with a book report about Groucho Marx, and he reviewed it and gave it three stars, right? Four. Did I get that right? Four stars. Four stars? Four stars, yeah. Oh, gosh, then it was really up there. Yeah. He uses one to five. At one point, he was using one to four, so I got confused. Very simple. I do very well this week. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my word. Oh, my word. So, So, anyhow, that's my story. And we wish Bubbles happy birthday. So that was the other big event. That's right. Bubbles. um, Walden called my sister for me Mm -hmm. because today is her birthday and we wished her happy birthday. We really had a busy, 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 busy show. That is true. Now, we can take a phone call. I don't know how much longer we take calls before we get into our normal routine of Q&A with Walden. But, you know. We, but I got lots of q q q q q qs Q-Q-Q-Q-Q-Q-Q-Q-Q-Q-Q-Q-Q-Q-Q-Q-Q-Q-Q-Q-Q-Q-Q-Q-Q-Q-Q-Q-Q-Q-Q-Q-Q-
Uh, what happened to Yankee Stadium? They, I thought they tore it down and got the. You know, I think. Did, the, did they rebuild on that site, or I think, did they go somewhere else? That's a great question. I, I thought they built across the street, but I could be wrong. Yeah, I thought it was a different location as well. Yeah. So anyhow, um, I, I started to tell you about the Tap and Z Bridge when it first mm-hmm. went up. And mm-hmm. Good grief, I don't know how many years ago it was. The It was the longest non-suspension bridge in the country. I don't know what it stands for now, and I don't think anybody has ever heard of the Tap and Z Bridge. But right. it did have an element of distinction to it. Ah, so anyway, I think Golden Gate, George Washington. I nominate the Brooklyn. Well, you can do that, sure. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I think part of my brain went to bed without well. me. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, I wanted to let you know that Ed yeah. is watching out for us. And Good. Good. So there. So there. We'll take okay. it. Okay. Yeah. That's, that, that's what I wanted to really make sure, because if we don't get to all of your questions, that's I wanted you to know that. Ah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And then I have a Burma shave, and then I have a Winnie the Pooh. Let's I have do, two Winnie the Poohs. Let's do the Burma shave. Okay, Burma shave. Spring has sprung, the grass has riz, where last year's careless drivers is. <laughs> Burma shave. That's a good one. Very good, and very pointed. Yeah. 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 These are public service announcements, <laughs> And so you're, we're begging you to please drive carefully, be a good passenger, make sure you have your seatbelts on. That's good, right? Stuff like that there. Okay. Now, you may have already heard this one, but I think it's worth repeating. This is from Winnie the Pooh. My spelling is wobbly. It's good spelling, but it wobbles, and the letters get in the wrong places. I should adopt that. That sounds like me, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, I, just, you know, I, still, I still talk about and I won at, at um, Scrabble tonight, and I'm looking at an email, and everything is spelled phonetically, mm-hmm. which is fine. I mean, I can... You can decipher. Uh, very, how many times? Maybe two times in ten years. Yeah. I've written back and said, could you explain this word for me? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it just, I, I couldn't make my brain work around it. You, uh-huh. you did fine. I didn't. And so, you know, I'm looking at this, and I'm thinking... Nah. <laughs> well, then you can't spell. <laughs> and you beat somebody. Was it your mom? You I beat my mom by forty by forty seven points the last time we played. Okay. All right. So that means um, you and Barbara and I can play. Yes. And because we make up our rules as we go. Oh, perfect. Is that good? Yeah, I love that. We could, we could play... I would, I, I, it it really worked very well for us. We could play Cyberspace... We dictionary. We could play Cyberspace Scrabble. That should be a new game. We could patent that puppy. Make a few dollars. <laughs> you are so funny. <laughs> you are a hoot. A hoot. Um, so, yeah, we, we make up our own rules. And, and, that, and that's really good. You know why we had to make up our own rules? Why? Nobody knew the rule book? She doesn't have a dictionary in her house. Oh, jeez. My sister. And you didn't bring yours, would you? No, that's not something I typically tell around <laughs> with me. No. I have, a, I have a really neat one, and uh, it's older, uh-huh. because that means it's got older words in it. I can look up the newer ones, but the older words. And uh, it weighs about eight pounds, mm. <laughs> at least eight pounds. So uh, toting it. 
all around and then having to heft it three times, four times. So, no, I didn't bring my own dictionary. <laughs> so I guess, I, guess, I guess we know what we're getting Barbara for Christmas. Yeah. Ah, very good. That, that comes very practical. And, and you're, you're going to remember it and yes. remind me. Yes. And she loved her level, her carpenter's level. Oh, good. Good. So her bird bath. <laughs> she can straighten out her bird bath <laughs> after the rain. Too uh, funny. Too funny. She'd sit down and say, it looked good. <laughs> she'd go over and fuss with it again. And she'd go over to the patio and sit down. It ha- looked good from the other side. <laughs> <laughs> it was always tipping. So now she can level it. How's your, how's your kitty cat this week, by the way? Oh, oh, she's fine. Okay. She's fine. She woke up for me the other day. Good. I'm showing her off. Yeah. Good <laughs> kitty. She's really fun. <laughs> it's just such a, a fun thing and a funny thing yeah. for a grown-up to have a toy cat. But it, it really <laughs> is. It's good. 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 It are good. You, you, you deserve a little kitty cat in your life. Mm, and I have one. That's true. Mm-hmm. Now I have to work on a tiger. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Patricia, imagine Thank you. I feel better. Yeah. <laughs> I've been blah blah all night. Imagine. My imaginary, imaginary friend. Oh, what? No, Patricia not. I know. Uh, um, what the ones you have a group of animals? The imaginary. Oh, menagerie. The menagerie. menagerie. Yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Patricia, menagerie yeah. is being built, animal by animal. <laughs> Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Yes, and Alvin is in there, too. Alvin and the two little bears and a kitty mm-hmm. cat. And kitty cat? Yeah. yeah, yeah. I have a zoo. You belong in the zoo. That used to be the theme song of San Diego. Where they used you belong to, in the zoo? Yeah, that's what they called. Yeah, they used to run the commercial. You belong well, in the, the zoo. San Diego has the zoo there. The San Diego Zoo. That's how, that's how they got it. That, that's how they did okay. the commercial. Yeah. Got it. Got it. Got it. When yeah. you said that, that's the song, when you belong in a zoo, and I yeah. oh, how rude can you get? <laughs> 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 my Walton wouldn't say that. <laughs> no. Oh my goodness. And oh, if anybody goodness. hasn't done the San Diego Zoo, it's one of the nicest zoos. I ever been to, so it's a very oh, nice it, zoo. It, yeah, yeah. Lynn and I had a chance to go there. Yeah. And to our great misfortune, it was the time they decided they were going to do major renovations. Oh. So they moved. They moved a huge number of the animals out of out of sight mm-hmm. and blocked off the the roadways and stuff where right. you could walk through, and so. We didn't see nearly as much as the people who go there today right. were able to see. But they had some really nice exhibits. Yep. And we saw, we didn't get to see giraffes or elephants. Elephants we shouldn't have seen anyway. I don't ever remember them ever being at the San Diego Zoo. So. But they um, might have been. A, it's a, yeah, it, it's a very nice destination. But we just didn't get to see a lot of stuff, which oh. was fine. I mean, how, how much time can you spend on your feet and walking around and saying, oh, did you see that snake? You know? <laughs> I mean, what we had was really great. And if, if we had done any more, it would have taken some of the pleasure out of it. So it worked out fine. Sure. 
worked out the good. The good. That's good? That's good? Yeah. Yeah. I guess I was just thinking about my dad's story. When he was five years old, his family went to the Kansas City Zoo. My dad mm-hmm. wanted to know how much it would cost him to buy the monkey. He wanted to buy the monkey and take the monkey home. Aww. Yeah. Oh, that's so cute. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Oh, gosh. I have to send a note to Ron, Volume 2, Bombed. Okay. Uh, uh, volume 12. Tw- not 12. 12, okay. Yeah, so I will I can, I can, I, I can call him right now and ask him to resend it. Files to your Dropbox. Hmm. You want me to call him? Um, you want me to call him? No, no, I'll just send him an email because he's going to check that because I have to check my stuff. Otherwise... The general is going to be. But, but upset with see, me but but it'd be so much. It, when you wake up, <laughs> it'd be so much fun to it'd be so much fun to wake him up and say, "Hey, Ron." Oh, oh, Walt. Oh. Well. <laughs> You're so pathetic when you say. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness! Yes, pathetic, pathetic. Well. Well, okay, okay. Well, yeah. It's okay for me to call you at 6 in the morning. Sure. And it's okay for me to call Barb at 3 in the morning. Sure. Because she said so. Mm-hmm. So why can't I call Ron at only at 2 in the morning? Well, go for it. I don't want to be involved. <laughs> <laughs> Just leave me out of it. <laughs> Tell him Patricia went to bed. <laughs> and therefore... You're, you are the mouse left to play. Oh, okay. Well, I'll be kind to Ron. I probably kept him up later than he was planning on anyway, so we'll, we'll, an email might suffice. Okay. Well, I'll, be ha- so. I'll be happy to call if you'll join me. Perhaps I misstated my position a little bit ago. <laughs> I do not want to be involved. How's that? Why not? <laughs> <laughs> we well, we do things together here. I know. I'll I'll sit in the cheering section. I'm up in the bleachers. Wait, wait, wait. What? What are you trying to say, sir? Well, well, wouldn't it be better for you to join me for the phone call rather right, than tell him why that, you know, he made if me do it? If you give me an excellent reason, <laughs> I might consider it. Well, we we just we might want to just make sure he f- fell asleep. We, we were concerned about him. Right. <laughs> no, I'm not doing <laughs> <laughs> Oh, well, then... <laughs> Okay, so what do you want to do? You want to go to your question because yep. nobody's called? Nobody called. So oh. should we keep the line opening or do you want me to shut it down and just be us the rest of the way? Just be us. Okay. That's, that okay. would be fine. Okay, you know, Patricia's yeah. going to be busy because on Tuesday she's with me and Saturday mm-hmm. she's with me. And, mm-hmm. and I get called trouble for everybody. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Anything else? Well... It, do I call everybody lovable trouble? Well, everybody loves you, so yes, I do. Yeah, that's true. 
That's true. Yeah. And so you have to really work on holding on to that everybody loves you thing. You know, another thing we need to do? Calling somebody in the middle of the night does not do that well. Oh, how do you know? Well, trust me. Yeah, but... When people call me at 10 o'clock in the morning, which is my middle of the night... Yeah. I am not a happy camper. Oh, and I bet you're so kind to everybody that I call you at 10 in the morning, though. Unless they're trying to sell me something. They're selling you the book and bridge? <laughs> no, I'm not considering <laughs> buying that one. <laughs> hey, I guess... Monopoly does not have... Hmm? Uh, Monop <laughs> Monopoly oh. does not have the Brooklyn Bridge. Hey, but but I guess I guess did, uh, there's a new that Monopoly made the news this week. Did you see that? Um, I should have. Mm -hmm. I read something of it. No, what what was the news? They're having a voting contest. They decided to do away with one of the tokens, and I wanted to oh. guess they wanted to introduce a new one. So, what mm -hmm. token do you think got voted off the table? What got voted off the table? This mm -hmm. is what. This is what I read, and I should have remembered. Um, I would say the little car. Nope, that made that still got passed. What what got bumped? The thimble. Oh, I forgot the thimble. I was did too. There. I I, I have not opened a Monopoly box in I don't know how long. The thimble. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I guess not very many people would know what a thimble is. Not today, now. Yeah, okay. it's been there since 1935. I guess people don't show anymore. Well, I I like to embroider, and a thimble is very good for that. It would be nice, yes. But I haven't shopped for a thimble either. By the way, on, after we talk to Loretta on Tuesday, maybe we can call John John from Maryland again. What do you think? Oh, good. I have that on my list. Yeah, so would you put that on your list for, for, to remind me that we should try to do that on Tuesday? Okay. We'll give it another shot. Okay, I can do that. We tried a good thing. I have good things. <laughs> yeah, I have something on my um on my little calendar here type stuff, mm -hmm. and I can't read it. <laughs> <laughs> it's my own handwriting, and I can't read it. Oh dear. Well, okay. you want you want to decipher it for me? I you want to read me a letter or two, and I can decipher. Cause yeah, I'm really good at that. Well, I can't I can't read scribbles. I mean, I would say what 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 day what scribble scribble. Uh -huh. No, it, I, it's a message. I call it. It says call well. Satan, I misspoke. That's one that I can read. I have no idea what it is. It says call well. Like, oh, I well? know, I know. Well, Fargo, remember oh. you you were gonna call that for me. No, no, you were gonna call Amazon and tell me that well. That's yeah. it. And I, I finally found. Something that might work. They hide themselves so beautifully. Isn't that something? Yeah. yeah. Oh man. What happened, and everybody? I got, what? I got a question for them too. So I'm I'm out there digging around. I'm going to start. I I, I saw I saw they have a for people who are handicapped qualified. They have a phone number for them. But really? Yeah. It's just the text. It's just the phone number. It show that that's another way we could probably go call them. Okay. Well. All right, put me to work tomorrow. I can do that. But that's okay. not Wells. That's Amazon. I have no idea what Wells is. Clearly, it's a name. What we're talking about in my case, everybody, um, and this is good for everybody to look at your bank statement because uh, um, 
And it's good to use your credit card for this case. Somebody tried to charge $301 on my credit card and it got denied. Well, Fargo told me, so they wanted to issue me a new card. Well, it's the same card that I used to order, for, order a couple Christmas gifts for John and Gloria Gassman that Patricia helped me. And they put the whole thing, I, they, Dad woke me up while I was sound asleep, so I wasn't thinking. And so I had to fill out a form and say, no, those are my orders. So it almost took a couple of months. And, well, Fargo couldn't find Amazon. They couldn't, they, they took care of my other, other things, but they couldn't get a hold of Amazon. So they needed me to contact Amazon to let them know that, well, Fargo wanted to pay them. I've never heard that happening, that, that they, they want the customer to help them to get paid. Oh, well. But, I never heard of that either. And these, you know, these are the kinds of things that are sort of sending up little signals here. Mm-hmm. Um, because I got, now I ordered that through your password, yep. your name, yep. your credit card. Yep. And I have gotten three emails claiming to be from Amazon that no way is from Amazon. And they mentioned the order, which was correct, the amount, which is correct. Right. And I have to uh, cancel my credit card and start a new one. I That's weird. That. Yeah, yeah. Cause we, no, we, the we, bank you... has demanded this. I didn't have a bank. This is Walden's order that yeah. I did for you. Yeah. I, didn't, I don't even know how they got my um, – because my name wasn't anywhere on there. I didn't use no. my password. I didn't, no. Nothing. No. So I, I need to report that to Amazon as well yep. and make sure that your mess and my mess aren't connected. And if they are, they got a big problem. We, they got double messes. So, I got a mess. You got a mess. It's true. But if, if I did that and they got money and you went through your paces and they got money, if I answered all three emails, they got money four times. Mm-mm. So, anyway, we will it out. Anyway, we everybody, just, the moral of the story, check your, credit, check your credit card every time you get a bank statement. That's what, yes. we're, that's what we want yes. everybody yes. to be prepared for. And it was my Discover card that I have stored up there. You have, and, and, uh, card, and on mine, mm-hmm. I, I have a visa on mine, so yeah. That's correct. Yeah. <clears throat> and um, in the meantime, between then and now, Discover card had a breach. Uh, they kept saying, no, everything is safe, and but we have to issue you new cards. I say, this doesn't sound <laughs> something a little screwy. So they sent new cards with new numbers to every one of their customers. Right. So I've already got a new card up there, and I have to enter the new number before they'll let anything go through. Right. But, you know, it just it, it just isn't right. So we have to straighten out Amazon as soon as I can figure out how to get in <laughs> touch with them. But I will. I will. I know you will. I have faith. I will. I will. I will. I went through. I cannot tell you how many pages I went through. And, uh, you know, at a couple of times I have managed to find a, an email connection to customer service, which would be a very nice place to it reach. Was. It was. Every time I saw what, what I thought was customer service, then they wanted me to fill out a password username. And I said, well, Patricia has my password username, so how am I going to fill out this thing when I didn't have the password username? You know, do, so mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I mean, it was really complicated. Really. Yeah. Very complicated. Much more so than 
a legitimate transaction. You know, and yeah. I have never heard of a bank asking a customer to do their work for them. <laughs> I mean, really, that's what you got. Yeah, but but uh, that's um, what but you wound up with. and see, and I know it's legit because they told me they took care of my AT and T. Yeah, when my phone died, I bought another dumb phone. Mm-hmm. You know, and I know that was legit. Uh, so they they told me they took care of that, but they need me to take care of Amazon. <laughs> okay. Fargo well, has not been faring well lately. Has <laughs> <it>? <laughs> no. No. Mm mm. Mm mm mm. So. Oh. Okay. Well, we can oh. do our questions, and then tomorrow I have to do stuff. I was right? trying. Yep. I was trying to get us a job this week. Well, I have to catch up with the other two that you gave me. I know. Well, this one, this one, uh, three blocks away, they decided to open a brand new World War Two museum. Actually, uh, so, uh, for all the vets, and it's so well done. I was really impressed, but they don't have an audio tour, so I'm gonna say Patricia Wall an audio tour. So I thought Patricia Wall oh. could do the audio tours. You know. Ooh. We could. We could. They could find us a kickstarter, we, we could design it, Patricia could write the script, and we could have a lot of fun. Oh, yes, we could. We could. So, I sent an email this oh, week. Yes, I'm saying we're, we're, that would be a fun deal too. we're, we're, we're honorable yeah, people. The thing yeah. you're talking to me about is so much fun. Oh, I... I, I think it's illegal to have that much fun. It, the, the trick is in life, and I think Milt Larson did it, and look like Frank Pesci did it, to get paid for having fun, basically. Mm-hmm. That is the trick. Of, that is definitely one of the great tricks yep. of life. And you can still go destitute, but it's fun going <laughs> destitute. <laughs> at, least, at least you're going to have a nice attitude. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. Okay, so do you want to do your questions? I'm now? ready. I'm ready. Are you ready? What wait a minute, wait a minute. Like? You, you can do me another Winnie the Pooh. You only, got, you only gave me one Winnie oh, the Pooh. Oh, Winnie the Pooh. If you live to be a hundred... I hope I live to be a hundred minus one day, uh, so I never have to be without you. That's very <laughs> wonderful. Aww. Aww. Good. Yep. I always thought, mm-hmm. I always have thought, it, it's, when you have to go, it would be nice to go, it would be nice not to leave anybody behind, kind of thing. You know, in other words... Well, look. Well, like an airplane crash or something. You know, you're all traveling or, together. Or a nuclear bomb. Or yeah. <laughs> we you have know. so many possibilities this year. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Everybody was, they, they were all so happy when 2016 <laughs> exited. Mm-hmm. And now they have another year to look forward to. And I wonder how it's going to measure up to 2016. Well, after a rip-roaring start. Oh, yes. We've got at least four months of accomplishment <laughs> in just a matter of, what, five weeks? I know. And, and we got ten more days of f- fun and games. This is going to be a lot of fun. Oh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, this yeah. Is, this is supposed to be the honeymoon period. Well, I heard they think, they, they think, they I was interesting this week, uh, they were talking about the president travel, and I guess he looked like he's going to travel quite a bit to his down Florida or whatever, and they was looking at mm-hmm. the dollar numbers. And I, I yeah, guess it, I guess the expense for traveling for the it got really expensive. So they're trying to work out how to do a cost, how to do it, how to do it economically. I don't know if that can, can be done. It can be done. I mean, 
you pack up 88 busloads of Secret Service, it just it just will not work. I mean, um, what's his name, Jared? Uh huh. Do I have that correct? His brother uh, or his son-in-law went on a business trip last week, Mm -hmm. and it cost a hundred thousand dollars because so many people had to go with him, and transportation costs and a hundred thousand dollars to get the kid to a, a business meeting. This is going to be pretty pricey. You know. When I become president, and you become yes, vice president or chief yes. of staff, oh please, yes, I what? I wouldn't mind having everybody come to the White House. I think a lot of people might be willing to come to the White House. I think we could cut down travel expenses for the country if I just have everybody come to us. And you, that's an excellent idea because people who are going to visit the White House do not get Secret Service coverage. Mm-hmm. If I leave the White House or you leave the right. White House. Secret Service has to follow us. Correct. So I think it's an economically way to, to trim the budget. I think it, so we we would gladly pay the transportation fare. Yes. Or give them give them a, 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 an allowance. Yes. Like, um, yeah, with like with Medicare. Right. I can't remember what, what's the word that they're using. Oh oh um, oh. A pedium or, or 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 whatever. Yeah. It's like a bank account. They yep. give you a set amount of money at the beginning of the year, mm-hmm. and when it runs out, you're out mm-hmm. in, in terms of medical care. So we would give them, and I think that's it, this is reasonable, we would give them a voucher. Mm-hmm. A voucher? Is that the word? Yep, yep, yep. A voucher system, yeah. We would give them a voucher for a particular number of dollars that will not cost first class. It might be coach. And that would be fine, because all you need to do is get from point A to point B. It doesn't make any difference to see. And I think, um, a, I think a lot of people would take the opportunity to come to the White House. That way, A, they get to meet the president, and B, they could mm-hmm. get, get a nice little tour. And when they way home, sure. they have something to remember that they all buy. But that's just my thoughts. <laughs> this is true. We, we already have enough to remember. <laughs> Dear me. Oh, dear me. So, yeah, I think that would be a good idea. Mm-hmm. When are we going to get in there? Well, I guess we got we got four years, so we need to start campaigning in, in one year from now, right? Because we got to get... We gotta... Oh, no, we have three years, ten months, and, what, two weeks? Yeah, but we got to start campaigning. So it's, it's much shorter. <laughs> we're, we're, <laughs> we're five or six weeks shorter mm-hmm. here. So we got to start oh, campaigning, yeah, you know? So, yeah. Yeah, 2020. This is good. You think you can just kind of sneak in the back door and and yell surprise on voting day? Surprise! <laughs> Guess who's here? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we can do that. We can uh, do that. All right. One shall of we? The surprise? Oh, yeah. okay. Go ahead. I, well, I, I, maybe I probably shouldn't even say it, but one of the surprises this week was that Marco Rubio and his wife had dinner with Donald Trump and his wife. I did, not, or, I did not know that. Yeah. Oh, I nice. didn't either, and I picked it up somewhere. Mm-hmm. I don't know, one of the conservative publications. That, whatever. Yeah. It doesn't make any difference, if it, but it, it was in there, and that was one of the things that got wrapped up with, the trans, with, with what transpired in so many of these meal meetings. Mm-hmm. And there was Marco Rubio. And, you know, I mean, they, they were just... Oh, dear me. It it was like a black pot <laughs> sitting 
in a mansion's kitchen. I don't, I don't know. It was because they were so acrimonious to each other during the debates. You know, Marco Rubio was the one that was poking at Donald Trump, and Donald Trump would turn around and say, "Little Marco's at it again," and now they're best of friends. What the old what that. what the old saying? Politics makes strange bedfellows. Yes. 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 Good saying. Good saying. Good memory. You got a good one. But it, it's just it's an education. I, I wish we all had time just to sit back and read and watch and listen. <laughs> Gee Willikers, gee Willikers. Well, I, I, I can't. Yeah. I think a lot of that nowadays is 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 out there for the public to feed the public. You know, some food, but mm-hmm. behind closed doors is probably a different game. Yeah. So, guess guess It'll what be I've been interesting thinking. Interesting to see how the year plays out. It so. will be. Yes, I hope it, it does. Will, it will be. And, uh... I mean, I hope it does play out. It will. Really? It will. I don't want to eat carrots in a bomb shelter. <laughs> it's, a dipped in, it's a dipped in chocolate sauce. That wouldn't be too bad. Ooh. Really? <laughs> <laughs> could, I just have, could I just have a bowl of chocolate? My dear, if you want a bowl of chocolate and a bowl of hot fudge and a bowl of marshmallows, you can have it all. I will have a bowl of hot fudge, and every once in a while, I'll just put a little dollop of ice cream on top. And I'll get, I'll let you have marble spoons. That way, you can enjoy Ooh. enjoy it as you okay. as you go. I will do that. I will do that. You know, I actually even had a a theme for tonight. You did, really me. <laughs> yeah. Last time, <laughs> this is the first I've looked at my notes. We have been so busy, busy, busy. Um. Last week we had greatest invention mm-hmm. in the world, and yep. you picked the stove. Yep. Um, somebody else picked. I think what? Ron was outdoor oh, pl- uh, outdoor in, plumbing in, in, or yeah, indoor, plumbing. indoor plumbing. Yeah. 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 So anyway, this week I thought the greatest invention that involves food, such as microwave or plastic sealing. You know the the sealed plastic covering over meat and cheese and things like that, so you extend the life of the food. So th- I'll save that for next week. May I, to- may I to- toss in my nomination off the bat? Of course. How about the frying pan? Well, aren't you a smarty? Who, who, when did the, you know, this is really interesting. When did the frying pan first I make have, an appearance? I have no idea. Something like a frying pan. Yeah, I have no idea. Maybe that's a, maybe that's a research thing for next week. So when we open up the, the topic, you will have that ready for us. But that that that's, that comes to. My <laughs> I didn't realize that we were cruising this path again. <laughs> <laughs> well, I thought you considering you haven't done much research tonight. I figured, heck, this, you know, I guess assign you a homework assignment. That's all. What? Have you done homework? you your questions if you don't think I work to put together. Oh, you did, but I thought during the show. I didn't think you were searching during the show, but you could have. Oh, that's I don't right. Know. I didn't have any homework during the show. Yeah. So next week during the show, I'll investigate. Yes. Where did the frying pan come from? Yeah. And what was 
I, I, I guess it would be the earliest instrument that mm-hmm. was used as a frying mm-hmm. pan. They certainly didn't come with Teflon in the caveman days. No, no. I mean, at first it was a great invention, but you don't you you don't define it as it's fire. Cause I get that natural causes. So yeah. Yeah, After that, that's, that's more a dis- that's more a discovery than an invention. So I'm figuring, man needs to control the fire somehow and use the benefit, and so I'm thinking the fire plan is pretty important. I agree. So, caveman used to throw meat in fire. Woof woof woof. Yeah. Ugh. So much great information coming about, coming out about the times that we thought were so barbaric or so backward or so ignorant. They weren't. They were very smart people. Very smart people. And it's fun to read about that kind of stuff. Okay, what would you like now? What, 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 what? My geography question. Oh, and you thought I wouldn't have one, right? Oh, that was a long shot. Yeah. I'm giving it as multiple choice. Is the Sphinx in Italy, Egypt, or Greece? I think it's in Egypt. It is in Egypt. Very good. All right. Very good good. thing. Good thing. I thought I might get you with. Good thing you I gave me a more. Good thing you gave me a multiple choice. I don't think I would have gotten it. Get by without a multiple choice combo. Thank you. Well, it's it's kind of a stinky one. So I thought, <laughs> well, everybody else gets multiple choice. Why not Malden? Mm-hmm. So I would have got hung up on Egypt or Greece. I don't think yeah. I know what it, the stink is. You. Say that again? I don't know if I would know what that really is. Oh, it's a great big, um, I'll call it a statue made of sandstone. Okay. And it's got the head of a man and the body of a lion. And it's over, I think it's 600 feet high and 60 feet wide. And, of course, you know, weather and weather changes and starting to take a toll. It has been taking a toll on it, but it, it's really a magnificent so, piece of so, so it's not somebody... pyramids. It's not somebody's living room furniture. It's a little bigger than your living room with bed. It's bigger than a bread box, yes. <laughs> <laughs> it is bigger than a bread box, but it's near the, uh, near the pyramids. And it's made out of the same stuff that the pyramids are made out of. And it, it's another masterpiece of work in such an unusual place. So, that's what a Sphinx is. Ah, very good. See, we learned something. At least I do. Hmm. Okay. Then, then we'll go with Greek or Roman gods next week. All righty. That's not geography. I wouldn't do that to you. Maybe I would. Oh, yeah. If you don't behave yourself, I might do that kind of <laughs> stuff, too. Okay, what else would you like? My colonial question, please. Your colonial question. We've got a bunch of that stuff. Hold on. Colonial, colonial, colonial. You know, they always say it's important for people to keep young by learning something new, and that's what we do here. We, we're, this is a public service from Patricia to keep everybody's mind active and learning, and that way... You know, you keep yourself young. So this is the public we service. Hold on to the few neurons you still got firing <laughs> up there. Oh my goodness. Okay, which was, and I have a question for you, really question to help me understand okay. when I'm finished. Which was the last of the thirteen states to ratify the Articles of Confederation? I think it's New York. 
<gasps> you think wrong. Ah. I know New York was a big holdout. Um. Huh. Is it Georgia? No. It surprised me. Virginia? <laughs> no. Well, Nick, I hit three of the thirteen. Three down and ten to go. Yo, yeah. Hmm. Massachusetts? Four down. <laughs> Pen <laughs> and nine to go. Pennsylvania? Five down and eight to go. All right. Um, Maryland? Maryland. No, why? Huh? Why? Why did Maryland hold out? How do you know they held out? They were just the last ones to sign. Oh, okay. They, they did hold out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they did. It was three. <laughs> I don't know. We, we would have loved this time of the country's history. Wow. On January 30th. 1781, Massachusetts became the 13th and final state to ratify the Articles of Confederation. And it was three years after the official deadline given by Jeez. Congress. Jeez. You know? Jeez. Everybody was supposed to have approved or, or yep. rejected by March 10th, 1778. And it was 1781 <laughs> when they finally <laughs> decided they wanted to be part of the country. All right. Help me remember here, Articles of Confederation. Okay. It was the form of government uh, that we had before the Constitution. So, you know, we had, so it, it, it was during that p period of 1881 to 1883 when you had the, con the fight between states' rights and the national government. And basically, it got to the point that there was so, so much states' right, each state was trying to levy taxes and duties on other states' uh, commerce. And so things were at, at a standstill economically. So that's when they secretly formed the Constitutional uh, Convention. Uh, none of the states realized what was going on. They, they sent the representative, but they did not know what was coming out of it was going to be a whole new government form of government. Okay, when the, the representatives got together, that's when they said, hey, we need this to solve this issue. And that's when they locked down for three months and came up with the Constitution. But basically, it was a, it was a form of government. It was the structure of the form of government. But the problem was they allowed so much power to the local state and not enough for the the Fed, federal government. Mm-hmm. We sure took care of that in our lifetime, too. That we? is true. <sighs> that is true. My goodness, my goodness. And I also wanted to ask you, because I didn't want to go through the pain of looking it up, is Franklin Delano Roosevelt the only person who was elected to or person who ran for a third term? Uh, no. Um, well, it depends how what you mean by that. He's the only one to have three terms. He had four terms. Well, yes, but I, w I was thinking in terms of three because I've never heard him. He's the only one who ever Grover, 
Grover Cleveland won the popular votes in three elections. And th- he did? Yes. Okay. Yeah. The, the, so so he, ran, he ran for three? Three times, and okay. he won all three elections. But the, the second the second term of duty, he lost the, the, the Electoral College, even though he won the popular vote. So he was president. Another one. Okay. Yeah, he was right. president the first time, and then when he ran for re-election, he won the popular vote, lost the Electoral College, and then next time around, he ran again and won both. So, so were these consecutive elections, or did they have a space between them? These were, con- they, these were consecutive. Consecutive. So yeah. he won the first, lost, lost the, the second, second, won the won third. third, and they were all in a row. Yes. Like little ducks. Okay. Yeah, so I, that's technically, I don't know how you would t- interpret that, to, but to me, he won, the, he won the popular vote at least three times. Even though he was probably president elected twice. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because and I, I hadn't even considered the 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 candidates who had spaces in between. Because mm-hmm. uh, I, I was asking how many ran for a third term, and and really what I was asking is there anyone? Yeah, ran for a third term. Mm-hmm. Um. So the answer is yes, but Franklin Delano Roosevelt was the only one who ran for a fourth term, never mind <laughs> succeeding and being elected. Right. Yeah, but so. he's the only one with a third term and also a fourth term. Well, but he didn't mm-hmm. complete a fourth term, of course. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, we had one that ran several times under the same ticket. Uh, William Jenny Bryant ran at least three times. He, he received the Democrat nomination three consecutive three consecutive years in a row, eighteen ninety six, nineteen hundred, nineteen oh four, and lost all three elections. Wouldn't you think they'd have given up after two? Well, you know, but well, he, then he, of course Abraham Lincoln was. You know, he he was not the most successful candidate in all of the races that he was in, but. He sure made a fine president. I heard something, though, it was fascinating. Let me, let me, let me count this up in my head. We, there, uh, there was one person um, in the last, let's call it, yeah, six Seventy years that ran that was part of the presidential tickets five different times. Who was that? Um, would you restate that? We're looking for the name of a person mm-hmm. who was either president or vice president on on his party ticket five different times. President or vice president. Mm-hmm. Well. Um, Franklin Roosevelt did that. Yep, but before, but I was thinking in the last 70 years, yeah. so I was thinking after. Yeah. Uh, um, it had to be somebody who served as a governor somewhere. True? Nope, nope. He, in fact, when he ran for governor, he got defeated. Really? Mm-hmm. My goodness, no, I don't know. Richard Nixon. He was vice president. 52, 56, mm-hmm. he ran and lost in 60, and then he won 68 and 72. He had time in the Senate as well. Yeah, he did. 
and also tried to become governor of California and got defeated. Oh, boy, he got bombed out there. Yeah. California was not the best place at that time to run for governor. So it's interesting to think, you know, I think nowadays it's harder to run for president if you if you got a defeat on your resume. I think people were more forgiving if you've already lost. I mean, uh, Adley Stevenson is very well respected. And he ran twice to get Eisenhower. I mean, that was a tall mm-hmm. order to go after a, 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 a war hero general, but his party dominated two years in a row, tw- you know, back-to-back time. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dewey, I mean, Dewey ran several times there, if you think about it. Um, so, if you think about it, I, I don't know for, I think we're always looking for, nowadays, the winning ticket. We're not necessarily looking for somebody who that we're familiar with and that keeps running, but yeah. it's just just mm-hmm. a thought of mine. Yeah, you know, we're, we're looking for a winning ticket, not necessarily a winning candidate. Correct. Correct. As long as the party gets in. Correct. We have sacrificed an awful lot in this country over the last, I'll say, 30 years maybe. Mm-hmm. 30 or 40 years. For the sake of a party. Right. As opposed to, you know, the, the sake of the people, the right. sake of the country, the sake of whatever. But it's party. Yep. It's party now. And yep. I hope. At one point, somewhere before we die, mm-hmm. we're going to get over that and go back to governing for the people. For, by the I people, for the people. Well, no, we. What was it? What the three? For the people, oh, by um, the people. Um, a government for the people, by the people. Oh, Walden. And, and I and I think th- I think there's one more. I think Lincoln had ha- ha- did it. Th- Three combinations like that for the people, not we the people by the people for the people. I, I, I maybe that's it, but okay, let's see. By the people <laughs> for the people. <laughs> I know where it came from, <laughs> but it doesn't help. It's sure like, it's sure like what Churchill. Of the people, by the people, for the people. There you That's go. You just there you go. I didn't think of of. Yeah. I couldn't think of of. Of we, the people, by the people, and for the people. What we want, everybody, is statesmen. That's what. That's what we mm, need. Perfect word. That's what we need. We need. Yeah, we do. You know, we yep. have to survive so many awful things. That happened to this country, or this country was subjected to, mm-hmm. and we're going to be okay on the other side. It's just going to be, I think, a rough ride for a while mm-hmm. until, you know, because this is we're in such, where everybody is in a situation no one is familiar with because it's never happened before. So, right. you know, we just have to kind of sit back and wait and see. Yep. Did I lose you? No, you're 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 very eloquent tonight. I've lost so many words in my head this week. I don't have as many to, to work with, so I can be less confusing. Fewer words make less confusion. Okay. 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 Um, what else? Uh, my baseball question. Oh, baseball. Let's see. Got to go to the bottom of the page for that one. Walden's baseball question. This has to do with hitting against 
pitcher Sandy Colfax. And the quote is, for baseball, and again, you have to tell me who said it, trying to hit him is like trying to drink coffee with a fork, <laughs> which I think is great. <laughs> There's so many colorful sports people. Who said that? I don't know. That's a great one, but... Um, let's go with Willie Mays. Well, you're half right. It was Willie Stargell. Willie Stargell. Why the Willies? Yeah. And I, I guess he had quite a sense of humor, and he could come yeah. up with some really great comparisons or <laughs> similes or whatever. Yeah, he was a beloved baseball figure. There's no doubt about that. Yeah, yeah. And I, when I come across these things from reputable sites... I think, gee, everybody in baseball must be great in cancer. The answer, of course, is no. They cherry-pick. They find the ones who were great and had great language skills, mm -hmm. and then we think everybody had them, and they didn't. No. This really was a special deal here. Okay, what else? My presidential quote. My presidential quote. That goes up a little bit. Your presidential quote. You can fool some of the people all of the time, and those are the people you need to concentrate on. Oh, I thought you were going after Lincoln, but you did a left-hand turn on me. Um, oh, yes, I did. Ooh. You can fool some of the people all of the time. Those are the people you need to concentrate on. <laughs> you know who that sounds like? Who? Jill R. Ford. Oh, no, yeah, he watches the radio all the time. Yeah, yeah. He watches the... the Oh, football, football. He watches football on the radio all the time. Yep, yeah. No, it, it was not. It was not Gerald Ford, but you're right. It, sound it, it did sound like him. No, he wasn't that bad. <laughs> <laughs> no, he did things colorful. He'd mix them up into yeah. color. This one is pathetic. <laughs> How about Teddy Roosevelt? No. We could excuse it that mm. far back. Grover Cleveland. No. Frank and Donald Roosevelt. <laughs> no. All right, I'm going to... Something like that. Well, if he was sarcastic, he might have. But uh, Harry Truman. No. Okay, I think I disqualified myself. I gave five answers and was struck out five times. Five times, yes. And <laughs> it's interesting that you could come up with five people that you might associate mm -hmm. this with. <laughs> you can fool some of the people all of the time, and those are the people you need to concentrate on. Maybe it would have helped if we knew who he was talking to. Yeah. But it doesn't matter. It's really a brutal <laughs> It was George W. Bush. Oh, my goodness gracious. I know. That's I know. pretty and good. And I went out, and I checked and checked and checked, and I said, I, I didn't think it could be. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody could get elected with that kind of a statement. I guess it happened after he was elected. I guess, you, I guess you're going to have to write him a letter and say, Hey, George, what, you remember what you said this? Or we have a little show on Saturday night, and we're looking for a little confirmation. Yeah. Could we please speak with Laura? Yeah. <laughs> she, she tells the truth all the time. And I'm not saying you lie, but sometimes you forget. <laughs> Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Okay, what else would you like? Uh, my first lady whatever. So, you first know, it could lady be, whatever. Yeah. Yes, this is a first lady question. All right. Which first lady ended the custom of a president's wife making the first social call on the wives of other officials in Washington? 
I think it might have been Abigail Adams. She was basically trying to decorate the White House. Yeah. She was a good lady. Yes, she I, was. I read, I'm, I'm still reading. I mean, you can't read everything about everybody, but what I've read so far, she was really good. No, it's not her. Edith Wilson. Kind of Edith Wilson. Hmm? Edith Wilson. Hmm. Let's go with somebody who is really spunky. Dolly, Mad- Dolly Madison. No, it was James Monroe's wife, huh. Elizabeth Monroe. Well, I quote. I was um, getting close. Yeah, you were getting close. close. And, it, you know, it's, I, I looked at this and I thought, where in heaven's name did this country get the notion that the president's wife should go out knocking on doors? Absolutely. I don't know. But Abs- anyway, apparently she she insulted a lot of women who boycotted her and when they gave White House receptions. Wow. They wouldn't come. I mean, really. Come on, guys. You know? <laughs> <laughs> In the early days, the women were not, they were not expected. They were not given roles. They were not expected to do anything. And so many of them just went and did and accomplished so much. I mean, this sounds perfectly normal to me that somebody would say, hey, you want me to get out of bed at 6 o'clock in the morning so I can go have coffee with Jenny Hoo-Hoo? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I don't think so. But she really got roasted for it. Mm. Okay, what's next? What's next? Uh, well, I think I'm down to three categories. You are down to your presidential question. Yep. And your stump Walden question. And my brain teaser. And your brain teaser. That's what I think I'm down to. So, presidential question. Your presidential question. Okay. Two presidents, and only two presidents, are buried in Arlington Cemetery. We had this one about four years ago, so um, not this one, but this information. Mm. So the two presidents, only two, are buried in Arlington Cemetery. Who are they? Well, definitely one of Kennedy with the right. internal light flame. Um, hmm. Boy, I don't know. Uh, I'm just guessing this one. How about William Harrison? William Taft. Oh, William, I thought about him. Yep. Wow. Taft, and he was the first president to be buried yep. there. John Kennedy was the second. Yeah. Good question. I like that. That's a very good question. Um, I know we talked one time, and it was it was at least four years ago, mm-hmm. about Taft being buried in Arlington Cemetery. But not quite the specific. No, I don't remember that. I, yeah, I, I don't remember. If we did talk about it, I, don't remember, I can't draw it up in my brain at the moment. I remember he died about 1930, 31, 31, I think. Mm-hmm. So. Hmm. Okay, well, we are ready. What's next? We're down to two. Brain teaser. Your brain teaser. Okay. This one, I have high expectations for you on this one. Okay. David's father has three sons, Snap, Crackle, and
pop. Wrong. That's not a puzzle. <laughs> David had three sons. Snack, Crackle. David's father has oh. three sons. Snack, Crackle, and... David. Right. Very oh, good. very good, Patricia. That's a good one. That's a goodie. That's okay. a good one. Yeah. Yeah. And that leaves us with the stump Walden question. Absolutely. And it it might be out of sequence here because, you know, these guys did radio, mm -hmm. but anyway, tell me. <laughs> what what is the name of the third baseman in Abbott and Costello's who's on first routine? Uh I don't know. I asked you the question, right? <laughs> yes, that is correct. <laughs> I don't know. I don't Who know. is on first? White on second. Yep. And I don't know is on third. Very good. Can you name me Very the other good. ones? Can you name me the other players? Oh, you know, with the outfield and stuff like that there? Yep, yep, yep. And home plate? And yep. No, I can't. Well, you got today pitching, tomorrow catching. I don't give a darn. Darn short stop. Because uh -huh. because the center and Y is left, and they never got to right field. They never did? Never did. How come? I guess they just ran out of time. Maybe they... It could have been a timing thing. Could be, yeah. There, there's, a, there's a point when you get to the maximum, and anything after that is overkill. So, I don't know. That's really interesting. Yep. I wonder why. Yep. Well, how, maybe they forgot there was a right field. Could be. Could be. Okay. Well, you did very, very well tonight. Oh, thank you, my dear. We love doing oh, this. Hmm? And we're going to do it again next week, like we always do. Yes. We will return. <laughs> and then I have to remind everybody that on April 22nd, you sold me to to Dave Kane. I didn't. You sold me. I didn't because because we haven't negotiated your appearance fee yet. So that still I still have to oh. work out work out your so, appearance fee. So this really isn't a donation. You're not donating him, me to him, or and you're not selling me. No, good. no. Okay, I figure we'll I figure we'll split the profit. Well, I want to go up on the auction block and take bidding, please. No, I would never show yeah, you. But you, but he wanted lie. you back, and I could give him the available dates, you know, you know. And he called me, and he called me, and he, he, he did the, he did something he probably regrets. <laughs> what? He he thanked for for us for being on the show, and he said, "What can I do for you?" And I gave him a list. So that's so we we'll see what he can deliver. Yeah. So, so why is it something he may regret? He gotta go to ask his boss for what what I'm asking for. <laughs> oh. Yeah. You yeah. guys function on a different level. Well, he, his station goes off there at ten o'clock at night, so I want that time. Oh. Oh yeah. Okay. Well, we can do that. Yeah. I, it it just cracked me up. Did I think I did? tell everyone, maybe I didn't, uh, when Walden and John and Larry and I spent time with Dave, was that 
was only a week ago, wasn't it? Yep, a week ago. Wow. <laughs> so <laughs> that week, and uh, it was on yesterday, USA, and Dave was simulcasting up in Rhode Island on his station. So there were five of us talking back and forth, and we were talking about a joke that uh, Dave had made about my Barnes & Noble nook, you know, the nook book. And <laughs> he got a good laugh out of it. And I didn't know for three days what he had been laughing at, and then I figured it out. But anyway, because he was getting such a kick out of it, he had a book signing at a Barnes & Noble the next morning. And he called me. I said, you know, you, you, you're going to be in trouble because they're going to park you right by the door, right by the display counters, and you're going to be sitting next to the Nook displays. And you said that he on the air, too. You, you had it yes, big. Yep, yep. I, yeah, I've got proof. I've got yep. proof. Yep. And he called me the next day. And he said, you'll never believe this. I had to call and tell you. <laughs> they put me in the front of the store next to the sales department. And... It was right in the middle of the nook display. <laughs> so he got his comeuppance. Oh, uh, yeah. it, it was. I just. I said. I knew it. I knew it. I knew where you were going to wind up. Uh, so, anyhow, I did one book signing at Barnes and Noble, and they put us in the back of the store. I mean, it was fine. You know, we had a lot of, a lot of people, but. Um, <laughs> so he had to sit with the nooks. Well, you know that. If he didn't, if he didn't watch out, it, he could have sat with something else, you know. But you know, what can I say? But if he hadn't watched out, he would be sitting with something else. That's true. <laughs> That's true. I don't have a clue what you just said. Well, I was trying to be creative, and I realized he wasn't going anywhere, so I just ended it. You know, I was trying to come up okay. with another funny, but it wasn't. Okay, going you're anywhere. begging for mercy now. I can tell. <laughs> Aren't you? Yes, I am. Okay. All right. Is it time that, that we have to say goodnight now? It's time for us to hit the road. Because, oh. because Patricia has got things to do, places to go, and people to talk to. Not to, okay. not, not in the next hour, but at least in the next week or so. Oh, well, maybe in the next hour. You get frisky with a phone That's sometime. true, I do. So you at least talk to mm-hmm. me. So, what's that, everybody? <laughs> We love you. Yeah. We love you, everybody, for being with us, and thank you. Thank you for uh, having us on in your background and in your life, and stuff like that there. Stuff, <laughs> stuff like that there. I said it at the same time you did. Well, and that means I can't believe another Saturday, and look at this. It's almost 4 o'clock here, and it only seems like 1. I know. Isn't that amazing? Uh, uh, that the went so fast. That was such a oh, uh, yes. Yeah. Great fun. Yeah. Great fun. So I had a great time. It was another mixed up show. We just <laughs> did all sorts of things tonight, oh, and yeah. I loved it. And thank you for being with us. Good night, everybody. Good night, Walden. Good night, Patricia. Good night, everybody. Well, actually, good morning. We'll talk to you tonight. Good morning, everybody. Good morning, Walden. Good morning, Patricia.
Jaws Professional, Patricia from FL Home, Bill Bragg, Alt Tab, Skype Trademark, Left Windows M, S, S, C, K, S, Sound, Enter. User at Alt Y, Sound, 